participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Wednesday, February 2nd, 2022. Hello again, everyone. I hope you're doing well. Long time no speak, long time no see, long time no hear. I'm just joking, of course. Spoke to you on Monday. Great show in the books. Better show today, dare I say. And happy Groundhog Day to all of you. Uh, I saw that... uh, Puxatani Phil. This is a big deal in my house. We love to see every Groundhog Day if he sees his shadow. And I guess he saw his shadow, so that means six more weeks of winter. I still don't know how they know if he saw it or not, if I'm being honest. Like, how does he relay that message to them? Uh, It's a very strange thing, but six more weeks sounds good. No Groundhog Day here on this program because it's a fresh new lineup, a fun lineup. Once again, an eclectic lineup for all of you. I'm very excited about today's lineup. Uh, back in the show, as always, on the nose. We'll answer your questions. You know where to send them. Arielhawani.substack.com. Great 
questions each and every week. Everyone's favorite segment of the week, Unfiltered Kiyawani. Uh, we'll also check in with GC, get his weekend bets. UFC returning this weekend. Great main event in the middleweight division between Jack Hermanson and Sean Strickland, a.k.a. the American Psycho himself. Now, we are also going to be joined by one Eddie Hearn, arguably the best promoter in combat sports, regardless of combat sports, maybe even darts as well, going to be joining us in studio. The matchroom man himself in studio at around 2.30. Spread the word. A lot going on in his life. A lot going on in the world of promotion, combat sports, fighter pay, all that stuff. Taylor Serrano. I mean, I can't wait for this. I'm excited. You know I love talking to the promoters. Love this. Uh, 2 o'clock, we're going to be joined by Benson Henderson, the former WEC champion, the former UFC lightweight champion, the once and future king, as he calls himself. Big win for him over Islam Mamadov. This past weekend in Arizona, 1.30, we'll talk to everyone's favorite real estate agent, the one and only Raging Ally Quinta, who's been relatively quiet since his uh, fight back in November. As always, we are brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of not only the UFC, not only the NFL, but also the MMA Hour. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code Hour for a special offer when you sign up. Again, that's code Hour only at DraftKings. I love this weekend's main event. Back at the apex, two of the best middleweights right now in the UFC, streaking middleweights, two great personalities in their own right, Sean Strickland, Jack Hermanson. It's always great to talk to the always smiling Jack Hermanson. Without further ado, let's go to the Zoom machine and say hello to the Joker, the pride of Norway and Sweden, Jack Hermanson. Hello, Jack. How are you? What's up, Ariel? All good here. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Rocking the Nirvana shirt. I like this, Jack. Are you a Nirvana fan? That's right. Yes, I am. That's your that's your 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 band, Kurt Cobain and Company. That's your favorite. Uh, I, I love them, but uh, I have a lot of uh, uh, music that I love. They they're just uh, one one in a bunch. I I see. I like that we're growing the hair a little bit more, Jack. I like this up up top yeah. here. This is nice. Yeah, you know, uh, I was a little bit unsure if I was gonna keep it, but uh, no, that, the curls curls are going strong. You're looking more and more like the actor. You know the actor from the movie uh, Bridesmaids? Have we talked about this? I'm not sure. <laughs> you know this actor? Which one? <laughs> okay, I'll tell you his name. You look exactly like this actor. Uh, where's, Myster- where's Mysterious Frank when I need him? You, you know, like, let me tell you. I'll tell you. Of course, my internet's not going to work here. Uh, wait, wait, wait for it. Wait, I should have looked this up before. Are you okay. talking about the cop? Yes, the yeah. cop. The cop. Uh, the cop's name. Uh, where is he? He's not on IMDb. Oh, this is horrible. You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> he's in the IT crowd. Yeah, he's Bri- in the- what, what, Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids. What, where is he? Why is he not see. on the IMDb? Bridesmaids. The, the cop. Bridesmaids. Oh, this, oh. Is, this is great. This, oh, here it is. Chris O'Dowd. You know Chris O'Dowd? <laughs> you look a lot like Chris O'Dowd. Yeah. <laughs> You yeah, see it? I, I, I can definitely, yeah, I, I can definitely see that. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, it's it's so freaky when you when you when you find your uh, your look you know, doubles. Yes, yeah, exactly. When you when you when, when you have the longer hair, I was like, wow, that's the guy from Bridesmaids. Um, so Jack, we have a lot to talk about. First off, I yes. uh, I by the way, I've I've said this to you before. I love the video blogs, and I love that they're back. I your, appreciate it. Your video Thank blogs you so on much. your YouTube always high quality. There's there's drama. It's theater. I love it. So kudos to you and the whole team. And uh, I learned a couple Thank things you. recently. I don't know if we knew this before the Edmund fight. The last time we saw you, you had COVID pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. I was down, man. I was so so ill. 
uh, it was just like I have been in the States for so long. I was coaching my friend in the, B, in the BFL. So I was in, in the States for 44 days. I'm just like, I, I can't leave without doing this fight. You know, I really have, have to do this fight. Uh, but I was uh, I was in very poor shape. <laughs> you couldn't breathe. You were tired. How much did it affect you in yeah. the fight? Ex uh, extremely, you know, a lot, a lot really? for sure. Just a couple of days before, my, my coach just... Uh, uh, ask him, please, Jack, uh, pull, pull from this fight. Uh, really? Don't do it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that and, bad. Uh, I'm just like, oh, yeah. Sorry, coach. I have to do this. <laughs> Were you feeling a lot of pressure, a lot of nerves because you didn't feel like yourself? That was a big fight. <sighs> yeah, it was a big fight. I don't know, man. During those kind of circumstances, uh, I feel like you just need to go for it in a way. You know, when everything is perfect, though, and you're just so well prepared. And nothing has gone wrong. That's almost uh, uh, uppers the pressure, you know. So uh, I felt like, now nah, just gonna go for it. Uh, let's see what happens. And I, I've actually done uh, a few similar things before in my career, and I knew I, I had pulled it off. So uh, I, I knew uh, I always have a chance to, to to win. So like you mean you're injured or something like that? It, it makes you kind of rise to the occasion in the past. Yeah, exactly. You're just like nah. I'm not, I'm not going to let this stop me, you know, and uh, yeah, just go for it. Now, this time for this fight, you came uh, like a couple of weeks before to get acclimated to Las Vegas, right? You've been there for a few weeks, yes? Yep, that's correct. Why was came that important? Like, uh, uh, I've been here a couple of times now, and uh, it takes more time than, 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 uh, than I thought before to, to really get climatized. Usually I do 10 days or I have done 10, 10 days a couple of times. Now I did 14 days. Uh, just the time difference is nine hours and the mm. air is so different here. So, um, yeah, you, you need that time to, to climatize if you want to feel uh, closer to your 100%. Do you feel, so now here we are, what is it, Wednesday to Thursday, Thursday, like four days before, three or four days before, do you feel like you're acclimatized? Mm, almost, almost. Okay. I, I'm sure the last couple of days even even going to help, but I, I feel like uh, I'm getting there. Yeah. What about the COVID? How long did it take for you to feel like you were yourself again? Or are you not even feeling like yourself still? Uh, it took some time. Uh, it, it really did. Um, but then I started to feel better again. But I got some uh, some real issues uh, the last fall because that's when we opened up uh, the community in, in Norway again. And we opened up our gym and I started to train with new people again. And uh, my immune system did not like that. So I was just having cold after cold after cold. And uh, uh, basically, in the last fall, I was a lot more sick than I, than I was uh, oh, healthy, no. actually. So, so I didn't have... Uh, the last year was, was kind of rough for me, actually. Uh, but I'm, I, I'm, uh, I feel like restored now and, uh, and ready to go again. So uh, looking forward to it. Is that why you haven't fought since May? The thing is that I, I probably would have fought if there were uh, a good fight available. Mm. Uh, but looking back, it might have been for the best. <laughs> yeah. So uh, because, uh, uh, yeah, the preparation wouldn't ha have been good at all. Um, but uh, I was looking for uh, for a fight um, and I was trying to, to get Polo Costa or somebody else ranked above me. And then we just realized, like, this is not happening. Uh, we need to look for, for another fight. And then we ended up with uh, Sean Strickland. Now, as far as like your chest and your lungs and everything now, you feel pretty close to normal? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think so. Okay. That is good. 
Um, when they offered you Sean Strickland, were you happy with that? Uh, yeah, I was kind of, you know, look, look, looking uh, for some other fights first. Uh, but then when I realized that couldn't happen, I, I was actually suggest, uh, suggesting uh, Sean Strickland. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, because he's just ranked one, above, uh, one behind me. And he, he is on a good win streak. I think he's undefeated in the middleweight division and has some hype right now. So I feel like uh, it's a good, good name to, uh, to, to, to grab. Now, what do you think of this guy, Sean Strickland? I mean, he's a little bit different. I don't know if you look at his interviews and stuff, yeah. his social media. <laughs> he's, a he's a little bit different. You, you see this stuff? What do you make of him? Uh, yeah, I, I've seen it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he's a, he's a funny character. So, some things he says might be over the line. But uh, uh, what I do know is that I have never faced an opponent where so many people are messaging uh, writing to me just like man kill this dude uh, you have to you have to win this fight i'm just like yeah i'm always trying to win the fights but pe people want to see him go down that's for sure <laughs> yeah do you believe some people think it's an act some people believe it's really him i kind of believe it's really him what do you think uh a mix maybe you know uh. i think that uh he's probably a pretty nice guy mm -hmm. I, I think he's a pretty nice guy but then he just just from who he is as a person, he, he has uh, this. Uh, uh, it might be his his own character, not somebody else's, but right. it, it's his character, right? Yes. Uh, just who he is, and he's very unfiltered, right? Yeah. Uh, I tend to think a little bit before I speak, and I don't think he does that. <laughs> <laughs> has he said anything weird to you in the build up to this fight? No, nothing at all. And I feel like our relationship is. Uh, it's friendly. Sure. Uh, no, no, uh, no hard feelings. No DMs or anything like that. Nothing like that. Uh, no. Have you seen the movie American Psycho? Uh, yes, I have. Some people, you know, <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, it just. It, I don't know. I don't know what to believe. I hope he doesn't believe all the things that he says because some of it is a little bit. He was on this show, and I was like, "Wow, I hope you yeah. don't want to hit that person with a crowbar at the gas station and uh, you know take their eyeballs yeah. out." But he says he wants to do it sometimes, so you know. I guess there's something to yeah. be said for being that honest, but maybe there's certain things that you need to keep inside, right? Yeah, exactly. And I, I think uh, everybody can have dark thoughts uh, once in a while, but uh, doesn't necessarily you have to put them into words. Right, exactly. <laughs> now, what I love about this, I love when this happens. Sometimes by design, sometimes it's by accident. It feels like now we're really focusing on the middleweight division because we have this fight. Yeah. And then next week we have Brunson, Cannoneer, and then of course Adesanya and, and Whitaker. So it feels like, okay, now there's going to be a lot of activity movement all at the same time, which is good. Could I ask you? Yeah, I love that. Brunson, Cannoneer, who do you like in that one? Uh, I think Cannoneer, uh -huh. but I I hope for Brunson for, for, for uh, different reasons. But the, uh, I, I feel like Cannoneer is... Um, he... he, he I don't feel like Bronson is going to hurt him. And as uh, as the fight progresses, I, I feel like Kanonier will get his opportunities in the stand-up and that's going to be enough. To, it's going to be tough for, for, for Bronson. Kanonier is extremely good at get, getting up on his feet uh, when he gets the, on the floor. And, um, you know, I, I think it might be a situation where uh, Bronson gets desperate a little bit like in the Adesanya fight and uh, uh, Kanonier will find his, his openings. So you're hoping for Brunson because of your history with Jared? Um, yeah, and also, you know, I'm not sure if they will they rebook 
Adesanya uh, and Bronson if he wins. I don't know. Man. It, so you could cut, yeah. you could cut, you know, you can bypass Brunson is what you're hoping for. Maybe you know if I if I have an awesome performance now and uh, he has like a not that awesome performance. Sure. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Izzy is looking. You know, let's say Izzy wins, he's looking for fresh options. So uh, that would make a lot yeah, of sense. Right? You know, he's yeah. He has had several rematches yes. now. Just, just like this is a rematch. Vittori was a rematch. Uh, so yeah. What about that fight? That main event. Who do you think wins? Uh, I I kind of hope that this is going to pull it off just because if he doesn't, it might mean that they will have a third fight and uh, it will you know, yeah. stop the middleweight division again and stop the division from progressing. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping Isi will pull it off. But I think it's, uh, Robert is going to bring some some different tool in this fight, especially after seeing uh, the Blahovic uh, and uh, Isi fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might take some, uh, uh, you know, from that fight, maybe incorporate a little bit more of his wrestling. Yes. So I think it's going to look uh, a bit different, but uh, yeah, I feel like Izzy might be able to pull it off. What's up with your friends, Jack? I mean, you're such a likable guy, but I see your friends, they're eating hamburgers in front of you, they're bringing Dunkin' Donuts to the room, and you're cutting weight. That's <laughs> not, what, what kind of friends are those? Why can't Let, they do that in their own room? No problem at all. Let me tell you about this. Okay, tell me. I am the one that is force feeding them. Those guys, they don't want to eat. No, no, no. I want to be healthy. You know, they're eating like once a day. I'm just like, I'm not eating. At least you guys have to eat, you know, so I can watch and enjoy, you know, by what? watching you guys eat some good food. Yeah. So I'm ordering all of, all, all of this food uh, to, to give them and they don't want it, you know. They why try do you to want to watch away. them eat? So, why do you want the, like, why would yeah. you do that to yourself? Yeah, have pleasure by watching other people, you know, and uh, <laughs> they, they can describe the food, they can describe the taste, you know. Uh, that doesn't so, make you jealous? Uh, I'm happy with it. No, not, not, not at all, you know. It, it makes me happy, but those guys are trying to get away from it. Okay, so my read on the situation was they were just kind of like trying to make you jealous. They were eating right in front of mm-hmm. you, the big hamburger, the Dunkin' Donuts, the whole box. You're behind it. That's fascinating to me. Exactly. I, I didn't even tell them before. I just came to the room with some coffee and donuts and just like, here you go, guys. Wow. So you're a great teammate. <laughs> they must love you. No, they don't. They, they think I'm, I'm a bad person for, for force feeding them. Yeah. What's, your, what's your favorite meal after you cut, like you have to weigh in, you cut the weight? What do you like to eat? Do you like to indulge? Mm. The thing is that I, I have, I need to stay disciplined. I know that my body just, you know, feel the best when I have that dry rice and chicken and nothing uh, uh, bad, you know, and uh, so I'm actually very disciplined after the weigh-ins, uh, just uh, putting good good nutrition in my body. And even after the fight, I, I've been visualizing, hey, I'm going to eat the pizza, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. But right after the fight, uh, I don't feel like it anymore. I want to eat healthy again. <laughs> really? Wow. God bless you. Yeah. I think that- but if I if I do have like a cheat meal, I, I love a great pizza or any other you know great food with uh, with nice um, uh, yeah you know high quality food. Sure, that, that, sure. That's what I'm about. They have good pizza yeah. in Norway. Very good. Really. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Extremely good. What What is like the the national dish in Norway? Like what was like the main. Like the well, I would say that uh, you know the, the the dishes that we eat in uh, in um, 
like around Christmas and stuff like that. That's probably the national dishes. And we have something that is called pinneshet okay. uh, in Norway. And that is actually like they dry and salt and maybe even smoke the meat. So it's kind of, kind of dry. And then you um, first you put it in, soak it in water for one day. And then you damp it um, with or steam it. You steam it. Wow. Uh, and yeah, and then you eat it with uh, the all this kind kind of stuff. So so uh, I hated it when I moved to Norway. I could I couldn't stand it. <laughs> but I had to be polite and eat. You know. Yeah. Um, when I was at my girlfriend's parents and stuff. Oh no. So and after a couple of years now, it's the best best really? thing I know. Uh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's the best. But it took some time to get used to, to eating it. There's so nothing it, It's worse. made of uh, l- lamb meat. Oh, yeah. that's what I was going to ask. What kind of meat is it? So it's lamb meat. Interesting. And that's that's yeah. that's like a Norwegian thing? That's something that it's exclusive yeah. to Norway? Okay. Yep. Nothing worse than going to the, the girlfriend's parents and they give you something to eat and you don't like it, but you still have to eat it anyway because you don't want to you know, exactly. insult them, right? Oh. <laughs> I've been there, my friend, with gefilte fish. You ever have gefilte mm. fish? Gefilte fish? Yeah, you ever have that? No. Okay, it's no. one of the best. It's just like a mix of fish. It's a very Jewish thing that we have. That's, All right. And uh, it's it's not really my cup of tea, but you have to eat it. You have to be polite, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. By the way, speaking of fishing, uh, I see you yeah. with this long thing in the ice, this massive thing, Jack. That what is that thing called? Yep. I see the picture of you holding this thing. It's like a. It's like a. I don't know what it is. Like a drill. What ice drill. Yeah. It's an ice drill. How does that work? Yeah. You just put it in the ice and uh, you turn <laughs> just it, move it around, <laughs> yeah, yeah get, 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 and make make a hole in the ice. That's it. And then what? And we're looking at a picture. You're holding it. I mean, you look like the the biggest yeah. badass on the planet holding this thing. So then you make the hole, <laughs> and then you just sit there with the the fishing rod. Yeah, exactly. You sit there with the fishing rod, and you can also. I have this thing called a deeper, which is a sonar. So I put this ball in the hole. And it actually uh, produces oh. uh, echo sounds. So I have my phone connected to it. And then wow. I can watch if there comes any fish under my hole. Come on. <laughs> there's, a, there's a camera in it? Not, not a camera. It's, it's echo sound. Oh, so okay. it's a, a, a sonar. Yeah. yeah? So, you, so you get, get a picture on, on, on your phone. And, and you can see your lure. And you can see if the fish are following it. And you can like try to trick them. Wow. And where is that? Like with that picture <laughs> where, that you posted a couple of days ago. Where is that? Um, is that that is just around the corner where, where <laughs> like uh, in Oslo? Wow! And what kind of fish there? Um, in that water is a perch and, and Nordic pike uh, that, that you fish for. Yeah. And and do you eat the fish? Uh, very rarely. Sometimes, if, if there is a nice fish that, that, that I like the, the taste of, but usually I, I I have this goal of catching a certain species and a certain weight of the species and. Uh, and stuff like that so wow and then yeah. you just throw it back yeah yeah most of the time you love this right this is like your your passion other than fighting love it love it yeah, yeah i love it i uh, spend so much time just like yeah reading on it and uh, amazing yeah you know f- fishing podcast whatever Come if on. i'm not out there you listen to fishing yeah, yeah. podcasts Come i on. do <laughs> <laughs> is it in, in english or in uh, norwegian uh, uh, today I'm uh, listening on a Swedish one. Wow, that yeah. is amazing. So like they're ta- like it's like this this show we talk about MMA. They're just like are they talking about like technique or the actual like 
you know, the guys who do it professionally and the rivalries and the competitions and stuff? Now we are talking about how to how to get a certain species, which which techniques, which waters, which which depths, wow. and uh, which conditions, weather, stuff like that. That is amazing. Which bait? Have you ever been a guest <laughs> on any of these podcasts? Uh, no, I have not actually. Tim, what's Tim doing? He's got to work on this. I mean, we got to get you on one of these. Um, they, I, they're not very big. <laughs> yeah, so I, I feel like you would love it. Would you not? I would. I would. I would actually. I would. Now, I also saw a picture uh, a few months ago. You posted this uh, when you did the thing. Did it go through your foot? Your your boot? Yeah. This. Yeah, it went. It, like I was just walking with it, and I just touched my foot with it and it was a huge hole and uh, I had no idea because I had my boot on so I had no idea uh, how deep it was you know and uh, it was it, what, am I gonna bleed to death oh <laughs> I have my no God. idea so I'm just like running to to land by, by instinct pull the boot up and it's just so much blood and I, I was actually planning to sleep outside we had loads of gear with us and we had to wrap it up and tie a sock around the, the foot to stop the bleeding and uh, I had to lay there with my foot high while my friend was collecting all, all our gear and then when we were, when we got, we were gonna leave to the to the hospital uh, the, the car got stuck in the snow so I had oh, to no. even try to uh, what you know we, we had to push the car and yeah <laughs> with with your foot all bandaged you had to push the car you must have been did yeah. it not kill that I saw the gash we just showed it it's a mass it went through the boot which is thick yeah. in its own right, and then through thick. your foot, yeah. you weren't in an yeah. incredible amount of pain? Uh, pain wasn't too bad, but I was a little bit, I was just unsure of the bleeding, how much yeah, it yeah, was yeah. actually be bleeding through, but uh, we just tied that sock around it hard as hell, and uh, and it was good. How many stitches? <laughs> oh, I can't remember, but they did both some in uh Stitches inside and outside of oh the Oh my gosh! Room. And and did you have to not compete for a while because of that? Um, yeah, there wasn't any competition uh, lined up, uh, fortunately. Okay. But it took a little bit of time to 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 heal that and to start going uh, with, with the training and, uh, and so on. But fortunately, I didn't cut any ligaments off, so that was good. Okay. Um. That, I mean, that is incredible. Is that the only time you got hurt like that from fishing? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the only time. I got some uh, hooks uh, in, here and there, but <laughs> nothing worse. <laughs> uh, I have to ask you before I let you go, you recently were in a grappling match with Hamza Shemaev. What is this guy like? Yeah. I mean, you, you have now felt his strength. What is he like? Well, we just have to clarify one thing. Okay. This was a freestyle wrestling match. Okay. Everybody, you know, I, I, seem, uh, I know that, you know, I am a very, very good grappler. I'm very good on the ground. I see myself as a, lo a lot better as a grappler than a freestyle wrestler, you know, gotcha. as a wrestler in, in general. And uh, so uh, let's make it clear that I went into his his uh, backyard in this one. He has a uh, background as a freestyle wrestler. Uh, but that being said, uh, it was a good experience, you know, to get in there and, uh, and go with him. I was obviously not happy with the results since I lost the match. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was a fun thing. Yeah, is he as strong as people say he is? Like you, you have now. He is. Yeah, yeah, he's like ridiculously strong. Um, just like uh, his pure strength. He looks like a tall, lanky guy, you know. Yeah. But he's very, very strong, for sure. So why don't we do a rematch? Grappling rules. 
Oh man, please, Come thank on. you. Yeah, I, 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 I've said that, you know, and uh, I, I would love to do it. It's just like I, I need who, who's gonna do it? I don't know. Submission underground, Chelsea, and yeah, uh, that could be something. So I, I'm, I'm up for that for sure. Seems only fair. Did you, did you say that to him? Like, are you guys on good terms? Yeah, we're good. We're on good terms for sure. So I, I am. Um, uh, yeah, I, I've mentioned it a couple of times, you know, uh, just to put the word out there. But at the same time, I know that you can't challenge somebody if you don't have a place to, you know, he re- they reached out to us. Just gotcha. like, we have this event. We want to do a, a wrestling match. Uh, are you are you on? And I said, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> and if I'm going to, like, call him out, I have to have a place to, to do the do, do the match, right? Right. So, um, and, uh, but if there is any promoter out there that was going to uh, want to do a, a great grappling match between the accounts, I'd let me know and we can see if we can make it happen. I was talking to Chell this morning. I'm going to ask him and get back to you, okay? Awesome. Awesome. Right. Uh, how, does the, how, how does the fight end on Saturday? Um, I'm looking for an early finish. I don't want to stay in there with a long, brutal, grueling fight with Sean, you know. <laughs> Uh, he's the great has great conditioning uh, as do I so like the matchup looks like it's going to be this uh, long hard fork fight Uh, but um, my plan is to have better precision than him and make sure that uh, I can end the fight uh, early I love talking to you Jack you're one of my favorite people in this sport it's always such a pleasure to talk to you and I feel like I'm speaking to uh, the actor Chris O'Dowd when I speak to you now so it's a a double uh, (laughs) thank you so much Uh, good luck to you on Saturday and just Make sure when you're around him, you know, if he's holding a crowbar or something, like, just keep your head on a swivel, all right? Just, uh, I don't want you to get hurt over there. Before the fight, you know, before the fight, I want you to be safe. So, <laughs> Thank you very much. All the best to you, my friend. Thank you, as always, for coming on. I appreciate it, Ariel. All Thank right. you very much. Talk to you soon, my friend. There he is, the Joker, Jack Hermanson. What a lovely guy, right? I mean, can you not love that guy anymore? How great is he? Always smiling. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, One that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Weili is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash MMA.com. Yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Smiling, always lovable, always in a great uh, mood. I mean, I feel like we need, you, you know, Chris O'Dowd, right? The actor. I feel like we need a side by side here. I mean, it's uncanny. The resemblance is truly uncanny. That's a big time fight on. 
I love this fight. I really like the matchmaking here. And I love the fact that we've got this fight. And then we've got Brunson Cannonier. And then, of course, next Saturday, the big one, Israel Adesanya and Robert Whitaker. And yes, Sean Strickland is on quite a roll. Win over Nordin Taleb, win over Jack Marshman, win over Brendan Allen, win over Christoph Yoko, and then a win over Uriah Hall. Now that does span, you know, now almost four years. Had the injury. We spoke all about that on the program uh, when he was on. When was it? Back in October. Fascinating guy, Sean Strickland is. And I love that main event. Jack Hermanson's the best. What a lovely fellow. I hope if uh, you weren't familiar with him prior to this that you now understand just how lovely that man is. Representing Norway and Sweden is Jack Hermanson. So one of the good guys in the game. All right. Uh, Another one of the good guys in the game is our next guest. I have been bothering him, hounding him, annoying him for quite some time to come on the program. It's always fun when Rage and Al is on. It's always special when he's on the MAR, one of the greatest guests in the history, the illustrious history of this program. Without further ado, let us say hello to everyone's favorite real estate agent, the one and only Rage and Al. There he is. And I'm going to give a shout out to the oh, man. Call Me Al podcast right off the top because I got, is it called Call Me Al? Don't call me out. Call me yes. out. It's called, call me out. Yeah, there. I got it. All right. Because I got you. I got Aaron. I got everyone coming after me. Last time I didn't mention it. So <laughs> right off the top. Is it still a thing, Al? Are you still doing it? We're making a comeback. We had a brief hiatus. You know what I mean? After the fight, we had, uh, we had some other things we had to take care of. But now we're back on track and we're ready to... Uh, Call me. People can call me out again. That's right. Okay. I'm, I'm happy that it's coming back. I love that you have the uh, the painting in back of you, as always. You told the story last time, so we won't get into Incredible. all that. Um, Al, as, as I said, color. I've been bothering you, and uh, it's great to have you on. You've kept a, a relatively low profile since the uh, Bobby Green fight, and I thought for a second you were going to call it a day on us, but maybe not. Are we, are, we, are we maybe reconsidering it, considering the trip you just had to Columbia, which we'll talk about in a second, but it feels like we're maybe not quite there yet. Am I wrong? Am I right? I don't know, man. It's so tempting. It's so hard to, to uh, just, like, say that's it. You know what I mean? There's always, like, a hope that, you, that things are going to come together. I went down to BioAccelerator and definitely have been feeling good since then. And they say it takes time for these the stem cells, uh, this treatment that I did to really kick in. Um, so who knows how I feel? And then if I feel great again, do I really want to put my body through that whole thing again? So I'm kind of like up in the air. I'm just I'm just trying to like focus on uh, getting healthy, uh, just like being happy with what I'm doing, and and that's kind of it. You know, it's a fighting such is so stressful. That took a lot. Mm. took a lot for so long, you know what I mean? And then just fighting alone, you know, just fighting if you're healthy is crazy. And then you're dealing with injuries, you're dealing with doctors, you got to go do appointments in the city. It's been a lot. So I'm just kind of just like now relaxing, chilling out, uh, still working hard with everything, supporting my guys, you know, our guys at, at, uh, at the gym, a lot of big fights coming up. So that's keep, that keeps my head I'm I'm thankful that I'm so like invested in a lot of the people because that keeps me going to the gym. I like being there and seeing everybody training and stuff. So it keeps my head in the game. Um, yeah, 
it's uh we'll see we'll see ariel i don't know i don't want to say it. it's something i can't just like say yeah. you know for sure i could have told you 10 times throughout the last 10 years that i was probably gonna call it a day and then i uh ended up feeling good and it can't can't keep me can't keep me away from it you know what's the issue with the knee right now it's really this well uh, I did, I tore my, somehow in the short amount of time that I fought on November 6th, I tore my ACL. It wasn't a complete oh. tear, but it was, yeah. So yeah, somewhere I got out of that, I got out of that fight. I was in the back and I was like, oh man, the doctor's looking at me. And I was like, yeah, my knee, my knee's always hurt, but now it's a different kind of pain. I got an MRI. They, uh, they wanted to, so, a bunch of doctors wanted to do surgery right away. Some doctors didn't want to do surgery. Uh, I happened to be going down to um, Medellin for this stem cell procedure. So I was like, let me do that first and try to avoid the surgery. And I think it's been feeling pretty good. So I think that uh, hopefully that that uh, through physical therapy and, and these stem cells that I, I can avoid that that ACL surgery because I don't want to I don't want to have any more surgeries, Ariel. I'm right. done with them. How many of you have I used to like point? that? I I've had well, on my knee has been three. Damn. And then my hand, my and then I have a bunch of like other right. little things that surgery fixed right away. But the knee's always been like a a problem that, that people haven't really been able to tell me what exactly is going on. So it's been, but now that the ACL was like another thing on top of it. So we're just trying to get everything healthy. This it's uh you don't you don't get out of this thing unscathed, Ariel. That's, that's for right. sure. That's right. You, you were starting say, to realize that. You were going to say used to like what? What did you used to like? Oh man, did I, I forget? I interrupted you. I'm sorry. You said you. No, to I like, forget what I was. You didn't used, used to, to like, like the something. surgeries, right? Oh, the anesthesia. Oh, the anesthesia. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I used to like the anesthesia. That was like my favorite part of the whole thing. That ten seconds before you go out, you're like, oh, yeah. whoa. <laughs> and then you just wake up and then you just you just wake up now i'm like i don't want i don't even want to be in a hospital i don't want to be anywhere near surgery or doctors or anything so that's definitely i'm uh i'm learning very quickly that you know i used to think that you go in you get surgery it's fixed you're good it doesn't always it doesn't always work right. like that you gotta you know these these things are there's a big risk to everything and you hear stories about stuff happening or people going for uh, simple surgeries and they come out and things aren't good. Right. So you, I think I'm now I want to avoid surgery at all costs. And I, I hope that going down to bioaccelerator to, to the stem cells, I think will help heal. I, I, I might've been able to he, heal it, you know, without having surgery, but that little boost the stem cells really getting it strong, I think is going to do do wonders so obviously it didn't end up the way you wanted it to but i know that fighting in new york the mecca msg was a big deal for you when you look back on the experience does the result kind of cloud the whole thing or now that you look back several months later hopefully years later do you look back with fun was it a fun experience at least in the build-up to be you know featured on you know the biggest stage in your backyard oh for sure for sure I, if you can't if you can't win at MSG, I guess the second best thing is to fight there. Yeah. Um, so that's always something cool that I can say. And I just the, the training camp, the fight was what it was, you know, but the training camp was 
like I got back in the gym. I was, it was like old times again. I was with, I was hitting pads with Ray. Um, my father plays a huge part in my training camp. So I spent, so I got to spend so much time with him, you know, preparing for the, the fight. Um, and everybody at the gym is like, I get to go to the gym and get, I'm getting basically just like getting paid to hang out with my friends. We train, which is something I love to do anyway. And then, uh, and then get in there and fight at MSG. The crowd was awesome walking out. You know, that's something that, uh, that I'll never forget. So there were so many people there for me, supporting me, like crazy, crazy. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm blessed to have been able to do that. And, and that's, you know, I knew when I accepted the fight that Bobby Green's a tough guy and that anything is possible, but, uh, but you can't, fighting at MSG is just, crazy crazy everybody it was just the the experience yeah the experience was worth every bit of it one of the the cruelest things that i've seen in mma over the last few years is the guys the guys on the front lines who are battling who are going out there who are trying to campaign to get this sport legalized in new york the vast majority of you guys finally get a chance to fight in New York, and that place has turned into a house of horror for you guys. Aljo said it himself. He's like, you know what? Maybe I don't want to fight in MSG because that place is just bad luck for all of us. I hate this. I hate the fact that this happened to you at MSG. Weidman, MSG, Volante. I hate this. Why, like You guys did all the work to go out there to Albany to do all these press conferences, all this stuff, these interviews. You know, you're talking to La Monica every second day about it on Newsday, and you can't get away. It's not fair. It's not, it, it really breaks my heart. I feel for you guys that you can't have that moment at MSG. Well... We've had a lot of good moments, you, you know have, what I mean? Yeah, and, and now we're able to fight there and we can say that all these shows that everything we 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 uh we went through a lot to to make it yeah, you know, to to get it to get to where we got to. Good, we got to fight there. Um yeah, it was a wild ride that whole thing. People don't we don't could you imagine now like we were allowed to fight everywhere, yes, except for New York. Like how Crazy. ridiculous is that? That's just like the state of New York in general, you know, it's just, and people, it's just, uh, we used to drive to New Jersey, right over the yes, bridge. We were right, right here, we drove right over the bridge. <laughs> uh, I had my first fight in raw at the Rahway rec center. I had to drive, you know, over the bridge. Otherwise we were doing behind the, behind the scenes, like gym fights. They yeah. were, you did, couldn't let people, you couldn't, they weren't letting you advertise it. You'd have to sell tickets, but not, you know, you couldn't really say anything because God forbid somebody that wanted that show shut down, you know, a, a competitor to the show, they'd call and they'd get the, the thing shut down. And it was a whole, it was a wild west. It was crazy that, you know, the, but, uh, but yeah, we went through it all and now it's look where it is. It's crazy. It's at, at, at MSG once twice a year at the Barclays center Nassau Coliseum yeah you know that'd be a cool fight if they do one at the, the new, new one, uh yeah the new arena have you been to right it? have you been to it I haven't been I haven't been to it, looks it. Beautiful. I haven't been to it yeah yeah it does I heard uh I heard it's it's incredible um it's 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 it hurts my heart because Nassau Coliseum was right here it was you know so close it's still right there, but still, it's not the you know, it's not in Long Island. It's not like the same, but it's uh, from what I heard, it's a beautiful arena. And if they could do fights there, how incredible would that be? You'd never leave, right? I mean, Weidman now in Carolina, Aljo in Vegas. You'd never leave New York, right? Oh man, Ariel, I was just in Columbia. Oh yeah, <laughs> I saw your. Oh pictures. my, oh my god, what a life, right? 
dude, it's incredible there. And it's the cost of living is cheap. No one, t- it's like, I, the weather's beautiful. I'm looking out my window right now. There's uh, like three feet of snow. <laughs> it's like, what am I doing yeah, here I now? Know. I always you know say the I mean? joke's on us here in the Northeast. There's people it all really over the is. world like living this charmed life in paradise. And we're freaking digging ourselves out of snow and slush. Right. Not only do we do it, but everyone like brags about it. Like there's something like, oh yeah, yeah. we're from New York. We're yeah. like, we're bragging how dumb we are. But uh, yeah, now, there is something about living in New York, especially Long Island. I mean, my... My, uh, like now my business is all here on Long Island. So that's another reason keeping me from leaving. So I don't know. I don't know how they get me. I don't know how, how I'd be able to get out of here. That's but, funny. uh, you know, it's definitely, there are better places in the world. That's for sure. So why is this place in uh, it's a bio accelerator, right? That's what it's called. Yep, bio accelerator. Why, why is it so special? I mean, I, I've seen so many guys go. Cyborg was there. Uh, Chris, I know Weidman was there. I mean, I just, I know Gilbert went there. Gilbert Melendez, you were just there. I think you just came back a day or so ago, right? What, what are they doing that is making everyone go to Colombia for this? So yeah, the the stem cells that you can get in the United States, uh, whatever technique they're using and and technology, you can only. You can only if you do an uh, an injection of stem cells in the United States, it's like very dilute diluted compared to what they can do in bioaccelerator. For whatever reason, the FDA hasn't approved this technology. So, I mean, they told me I was getting uh, millions of stem cells, multi millions of stem cells in each injection, and to do that in the United States, I would had I would had to been you know getting injected once once a day for a month or two. So it's, it's super strong. It's super potent. And I mean, you just walk in the place, Columbia, everyone was like, dude, be careful. You're going to Columbia. We know you're like, you know, you're a little wild. Sometimes you might be, (laughs) please be careful. They couldn't have been there. I was so, I mean, obviously there's parts of Columbia where it's still dangerous, but that's anywhere in the world there. This where I was staying uh, by the clinic was so advanced. It was, the state of the art, there's a mall that's like, it's one of the biggest malls, the most beautiful, clean malls I've ever seen. And the hotels, like they keep you in a hotel. It's a, I don't know, four or five star hotel, whatever is beautiful. Yeah. It's, um, and you walk to this clinic and in the clinic, the people, the, the people are so nice. And I've seen a lot of doctors. I've seen a lot of doctors and a lot of doctors have been in the game for a while. They already think they know what's wrong with you when you walk in just from like looking at the images, sometimes not even, they just kind of like, or they don't, the doctors in, in Medellin really took their time. And that's, it was like, I don't know. I feel like that can almost like that can, even if the treatment isn't different, just the peace of mind, knowing that somebody really cares can like help the healing process. It's so mental and everything. And to have people that are really checking up and like, knowing exactly what you're feeling, why you're feeling it. It was really, um, that was like the best part of it, just to actually be, uh, the med- just the system down there of, of medicine, I guess, that it, it's different than here. And, and you can tell going down there, but um, it's, uh, yeah, it was, what a great experience to go down. And then Columbia is just beautiful. If you're going to, you know, it's uh, the Eric, uh Stouffer's, who's the ceo he takes there was a bunch of there was a marine down there um and he probably had the most severe we were all complaining about our injuries 
But this this Marine, you could tell, you know, he, we're all talking about our injuries. We went to dinner and everyone was kind of saying what's wrong with them, this and that. There was another guy from uh, Switzerland there that uh, had actually fought back in the day. But um, but he, we were all telling our injuries and this Marine was just kind of like sitting there and he wouldn't. You could tell that guy did some crazy stuff. In the day. <laughs> He's got some freaking injuries, right, man. Right, right, right. But these are the kind of people that are like going down there. It's pretty it was pretty cool to see. I'm like complaining about a little knee injury. This guy's like jumping out of helicopters and yeah. you know parachute miss mouth like all kinds of crazy who, who the hell knows you know what i mean and he's like really hurt so i it, it, that was uh you know uh, being being around you surrounded when i went down there i was i was surrounded by people that like understood injuries and and you could tell that they you know they need this stuff it's it's uh yeah it's pretty pretty cool pretty cool stuff i think they got to get this in the united states i think the ufc should should uh I mean, talk to these guys and really, it was, it was kind of stressful for me. I'm down there and I'm like, with USADA, I'm like trying to connect them. And then oh, they send, they send an email and this and that. And I had to push, we had to delay the, the injections to get cleared by USADA. It was kind of like annoying, but um, I think they, these guys, they should like partner. It's this stuff is, is what, uh, you know, if, if you, it, I think I'm really behind it. I'm really behind it. I think it's uh you know, they say it takes a couple months for it to really kick in. Okay. So I was just I mean, about I'm to feeling, ask about that. If you feel yeah. the effects already. Uh, so I got super, my knees were swollen the day of the injections. And then, uh, you know, they tell you to work out, keep moving, don't stop. And it got bad. It got to the point where it was like almost, I just wanted to sit and not, but they said, keep moving, keep moving. So I pushed through it. And now, uh, yeah, since then, since it, the soreness went away, it's definitely feeling better. And they say, you know, a couple, couple months, it's just going to keep getting better and better and better. So this could have added a few more fights to your, uh, to your resume. We're not done yet. Dude, I'm freaking – Bobby Green's a tough guy, man. I should have I picked a different opponent than that. After a two-year layoff, yeah. a two-year layoff, coming off two losses – I'm like, I wanted the best opponent that I, I was like, Bobby Green, the guy's, he's looking good right now. Yeah. You think back, I'm like, I should have known this guy's freaking, I did know, you know, but um, yeah, maybe a little, maybe we'll take it back a notch on the, That's on the fine. competition and tune ease into fight. it a little bit. Yeah, I, don't know, we, I don't know no. if there are tune up fights in the lightweight division, but not, I don't know about a Bobby Green. Right. Um, one, th- one thing that I love about you, Al, and I've always loved about you is that you march to the beat of your own drum. That's why the fans love you. You don't care. Can I mention something that has become very apparent to me? And I don't know if anyone else notices it, right? So as you know, this whole Jake Paul thing is a thing. I only see one UFC fighter even engaging with it in any way possible. And that's you. And that's you. And so could I just ask you what, I mean, I, it's just like right there. I, you know, I tweet stuff out of the video, this and that. You're the only one. You're literally the only one that I see. Maybe I'm missing someone. And I'm like, I freaking love Al for that because you're not afraid. You do what you want. You do how you feel. You're not afraid. Could I ask what you make of what's going on? The, the big thing is people don't feel like he is sincere. They don't feel like he really cares about you guys. He's more of an MMA story right now than a boxing story. All he's talking about is UFC fighter pay, right? All day, every day. And so I'm just wondering if you feel like he is sincere, if you are in support of what he is saying and doing. Because sometimes, ah, sometimes an RT isn't an endorsement, right? A retweet isn't an endorsement. It's just like, oh, this is fun, whatever. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on it because I've seen you like comment and stuff like that. 
I think it doesn't really uh, – Who I don't know if it's – I don't know how sincere it is or not, but, you know, it can't be – I don't think it can be that sincere because it hasn't really affected him. You know what I mean? If mm. if it had affected him, then, and then it would be super sincere. Does he see – I think it works. I think it it works for him in uh, – you know, he's getting promotion out of it. Is That video got – I don't know. It probably got a lot of views and stuff. You know mm. what I mean? So, and I think he's, I think he's like, he's young, he's smart, he's wealthy. Um, and like he says, he's not bound by anything. He's, he's going to be successful. I mean, look, uh, what this, um, this fight April 30th at MSG. Yeah. He's, is he partying with Eddie Hearn? Yeah. He's co-promoter. That's crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that that's, that's a super smart move. Um, whereas a lot of other promoters wouldn't partner, you know, it would be very, very difficult to do a partnership. It seems like that happened pretty easily and they made that fight happen. So I think that, uh, dude, wouldn't it be crazy? Yes. If like a Disney star was Dana White's been untouchable. If like they get into it, you know what I mean? Something, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, as a Disney star, they're already into it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like, that's crazy. This guy's like a Disney star and now he's. He's fighting people on us. He's really like picking his opponents well. He's, you know, he's, 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 it's like he's doing it. He knows where he's at. I don't think he's, he's a smart, I think he's a lot smarter than, than people think he is. He, and he's got people, he's probably got some good people around him. It seems like he's doing yes. right. He looks like he's doing everything right. It's, it's wild to see. It's, it's fascinating to me that he's talking about, Look, sincere or not sincere, he's talking about things that affect you guys, the fighters. And what I've always said to the fans is, if you truly are an MMA fan, if you love this sport, and you don't just care about your seven hours on a Saturday night eating pizza and drinking beer, if you care about Ally Quinta and Bobby Green and Chris Wyman and Yoel Romero and Jacare and all these guys, then you will care about the things he's talking about. He's talking about our favorite fighters. He's talking about your health. He's talking about your pay, your cut of the pie, all that stuff. And so to me, it doesn't even matter if he's sincere or not. He's shining a spotlight on an issue in our sport. You guys aren't making anywhere near what the boxers are making, the top boxers are making. You just see the, you see this purse bid that happened with the Fury and Dillian White? Fury making uh, $32 million for his upcoming fight. Dillian White, $8.2 million. Francis Ngannou just got six hundred thousand as the heavyweight champion it's, of the world. It's crazy, man. How they've you got such that? a yeah. They got such a hold on this whole thing. You know what I mean? It's crazy that they could even that that can happen. And good for Francis. Guy stuck to his guns. Guy, you Francis is the guy that should be going nuts right now. Yeah. And he's such a nice he's such a nice guy that he's like keeping uh you know he, he it's kind of like he's like you ask him a question he's kind of like. He's like, yeah, well, you know, Dana wasn't there to put the belt on. It's all good. What the hell was going on in the back? <laughs> what was going on? Who was in the back? All right, you, we, we got to find out who someone. Was who was in the back? Yeah. I want to know what happened in the back. <laughs> I need to know. That must have been something crazy going on back there. Do you believe? There must have been a fight. So who, someone, must, someone else must have fought back come there. Come on now. You believe that something was going on in the back? I mean, come Something must have happened, no, Ariel. There's nothing happening. Trust me. Nothing was happening. In the Give me what could what could it have been? Okay, there has it, to be. Something by the way, there. the thing was happening for so long that he missed the entire fight and the putting the belt around the waist and the press conference an hour and a half later. All that that whole time there was something happening. 
we got to find out what the hell happened, Dario. We got to find out what happened. <laughs> you haven't. You know what I mean? I mean, I know what happened. He didn't want to put the belt around the guy who won, who he was at odds with at the moment. No, oh, it couldn't be that. No, it couldn't be. You're right. You're right. That's a good point. <laughs> Maybe it was, you know. Well, good. if anybody knows, I'm curious. I'm super curious what the hell is going on in the back because that's going to make some story. That's got to be incredible. It's one, you know, it's crazy. A, do you think this changes anytime soon? Jake Paul's making he's making videos and he's buying he owns the UFC now. Yeah, that's Jake, right. Jake Paul's an he's an owner. If, if he's an owner of the UFC, the owner of the UFC, one of the owners of the UFC just made a diss track against an, against is Dana White an owner of the UFC he or is he shares. just the president of this? I think he has shares. Man, it's crazy. There's, there's uh the UFC's it's, I don't know. Yeah, they're at odds. They're at odds. <laughs> I hope like they the can song? resolve this, dude. It was stuck in my head. Stuck. <laughs> it was stuck in my head, and I, I, I like when I saw Chris Cyborg in Cyborg oh, yeah. in there. That was pretty cool. Antonio you know McKee I mean? also. Shoot. Did you recognize him? Antonio, Antonio McKee was in there. I was like, what? I didn't even. Did he have? I forget if he had like a big beef with the UFC. He oh, must yeah. have, right? Yes, they, I mean, he, has, he fought everywhere. Yeah, he fought for them for a little bit, but he's in his later life has, uh, you know, talked about this type of stuff, you know, fight or pay, control. The interesting thing is, of course, his son is a rising star and you would think the UFC, but I don't even think his appearance in that video would, like if the UFC has a chance to sign AJ McKee, who's close to becoming a free agent, by the way, they would sign him. I don't think anything would happen. Yeah, no. Nah, they don't hold I grudges, mean, right? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, that was a joke, by the way. I know. Um, you're trying to you're trying to get me, Ariel. No, I'm not trying to get. You're listen, to get I love you. I love you. <laughs> hey, let's talk about the cigars. What about the cigars? Are these your own cigars? cigars What's best. happening here? Are these your the cigars? Oh, look at that. <laughs> cigar. You can. I don't have a lighter. All right, light. I gotta get you one, Ariel. You smoke cigars? You know, I've dabbled, but I just I don't. Would you? I would do it with you. No problem. I mean, I've had All pina right, colada yeah. with you at the beach over there at the cabana. Oh, yeah. That was the best. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Good times. Good times, man. Those oh, were... yeah. We're going to have you out again this summer. We're going to be doing you. it again. My parents got the cabana again. Nice. We'll, we'll, I'll bring the cigar. Cigars.com. Anyone anyone can get the cigars. Incredible. Are these your cigars? Uh, what do you mean? Like, are they? A, it's a cup. Yeah, but yeah. are you sponsored I mean, I get... by them, or are you like in business? Yeah, with them? yeah. Okay, okay. I didn't yeah, know if yeah, you were making yeah. them. I see fighters making things. No, now, no, I'm know. not. No, I'm not making them. I'm just uh, they 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 reached out to me and they um, they thought it would be a great idea to do a sold collection that you can smoke, and it, really any time, any celebratory moment, you can smoke one. But if you do close on a house. You know what I mean? It's a great time oh, to smoke the sold collection. I love it. Cigar. Yeah. Great gift for uh, for any real estate agents to their clients, you know, that, that are cigar smokers. I so. saw a great tweet from you. This whole Bitcoin thing is all well and good. But when is someone actually going to be paid in Bitcoin as opposed to converting the money into Bitcoin? I thought that was really interesting on your part. Are you into the whole Bitcoin world? Uh, ver- I mean, I put... I'm kind of like a long-term player. I put a little bit of money. When when I see a big dip, I'll throw in a little bit of money if I have a little extra money lying around and wait for it to go up. But yeah, everyone's, everyone is, uh, 
um, talking about getting paid in Bitcoin. I think it's, I don't know. I think, uh, I think people are, I don't know if it's, they're not getting paid actually in Bitcoin. They're getting paid converted, a conversion yeah. to Bitcoin. They still have to, they still have to pay taxes on us dollars. I saw, um, I think who got paid NFL OBJ got paid yeah. in Bitcoin. Yeah. He got paid. And at the time Bitcoin was so high, he had to pay taxes on that. And then Bitcoin dropped to now it's at like it's in the mid thirties yeah. uh, or whatever it was. The guy, he lost everything. It was like yeah. he had to pay taxes on all that. And then he got, it was, a, it was uh, not very lucrative, but he still got money in it. If the, if Bitcoin goes back up, you know, it won't be too bad. You just got to be in it for the long term. I think uh, as long as you believe in it, I don't know. You play around with it at all. No, Ariel? I don't play around. I had Kenny Florian on the show last week. He was trying to educate me, Bitcoin, NFT, all this stuff. I'm a very conservative guy. Okay. I like to keep it down the middle. Al. I'm not, I need to get better at this sort of thing. But it, it gives me a headache. There's just too much going on at the moment. Yeah, the, yeah, the NFT thing, I'm still, I'm st so when Facebook first came out, this girl did a presentation. I still remember it. She did a presentation. We were in like, I don't know, 10th grade. And she was like, taught, she did a presentation on in a business class about Facebook. Yeah. And I was like, huh? I was like, huh, nerd. <laughs> little do i would yeah. i have known yes that if back then bitcoin was so that's the same thing that's with these true. nft things yeah. i'm gonna i gotta get in because i can't stand i'm not really i i, I like laugh at the people that are like i got a monkey yeah. a sad monkey or something <laughs> it's like and it's worth how much yeah can you put that on your wall like what i still don't get it i don't get it it's okay because i i didn't get facebook and i should have like if I would have known about it, I didn't even have the money back then, but you know what I mean? I'm, I laugh at things and then they become successful. So I think this NFT thing, I think there's something behind it because if I think, I think it's kind of dumb, that means it's probably genius and it's going to be really successful. So those are my, those are my investment. I wouldn't call them investment tips or whatever. That's my philosophy right now on investing. It was, if I don't, if I don't see, uh, too much value in it it's probably going to Go do really it. good because it's that's the way it's been working i don't know i love i love the random tweets like you had one uh <laughs> it actually made me laugh for like 30 minutes it was a picture of machi siahu <laughs> and you're like this guy still go to temple and he looks like you know clean shaven he's got the cool claw <laughs> uh, what prompted that what prompted that why were you thinking of Mati Siahu? by the way Mati Siahu's son is on my brother's son hockey team in jersey and he's just like a regular dude now. Like he was the orthodox. I thought he was the coolest, right? He was like the Hasidic rapper. Minus, yeah, minus yeah. Now he's just like a we regular to, guy. Yeah, we used to love him. We, I mean, I don't know. For some reason, those songs, I love, I'm, I'm the king without a crown. Oh, it's the best. That song is so good. It's the best. But why were you thinking of him was, in the moment there? Uh, because, so someone knew, we used to listen to that song. And so I, we, uh, we, we played. We were playing it at one of Aljo's fights. We were playing it, and then, uh, and then I guess someone saw that picture, and they they sent it to me. And I was like, "Is this guy kidding? Like, what happened to this?" It was. He was. It was almost like like this guy with the with the you know he had the whole okay, outfit, he had the, the hat. Yeah, 
everything. He was r- rapping like that. You never would have thought that he was, you know, that guy. And now he's like, <laughs> does he? I, it's so interesting to me. What I don't happened? think he's religious that... anymore. He's not religious anymore. He dropped it. But and when did he start? Like it that's so few, interesting. If, if you, it's fascinating. There's a, several yeah. articles on it on why he dropped it. Um, I mean, this dude was on the Letterman show. Remember, he was on Letterman singing King Without a Crown, dressed like yeah. the dudes you see in like South Williamsburg, you know, just walking, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I loved yeah. it because he's like representing the Jewish people, but he's a great rapper. I actually saw him in oh. concert in, um, in, in the city and he's just completely, <laughs> you would never think it's him, right? He looks nothing like he once never. did. It's wild. Never. But then I saw, and then uh, I guess, oh, that, that's what it was. I saw a video of him from a little while back. He sung... He was singing one day. The, yeah. the he went into a store and the guy was singing. A, oh, yeah. on like a little on the, was the, singing the song, the ukulele or something. Yeah, yeah. and then and, and he didn't recognize Maris Yahoo because he has the whole. He's a and then and then at the end, he, you know, Maris Yahoo starts singing with him. It was yeah. crazy. It was like, yo, this is insane. Even better because the guy singing doesn't know it's that him. he's singing it's with wild. Maris Yahoo. He gets done and he's like, nice voice. He goes, he goes, yeah, you know who song sung that song. <laughs> He goes, he goes, Modest Yahoo. He goes, yeah, me. And he's like, he's like, nah. He's like, wait. He goes, oh, cut your hair, huh? It's like the coolest response. It's the guy great. wasn't like, oh my God, Modest Yahoo. He's just like, he's like, oh, cut your hair, huh? You, you, you cut. He's like, you're a little different now. He's like, yeah. And then I guess he invited him to the show, and that guy ended up blowing up himself, kind of before going to jail. Oh, I think shit. he got into some. Yeah, I think he. I, I think he. Had, he just got into. Yeah. Yeah, I go. I went into like a deep dive in Modest Yahoo when I found out he changed his whole look, yeah, 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 yeah. and then I tweeted that, and I think one of my other friends tweeted that the guy went to that guy ended up going to jail. Wow, yeah, crazy. crazy. That is crazy. Uh, the Winter Olympics start this week. If you t- if you go on Google or YouTube and you type in my name and Modest Yahoo's name, uh, an interview from the 2010 Winter Olympics in Vancouver will pop up. I interviewed Modest Yahoo at the 2010 Winter Olympics in Vancouver because his song, One Day, was the official theme song of those Olympic Games. Ah. He is so high in the interview. You'll see, if you watch it, he's looking at the sky the whole time and like is giving me one-word answers. And I was kind of psyched to meet him, and he was yeah. very high in the interview. He was like on a different planet, but it was still fun nonetheless. Yeah. So there's my yeah, it always incri- it always It always uh, fascinates me. Like, people that come become super religious, and then, like, I, it's... Uh, yeah, like what uh and and it would be a guy like that who's like super talented would go like you feel like those kind of people like are the ones like Scientology not saying not comparing yeah, yeah, anything yeah, 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 no. but like like any you know like some people they they like any religion people I don't know I'm gonna get myself in trouble. No no listen listen you're talking to a fellow lo- tribe I, member here so you can't offend Yeah them. yeah yeah no for sure it's <laughs> uh it's it's Whatever makes everyone happy, Ariel. God bless. I'm in support of it all. And uh, yeah. Well, that's about it, man. We love you, Al. Uh, the Call Me Al podcast is coming back. You heard it here first. Breaking news. Uh, when are we doing this again? When's it relaunching or your podcast? When is it coming back? What day is today? Um, today Wednesday. Is Wednesday. Oh, my God. What happened? You have something to do? Tomorrow night. It's coming I just up- got back from. I just got back from Colombia, so I'm all uh, I'm all out of whack. I have to get my date and my uh, I got to get back on the grind. You know what I mean? No, but yeah, today's Wednesday. We're doing Call Me Out Thursday night. Let's go. Uh, Thursday night, seven p.m. Okay, I look forward you can to call it. Call in and 
That's where you get the real unfiltered raging out thoughts on everything going on in the world of MMA and your life. Um, so I, enjoy I think I gave it. you a pretty good. I think I gave you a pretty unfiltered today. No, 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 I know, but like you know, there's only so. Uh, you know, I don't want to get you in trouble. You know, trying to yeah keep your life. I as, can get myself. In, I get. I get myself in trouble. Well, we did a lot. We we covered a lot here, and I appreciate. It. I'm happy that you're uh, feeling a little bit better. I'm happy that you haven't full. You know, a lot of people when I said you were going to be on, were like, "Is Al announcing his retirement? Is he announcing his retirement?" I'm like, look, I don't know what he's announcing, but I don't think he is. I asked him to come on. They thought maybe you asked me to make. You know the big uh, the big announcement here. You're always welcome anytime, announcement or no announcement. But I'm happy that we haven't closed the door on the career. We're leaving it open, and we'll see. You know how things progress, right? I feel like that's the big takeaway here. Absolutely, Ariel. At the end of the day, it's the best sport in the world. Amen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can never you can never close the door on that. And I feel like you're going to have it. a great coaching career as well. Uh, okay. Uh. I feel like you're a great mentor. You're a great coach. You're a great mentor. The guys like having you around. You're, you know, you've done it all. You've, I don't know. I feel like you could be that guy. No, you don't want to do that. I do, but at the same time, it's like, oh, it's so stressful. I get more invested in like these guys that have fights coming up now. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so stressful. I'd like want to help them, and then maybe, maybe just not. I don't know. I gotta stop. I gotta like stop going to the gym and and. uh really taking a liking to people not it's awesome that i it's like what i want to do but it's just so stressful to me and i don't know do you know, do fighting is like i don't know i feel like i'm not like put like uh i don't know do you want do i want these people that i care about to fight or do i want to oh you're having this moral dilemma i get it because of the damage the stress hard- the pressure yeah, but it's it's like a beautiful, it's the most beautiful thing in the world too. When you win and you're like, it's the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. Dude. I was just gonna say it's that. Like, what I've often, I mean, obviously I've never fought, but talking to you guys for long enough, the highs are just incredibly high, but the lows are incredibly low, unimaginable. Like you can't even put it into words those feelings. And I think we could sort of understand because you guys put three, four, five months into one moment of fifteen minutes, and if it doesn't go your way, you know that's that's crushing. So. That's why I have infinite respect for you guys and why I want you all to make as much money as possible and get your fair share and uh, and, and be set up for the future. Pension, health care. Oh, all that's that it. It's, if done the right way, very few people have gotten out of it yeah. unscathed, you know, like uh, doing well. But I think if done the right way, it can, everyone can be and have some really high highs. You're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to avoid the lows, but so sit, hold on to those highs and, and you, you know, get out of it as, as, as good as you can. Thank you. As always, Al, uh, feel better, my man, all the best to you. Talk to you soon. Appreciate it. All right, Ariel. Thank you. There he is. The man, Ally Quinta didn't slam his computer. I tried to get out of it unscathed. Didn't slam the computer. I'm going to text him right now. Didn't slam it. Great success. That's beautiful. Ally Quinta. How can you know? I mean, what a back-to-back that is, right? Speaking of back-to-back, greatest uh, diss track. A lot of you seem to agree with Jake Paul. Greatest diss track of all time. Back-to-back by Drizzy Drake. Uh, what What a back-to-back that is in terms of characters jack hermanson ally quinta and yes things didn't go his way against bobby green but as he points out 
He had not fought in a little over two years. Remember, he had the Dan Hooker fight at UFC 243, October of 2019. Didn't fight until November of 2021. So it was quite the layoff. And I hope we get to see him again because he's still, I mean, he's still, he's 34. He's a young guy. He is a young guy. So we shall see. We shall see. One of my favorites uh, to talk to. And I am looking forward to seeing if he returns. If not, he has given us some great memories in the cage and has been one of my favorite guests on this here program. Still to come on the program, let the world know Eddie Hearn, the man himself, of course, the chairman of Matchroom Sport, Matchroom Boxing, darts, fighting, big day for him at Madison Square Garden, Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano, that press conference April 30th at the Mecca. He will be in studio this hour. So let everyone know we have a lot to talk to him about. Of course, that purse bid drama. I love the purse bid. They should televise it. Uh, I'm looking forward to having him in studio. For now, though, let's go to our next guest. It's been a while since I spoke to the once and future king, the former WEC and UFC lightweight champion. I still have his picture on the wall over there. I haven't forgotten about Benson Henderson. He has forgotten about me. I haven't forgotten about him. Let's go to the Zoom machine and say hello to the one and only Benson Smooth Henderson. There he is. Benson, how are you, sir? Hey, what's up, Ariel? I mean, talking mess already. Bro. I mean, you keep mess me, well, you're keeping me waiting here 10 minutes late. What's the excuse? What's the excuse, Benson? <laughs> well, you're too big time for me now? Oh, you got the kids. Okay, well, that's He's a good excuse. It. That's a good excuse. Try to bring both guys around. That, that's the excuse. Okay, fair enough. That's the, that's, the, that's, that's the reason. That is the reason. I Man, I love seeing you up there with your kids. How much fun is that to be able to do this and have, I know they're young, but to have them a part of it at the tail end of your career to experience all of this with your kids. How rewarding is that? Uh, that part was my favorite part of the, of the whole night, being able to have my kids there. So I am a little older and I'm not sure how much longer I'll be doing this, all that sort of stuff. So uh, them being able to watch at least one fight live, that was cool. I, I definitely dug that. Was, that. was that their first time at one of your fights? Uh, my oldest, my six-year-old, Chung, he had... Uh, he was with me in uh, Korea when I fought Mazda. Uh, but he was like, I think, nine months old at the time. Right. So, Mark said he was six months old. So, it was nice to be able to uh, have a fight that he might be able to remember when he's the old older. Right. D- does he understand, like, what you're doing? He-, he gets what you do for a living now, right? He's at that age? Yeah, he's at the age. He, he understands. He's still, uh, I just think it's the coolest thing. He's like, yeah. I'm like, no, it's cool. Chuck <laughs> convinced him, like, no, it's really cool. It's really awesome. He's like, nah, everybody does that. You see all his uh, his gym uncles at, at the gym and whatnot, all his uncles, they all do it. So it's not, not that big a deal to him. Oh, yeah, I saw Uncle Joe on TV. Oh, yeah, Uncle Uncle Tino's on TV. Oh, uh, well, my, my, uh, my, my Gino's on TV all the time. Like, it's not a big deal to him. So <laughs> he, he lives in a little bit of a different world than right, when, right, when right. I was the six. Does he react differently to seeing you fight as opposed to his mom fight? Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't think so. They okay. watched uh, they watched mommy on TV last time. Yeah. Uh, but they, I mean, they were just excited in general. 
seeing mommy on TV, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know what blows my mind? I was looking at this yesterday. You have now spent six years in Bellator. You spent four and a half in the UFC, two years in WEC. For some reason, I still feel like we associate you with UFC and WEC, maybe even WEC. And you've now spent longer in Bellator. Did you realize that? I, I did not realize that. Somebody, a, a journalist had mentioned that to me. Uh, and that does blow my mind. That, that's definitely a little bit different to me. The fact that it's been that long. The fact that I, I've done as not well, not, not so good in the, the Bellator. Uh, also, on, on top of that. Um but yeah, it's, that's pretty pretty crazy to me for sure. Was that the last? That was the last fight on your Bellator contract. That was, yep. That was the last fight of the Bellator contract. Uh, so we'll see where we go from here. Did they try to re-sign you beforehand? Were there any talks? Uh, no, 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 no real talks from Bellator. But it was the same thing that happened the last time as well. We didn't really talk to them at all. Fought out the contract, and then uh, at the end, end of the fight, the last fight, we, uh, then we re- renegotiated. So I would assume it was the same thing would happen this time, but we'll see. Do you want to yes, resign yeah. with them? Oh, sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, for sure. Uh, I, I want to resign with Bellator. I want to get a Bellator belt around my waist. I, I need that Bellator belt. What's up, bud? Hi. How are you? Good. What's your name? Kyung. Kyung. What a great name. You're the man. Do you want to be a fighter like your dad? Do you want to be a fighter too? No. Good. I think that's a good. <laughs> do you I, want did he what do you get there? Did he get a surprise box? My kids love surprise. Yeah. What is what does your other son have there? What's his name? The other one is uh Cub. Cub. Is that a surprise box? What is he playing? What do you got there, bud? What is that? A surprise box? What great hair. It's the Roblox. Oh, Roblox? Oh, man. You got to play Roblox with my kids. They love Roblox. Hello. How are you? Look at you, Benson. You got the whole crew there. And what's what's her name? Uh, my daughter, her, her, she is nightly. Man, I remember you when you had no kids, Benson. You were just single uh, fighter. Selfish single yeah. fighter. A lot a lot easier than uh, chasing four of them around, making sure they don't, they're not... So you have too many. You have four kids now. Yep, Please. Young Cub, Koa, and Nightly. Wow, God bless. How How old is the youngest? Nightly is one, one okay. and a half. Okay. Um. So So you're happy there. You You feel like they treated you well. You 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 would be open to resigning. Oh, for sure. Actually, I I feel bad for Bellator. I feel like I I did a I underperformed my contract for Bellator. They paid me a lot of money. So. I think that I need to, uh, I should have done a better job for Bellator. They, you know, they didn't do what they brought me over for. Being a, a big, huge free agent signing, like, you know, that carries weight. You know, that carries implications with it. You're supposed to bring a, a Super Bowl title. You know, you're a big free agent like that. You're supposed, yeah. you're supposed to bring the back, back, to, back to your team. And uh, I don't think I did that. I don't think I ever had great performances. I, I think in the WC and the UFC, I had some great performances. And I guess what Bellator mostly paid for is the performance. They right. they they wanted they wanted high reels. They, they wanted that kind of stuff, you know. And uh, I I didn't give them, I didn't give that to them. So so why do you think that is? Why did it not click for you there? Uh, yeah. First of all, people always forget it's it's your opponent, people who you're faced off against. So you know, Bellator, the, the fighters who I faced off against, they all did a great job. They all yeah. 
they purposely didn't want me to have a highlight. So they didn't want me to get my hand raised. So they, you got always got to give props to the fighters themselves first off. Then they all did a good job. They, they all uh, made sure that they gave me a, a tough time. And, uh, you know, other than that, I think anytime you go to a new organization, it's all the same once the door closes, you know. Once the cage cage gets locked, it's you and him, and that's it. You know, the referee. But uh, otherwise, it's, it's all the same. But, like, the behind the scenes, getting used to the people, getting used to checking in, the different, you know, protocols they have, the different scenarios that they do and everything, that is all different. And I wouldn't say it affects you, but it just takes a little while to get used to. Hmm. So anytime you went down, okay, okay, go sit down. So all that, you know, definitely takes a little bit to getting used to. Mm-hmm. And and so, and and so when when you um you know when when you're reaching the end of the contract and you haven't unfortunately won a fight, I think it was three years, right? 2019. Did you feel a lot of pressure going to this one? You're at home, right? Yeah, it was 2019. Last I checked. I mean, unless I'm wrong, am I wrong about that? No, the last win was have, Miles Jury, September of 2019. I hadn't won in three years. You didn't realize that. that sounds t- well, that I, sounds terrible. Well, two, I guess two and a half because it's September of 2019 and it's January of 2022. I was just going off the years. But, I mean, that's a long stretch for you. <laughs> that, that's a very long stretch. <laughs> I guess but, it didn't uh, weigh on you. I guess you weren't thinking about that. No, no I wouldn't think about it. But, you know, uh, ACL, ACL surgery in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, one ACL surgery. Yeah, ACL surgery in there. I took my right knee after the uh, in the J- Jason Jackson fight. Uh, so, I mean, give me a little bit of leeway. It sounds sure. like. Oh, no more. It sounds. <laughs> you have to wait. It sounds like a, an excuse. And I, maybe it is an excuse, but um, two and a half years, but nine months of that, you know, was uh, rehab from ACL surgery. So, right. I'll take that one. Now, have you talked to Eagle FC? <laughs> You mentioned Eagle What's FC. That? You talked. Uh, you talked about Eagle FC last week. Have you actually talked to those guys about joining them? No. Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna fight for Bellator, or I might be done. Really? That's that's where I see as right now. I mean, somebody else might come with the offer. I, I can't say no to. Yeah. So some big numbers. I'll be like, okay, well, sure. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I want the Bellator belt around my waist. The belt or belt. I want that one around my waist. And, uh, you know, uh, they pay me a lot of money. I got to make sure uh, I, I get my due justice. I, I don't want to fight for, for pennies or nothing like that. I don't, I don't really need money, so it's, it's fine. I've done really well in my career. I'm not necessarily fighting for money, but it's the principle of it. You know, I, I know how much I'm worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the principle of it, I, I can't really fight for, you know, when I'm not, you know, more than I'm worth, sure. less than I'm worth. Would would you be at peace with walking away if it doesn't work out? Like if it ends right now, would you be okay with that? Yeah, for sure. I I would have been okay with it before the last fight, but with uh, the last fight going the way it was, having my my two older boys in the in the cage with me, yeah, in the hand raising, you know, my hometown, the top hometown, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, there's probably no better way to, to go out than that right there. I, no more. I, just I'll just give ask you a couple more and then I'll let you go back to the kids. Are you still yeah, no are you still competing with the toothpick? What's the word? What are we doing? You go with them, I got them. Uh, I try not to have a toothpick anymore. It's, it was just a bad habit. I try not to. Crazy. It's one of the craziest but, uh, things I've ever seen. Oh yeah, you know. Now I always told my mom, 
told me that uh, I saw my dad with a toothpick in his mouth. So then I would I would copy him, and I, I'd be seven, eight, nine years old, running around with a toothpick in my mouth, and she'd be all scared, like, "Oh, take it out!" And then uh, when I had my oldest, I envisioned my six-year-old, five-year-old, seven-year-old son running around with a toothpick in his mouth, and I was deathly afraid, like, "No!" Yes, he could. You get really hurt. Yes. I uh, I try not to do the whole toothpick thing just because uh, I worry about them copying me. So sure. I try not to. Can I ask you a question? Something I've always wanted to ask you. Like I think this was a thing in your last fight. It, when when you do like you do the thing with the your finger to the sky, right? That's like your pose, like showing love. But when you do it at the weigh-in, sometimes you're so skinny, it looks like your pants are about to fall down, Benson. Why do you do that? I mean, you're really literally on the edge there. Why Why do you let them come down like that? Why don't you get them a little tighter, the pants? It's a little bit scary, no? Uh, it's because I am down the weight. The <laughs> pants, they normally do. We're at about 24 hours, and the pants get more, more normal. Uh, but the pose is you know, all about giving glory to God. First and foremost, for glory is due. That, that, that's what it's all about for me. Then we uh, we, take, we like to take credit for ourselves. And I did this, and I did that, and I'm the one who accomplished this. And I, I beat this guy. Um, but people, you know, they forget that it's not you, know, you by yourself who, who did all that. I accomplished, you know, right. through uh, Christ who strengthens me. All right. I just see it. Sometimes they're like about to fall down, and we don't want that. We don't want the you know wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> well, Thankfully, thankfully, thankfully. I, I saw you shooting hoops at the at the media day. I feel like you're trying to, you know, like it's like one of those things. Like you had you had the big money fight. You had the one on one, and it's just like now you're trying to get me back in. But it's like I've sort of moved on. You know, it's bigger bigger offers. You know. You know what I mean. I think that we can. Everybody's doing all these big 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 time pay per view buys, boxing matches. Let's set it up one on one. Put it on YouTube. Charge like two ninety nine. Make Once millions of dollars. All. Ten years Benson in the making. Versus- I mean, this is ten years in the making, Benson. Me and you talking smack about this. You, you, you ran. You ran. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. All right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come to New York. Just I'm gonna take come, bring the family to New York. Let them be, have a little little va- vacation. And I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna come just to play you. That's it. That's that's the sole trip is uh, have a little vacation and then I'm gonna smash you in basketball. All right. I'll see. You've been talking a lot. I'll see. Uh, congrats on the win. I know a lot of people are counting you out in that one. You had the big, strong Russian wrestler. You did great in it. And uh, I hope that they give you what you are uh, owed and you resign and we get to see a few more Benson Henderson fights for the next couple of years. Uh, well, I, I thank you, man. I, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show, man. All right. Talk to you soon. And my best to your family. There he is, Benson Henderson, the former uh, WEC champion, the former UFC champion, uh, the... Ah, I screwed up. The, um, I screwed up something. This is the problem with checking your phone in the middle. Uh, one second. Uh, Man, you know when you have something on your mind, you're like, you got to do it. Don't forget, don't forget, don't forget, and then you forget. Is there anything more annoying than that? No. Fix my shoes here because we've got an in-studio guest coming in. I want to be proper. Uh, Benson Henderson with the big win over Islam Mamadov. I, I didn't tell 
Benson, that uh, GC said that he thought that he uh, lost the fight. I think GC said that, right? Didn't he say that he thought he lost the fight? He called it a questionable split decision. I didn't tell him that um, because I thought he won the fight. So why would I say that? Uh, but, it, 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 I mean, it was his first win since... September 27, 2019. Lost to Michael Chandler via knockout. Lost to Jason Jackson. Lost to Brent Primus. And then came back with the uh, the big win. Uh, I mean, it's amazing how long he's been competing for since 2006. Of course, uh, one of the names that came over from WEC to the UFC had the big win over... Frankie Edgar in Japan, my one and only trip to Japan. That was so much fun. Saitama. That was amazing. I loved that trip. I had a great time with uh, Casey and Esther. We went to a wrestling event over there at, uh, I'm going to botch this, Karakuyan. Karakuyan. I don't know. How do you say it? Karakuyan? 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 Something like that. Karakuyan Hall? Is that it? Anyway, it was great. I think we went to see a NOAA event. But then just getting to go to, you know, the Saitama Super Arena for the uh, first time was was a very magical thing. My friends, let everyone know, Eddie Hearn is joining us in studio. Eddie Hearn, what, is it, was it not Karakuyan, Casey? What is it? Tell it to me. Karakuyan? Kar- I don't know. I botched it. Eddie Hearn, the head man over at Matchroom Boxing, is going to be joining us in studio. He was just at Madison Square Garden. He was just there promoting the Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano fight, press conference. Jake Paul was there. Nikisa was there. April 30th, tickets going on sale the biggest fight in women's boxing history. But what a great time to have Eddie Hearn on this program. Let the masses know. Let the boxing public know. Let the boxing fans, the community, the media know that he's coming on to talk to all of us about that purse bid last week. It came down to Matchroom. It came down to Matchroom and Top Rank. Top Rank slash Queensberry wins 42 mil. The biggest purse bid in boxing history According to Dan Raphael, it's a huge deal. Mexico City, and they announce that Queensberry and and top rank win. Eddie Hearn, who isn't Tyson Fury's promoter, could have swooped in there and got the fight, which would have made for fascinating theater in its own right. I mean, just a lot there to discuss. Of course, we have the Francis situation. Of course, Jake and Dana. Just the 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 the, the, the combat sports landscape promotion. What's up with our guy, George Cambosis? I mean, one of the great personalities, one of the great characters in this sport, on his way now. And I think they're going to the uh, the New York Stock Exchange. I mean, so what a big day for him. I would probably rank it as, you know, MMA Hour Stock Exchange MSG, or maybe it's MMA Hour MSG Stock Exchange. Can I get the ad read out of the way? Some sort of... Just uh, killing time, or can I not do that? Yeah, man. I mean, why not? Where's he's? Is he in the building, or 
Yes. Benson kind of threw me for a loop there with the kids and the thing. I was like, I don't want to bother this guy. I mean, I mean, at the coffee shop, what am I doing here? You know. But first, uh, what's that? I could do the ad read. Sure. Sure. Um, do you agree with me, by the way, about Chris O'Dowd and Jack Hermanson? Or are you not? I feel like you're a big movie guy. I mean, I see it now, but I didn't see it to start with. But you see it now. I see it now. Yeah. So I don't know if it counts. I mean, come on. It's like uncanny, especially with the longer hair. Uh, thank you to Jason Karakuen. Karakuen. Karakuen Hall. <clears throat> okay. A uh, quick word from our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. As you know, an epic NFL season comes to an end next Sunday. Crazy time in the NFL, huh? I mean, Tom Brady just completely crapping on the Patriots fans. I had a great time with that yesterday. I mean, this guy puts out an eight-page statement about the Bucks. Had you not known any better, you would have thought he played 18 seasons for the Bucks. And then you have all these Patriots fans who are like, oh, "Don't worry, he's gonna he's gonna mention he's gonna mention us in a separate post." And then what did he do? He retweets the post two hours later and just like, "Love you, Pats fans. Thanks for everything. Thanks for having my back. Thanks for being so loyal towards me for all these years." Can't even get a line in there. Can't even get a mention. Can't even get a, like a shout out. Don't don't even shout out Bill Belichick. Don't even shout out Robert Kraft. Don't shout out anyone. Just shout out the fans who had your back. I mean, come on, wearing the jersey and everything. That was crazy to me. Didn't even mention them in a, in a nine-page statement. Could not even mention them once. And all these fans are coming after me for just pointing it out. I feel bad for you guys. I have Joe, your back. Joe says that he's not mad. Joe, how could you not be mad? This guy played for you guys for 20 years. 20 years. And he's talking about the Bucks and Bruce Arians, who he played for for 14 seconds, two years. Won one Super Bowl to what, the six? And he doesn't even mention you guys once in that statement? Come. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, of course. Oh, of course. You know, uh, we got the six Super Bowls. We don't care. Of course you care. All right? Of course you care. What are you talking about? Imagine you're married to someone for like 60 years. And then they go off and marry someone else for like two. And then you die. And in your will, you leave everything to the one who they were married to for two. You wouldn't feel a certain way? Come. It's like this guy was there for 20 years. 20 years he was with that team. Couldn't new, even mention New them. wife, new you. It was crazy. I read that thing twice. I was like, wow, not even a mention. And these fans are still going to support this guy. They're still going to pretend when he won the Super Bowl last year for the Bucks that it was their Super Bowl. Because that's all I saw on my timeline. Like, oh, we're so happy for Tommy. Tommy boy, he's one of our own. TBTB, we're happy for this guy. And I'm the petty one. I'm just, I have your back. I'm looking out for you guys. That's crazy. Could you imagine? It's like Patrick Ewing retiring with the with the Orlando Magic, and he shouts out the Magic and the Supersonics and not the Knicks, who he played for for like freaking 17 years. What are you guys talking about? You guys are crazy. It's very disrespectful. And then how does he fix the situation? A quote RT. Hey, guys, love ya. XOXO. Come. That was the crazy. And then Brian Flores' situation. Anyway, it's not an NFL show, so I can't go too deep into this because everyone gets upset. I guess as long as it's... Not pro wrestling, right? Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs 
can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I'm looking at the chat. Shout out to Shaheen. Please support them, by the way, because they support us. We've cleaned up the chat a little bit. But I see someone who writes, Ariel's nose enters the room two minutes earlier than his body. I mean, come. Not very nice. What are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? But it's nice. Now we've cleaned it up. I think you can only use the chat if you're a subscriber. Which uh, has weeded out a lot of the jokers. So, is the man in the building? Oh, Alex says he's... uh, So this is what I'm going to do. We're just getting Eddie a little bit set up here. I don't want to shortchange GC. I'm just going to answer a few questions. Oh, he's getting mic'd? Should I not answer the questions? You can maybe do one or two. I can maybe do one or two. Well, I want to look at uh, how many we have here. Of course, let me let me give you, you know, the rundown as to why this is such a big deal. Uh, Eddie Hearn, like I said, one of the best promoters in combat sports. In my opinion right now, if I'm talking... objectively, right now, no cap, capital P, regardless of combat sport, I think you can make a very strong case, and actually, it's an easy case to make, he's the best right now. And I was watching a few of his interviews over the past week, I mean, the guy's everywhere doing press conferences everywhere, and it reminds me a lot of early days Dana White in that... He's sticking around. He's giving everyone 20 minutes, 25 minutes, every outlet. All right. We got, we got you know, him sticking around, doing interviews with everyone, giving them the hard sell, not just about, you know, the big fights coming up, but everything. And you got to appreciate that. You got to love that. And so I believe he is here. The man himself, the legend. Is that him? Wow. Eddie Hearn. Let me stand up here. And clap for Eddie Hearn. This is a big deal, Eddie. How are you, sir? Wow, I feel a little you. starstruck here in front we've of you, Eddie. We've never met, I mean, right? We've never met, Someone no. Said, no, but we've done a few things. We've over done a few I things. Feel like we've met, you know? In the midst of the pandemic, yes. you and Tony, you invited me on your That's show. Right, it was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So great to have you here. Thank Good you for doing here, this. Good to be here. What, what about this setup we have? It's pretty what, cool, it's quite right? It's impressive because I always thought, I wasn't sure how big time you were. Oh, thanks. I appreciate I mean? that. That's but very nice of you. When I came into your amazing office... You thought I was just some schlub, right? Basically. Wow. Okay. I didn't realize you actually... This is a major show. They said to me, you've got to do Ariel's show. I was like... You said why? I was like, you know, I spoke to my agent. I said, yeah. how big is that? Not really. I haven't really got an agent, by the way. I know. I'm sure you yeah, do. Yeah, no, I, don't. I definitely don't. But you've no, been hanging out with me. Dana a lot. Bits and pieces. I yeah. find him very... Um, I found him very welcoming. Mm-hmm. And respectful is the wrong word, because he doesn't have to be respectful to me. But I, I treat people... 
um, you know, I take people how they come across and how they treat me. And when I went to the UFC Performance Center, when Daniel Jacobs was training right. there to fight right. Canelo, he was actually watching his son on the pads. And he, he said, look, do you want to have a tour around? He took me over to the new facility at the time, which was being built. Yeah, the PI. Yeah, and went out of his way to, you know, and I was quite, you know, I think sometimes people get a bad name, bad rep, but you should always take them on face value. And yep. I found him very welcoming and very It was hospitable. a joke because he's not the biggest fan of mine, so that's oh, why he? you thought that I was Yeah, I know that. That's why, that's why I said he was a nice bloke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe, we all good over there? I hear some talking. Everyone good? Okay. Um, so we have a lot to talk about, Eddie. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate you taking some time no doing some charity uh, media for us here. <laughs> Before you came in, I said you're the best promoter in combat sports, oh, not wow. just boxing. Okay. I said that. Uh, before you walked in, agree or disagree? Um, right now, you're the best in my I opinion. I think, again, sorry to bring up Dana White. I, yeah. think, I think he's really good at what he does. I mean, a lot of what we do as a business follows suit from the UFC. And I, mm. I, never, I never mind admitting that I've told, I tell our team, watch what they're doing, you know, in terms of everything from you know, the live streams of the press conferences to the graphics, to the look and feel, the branding, the, you know, the ring, everything. So I believe that I'm definitely the best promoter in boxing. Um, but I do, I do think Dana White is a, is a bit of an icon in that respect. And Dana did, for me, it was never about building my brand or my profile, but I've realized the importance of doing that at the same time. Mm -hmm. And he has built his brand and profile to a point where he, you know, it's very powerful when you're, when, you're, when you're promoting to have that kind of platform because you can't always rely on the power of a broadcaster and the ability of a broadcaster to promote your event. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's important to build your own platform. And, you know, I'll, I think what he's done in, in MMA is very similar to what we want to do in, in boxing in, in many respects, not all respects, but you know, which is, is domination, global domination, and building a brand to a point where when you go to a new city or a new town or a new country, the, the credibility of, of a matchroom event or an Eddie Hearn event or whatever what you want will, will almost draw people to that, not as much as the talent, but that's where they're so strong, mm -hmm. is that when UFC comes to London, UFC sells out before you even know who's on. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yep. The quality of the card, the fight, it's got to stand the test of time. Right. But it's building that brand of, of you just recognize the quality and you recognize that as a great night out. And, and you know. Um, I see a lot of early Dana White in you. Uh, like you, you stick around, you do interviews with everyone. Mm. 20 minutes after the press conference. It reminds me a lot, you know, you do the scrums. You talk to everyone, every website, every YouTube channel. So it reminds me a lot of uh, when he was really hungry and pounding yeah. the pavement. Now he's kind of won the race. He's a gazillionaire but i see a lot of that and that's a compliment mm. by the way so much going on in your world you just came from msg you had the historic press conference katie taylor yeah. who i'm a huge fan of uh amanda serrano you jake paul up there how hard was it to get this done i know you tried to get it done but yeah. it seems at least from afar this time around once jake and nikisa and mvp mm. came on board it seems like it was relatively easy after she won her fight in december true or false yeah they 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 Raised the bat. The reason it didn't get made probably three years ago was we had a contract actually, but COVID hit, and Amanda never felt that she was truly getting what she deserved for mm -hmm. the fight. But that was the value of the fight at the time, you know. And right. I think when you're negotiating a fight with a fighter, sometimes they forget that model, which is this is the money generated for the fight. This is your purse. I know there's all the arg always the argument across what UFC pays in relation to the revenue of the show versus what boxing pays. But ultimately, in boxing, that's you know what's generated is reflected in your purse. Right. But that was the interest in the fight at the time. Fast forward three years, 
the way women's boxing has, has you know, continued to climb, the job that Katie Taylor has done. And now all of a sudden, Jake Paul puts her on his shows, he's championed her, her value increases, but also within the package of Amanda Serrano, we're getting Jake Paul. So all of a sudden, DAZN are looking at it saying, well, this fight has value mm. because it's the main room Madison Square Garden, historic event, biggest female fight of all time. Eddie Hearn, Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano, Jake Paul. Mm. Oh, see the turnout today, unbelievable. I've done more media today, but different kind of media than, than just a standard traditional boxing event. That's because of, of the whole female aspect. First, females to headline MMA or boxing in 140 years of history at Madison Square Garden, but also because of his involvement. Mm -hmm. And I promoted his first fight two years ago. Yeah, I you were one of the this, first guys who I started really said, this mess. Yeah, you're the reason. <laughs> we have to, uh, to blame you. Yeah. Is it true they're both making over yeah. seven figures? Mm. That's true. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, and they deserve it. You know, I mean, look, Katie messaged me after the Rio Olympics and said, you know, I, I really believe I can change female professional boxing. I had, say, no interest. I had no understanding. I didn't feel like there was the commercial interest from broadcasters for women's boxing. But I had to meet her because she like she's a legend. Sure. And she came in and it was just like, I said to her, what, tell me about your life. You know, what, what, do you, what interests you? She said, boxing and God. I'm like, oh, okay, that's deep. And then, but just, she's so driven. And, and that inspires me. And, and just being around her for so long, we dreamt of this moment. Serrano was fighting for $500, mm. you know, probably seven, eight years ago. She's been through the whole system. And now you're seeing female fights, headlining cards everywhere. I mean, again, sorry to go back to UFC, but you've seen over the last few years, that's become a regular thing sure. as major women's events. And now this is taking it to another level at MSG in the main room. But it's the support of people that feels different. Like MSG, the owners, they're like, this is a great look for us. We should be championing this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? DAZN, um, sponsors, media. It's just, it, it's, it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. And Katie's a legend. She's an icon, you know, and uh, there'll be... 50% Irish in there, Puerto Ricans with Amanda. You know, it'd be a really great atmosphere, great card as well. And it, feel, it feels like a, a good moment, a historic moment. Absolutely. When you embraced Jake early on a couple of years ago, did you think it would turn out like this? No, no. We I mean, like he was, one -off? I, I put him in against a YouTuber. Yeah. And the best way I can describe Jake is like people say to me, do you like Jake Paul? And I say, Jake... The terminology is different in the UK and, and grade A plunker. I've heard plunker, you say, yeah, grade plunker, A plunker, yeah. dipstick, like you know. But <laughs> I like him, and I think I don't mean that almost disrespectfully in a way. Like I think you could half the time I think he's on a wind up. Do you know what I mean? And half <laughs> yeah. the time, like we were doing a media scrum today, and he was talking about fighting Canelo, uh -huh. and like I'm looking at him going. Are you just laughing inside, or do you? And I think it's a little bit of both. Do you know what I mean? And I think fighters, because of what they've sacrificed, sometimes hold it against Jake Paul and say, like, well, I've been grinding in the gym for 15 years. It's like, yeah, but you're not good enough mm. and you haven't build, built the profile that he's built. Why shouldn't he be allowed to do that? He's putting the work in, in the gym. Mm -hmm. He's fallen in love with a sport, genuinely. And it's, that's, that's easy to do. We've all done it. You've done it. We've, you know, I've done it. And I think he's good for boxing. I think, I think he brings a different kind of audience I think he's not everybody's cup of tea, but you can't start arguing with him. I mean, as Dana's found out, I mean, that diss track is outrageous, you know. But <laughs> what did you think fine. of it? I thought it was really good. You thought it was good? Yeah. Catchy? I mean, I, I'm, 
you know, again, go back to, I like both guys, so I'm sure. like, but I did watch it and go, <laughs> like, almost like, what time's the legal letter coming? Right, right, you know, exactly. and, um, <laughs> but it's kind of good. In that, you, you can never take life too seriously. But in that instance, I say it's, they're both good for each other. Do you know what I mean? Like Dana would have been fuming. He should never have gone back to Jake Paul anyway. So the last thing you do right. is do a video addressing Jake Paul. Like, just don't do it. Just leave it. Just right. go, no. But then, isn't it what we want? We want views. We want interest. We want drama. We want confrontation. We want hype. We want narrative. That's, that's our jobs, isn't it? So... I think that they complement each other in that respect. He's been talking a lot about fighter pay. It's, it's crazy because he actually talks more about the issues in MMA than in boxing in terms mm. of the pay. I don't know how much you pay attention. You're very busy. Mm. But do you look at what's going on in MMA right now? It's a huge topic, fighter pay. For example, uh, there was this purse bid, which I will ask yeah, you about yeah. in a moment. And the numbers come out, right? Tyson Fury, $32 million. Dillian White, $8 million, mm. give or take, right? The heavyweight champion of the UFC two weeks ago, Francis Ngannou. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yeah, of course. 600,000. I mean, this is an issue, right? Yeah. Can, can you say this is an issue? But, that, that's, the, but th that's also the number that's on the bout agreement with the state commission. Sometimes there's, Sure, there's but it's also what the number he told me. I'll tell you a funny story about Francis Ngannou. Please. Have I ever told you this? I don't know. So during the pandemic, when you did our show, yep. right, I was doing loads of stuff on Zoom, just trying to create content. And I read that Francis Ngannou wanted to be a boxer, right, and what was interested in fighting. So I got in touch with his team because he'd had a little bit of beef with Dillian White, nothing yep, major. Yep. And I got in touch with his team. I said, look, let's do a Zoom, you, me, and Dillian White, right, just bored. So they've agreed to it. Next thing, I'm on a Zoom with Dillian White and Francis Ngannou basically going at it, right? I'll knock you out, I'll do it, you know, he's, he's all hyper, blah, blah, blah. Then... Word has got to the UFC that I've done, ultimately, a press conference to promote a fight. But right. I wasn't even thinking, Ariel, you know. And then Dana messaged me and said, what are you doing? And I'm like, what? And he said, <laughs> you've done a press conference with Francis Ngannou and Dillian White. I'm like, well, it wasn't really a press conference. It was just a Zoom. It was, and then I thought, oh. Then I got a legal letter from the UFC to oh, say, yeah. like, you, don't, you can't be putting this out. They were, they were a million percent right. Okay. But, you know, at the time I was thinking, this is massive. You right. know, and I still think Francis Ngannou, Tyson Fury, Francis Ngannou, AJ, AJ didn't know, huge, huge fights. So I think that fighter power has drifted down the UFC probably a little bit slower than it did in boxing. Mm -hmm. It's very old promoters, you know, every fighter that I represent is my boss. Whether they're a kid debuting in their first fight at 19, I work for the fighter. That's my mentality. The old school... They couldn't say it. You know, if you said to Bob Arum, tell me that Terence Crawford's your boss. Hey, I, 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 go on, say it, Bob. Oh, I can't. You know, yeah, he, yeah. he couldn't say it. So fighter power in boxing, boxing, you know, for, for a while now, they've become the boss. They've become, you know, in control of their own destiny. For UFC, where they've been very smart is by it's such an honour to get a UFC deal. You know, you see these these kids coming out of Bellator or Cage Warriors or wherever it is. Like, the thought of getting a UFC contract is everything. But I feel in UFC, they don't want you to get too big, you know. And when you do, I mean, I used to almost laugh at Connor because I could just imagine just the disruption 
that he was causing in that organisation because mm -hmm. that's not really the name of the game. Mm -hmm. We don't want a star that is bigger than the UFC. Conor McGregor became bigger than the UFC, really. And that's, that's a nightmare for those guys. Mm -hmm. The one thing I will say is, and I think it's, is, uh, you know, certainly their margins are very favourable to the organisation over the fighters. But they do, you know, when you go to the Institute and stuff like that, there, there, is, there is parts and benefits of being involved with the organisation that maybe you don't see. It's a very powerful business. In boxing, we work on our, with our bigger fighters really on an 80-20 split. It sounds like theirs is closer to the other way in terms mm -hmm. of revenue. To be clear, that's 20 for you, 80 for them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just because uh, that mad, number would shock MMA fans. Yeah, but also that 20 becomes smaller and smaller as the fighter gets bigger and bigger. Right. Because ultimately, how can you justify, you know, if, if a fighter's making 50 million, well, you make 10 million on one fight, it's a lot of money. You know, this guy's the one putting their health on the line, their life on the line to go in there. And But it's, it's, a, it's a historic model that I guess will change. And it, there'll be more pressure on the organisation as time goes by to adjust that, especially with the voice and noise of someone like Jake Paul. Jake Paul's a disaster for those guys. Do you know what I mean? Do you think he's sincere about this? Yeah, but I also think he's got a bee in his bonnet and he's having fun with it and I think he's, he's on a mission. But yeah, do, do I think he feels that UFC fighters are underpaid? Yeah, for sure. Do you think they're underpaid? Yeah, if, if, the, if the split of revenue is you know, skewed more towards the other way, yeah, I do. Does it surprise you they've gotten away with this for so long? I mean, they're almost 30 years old at this point and really... Not well, a lot has changed. When, when you create, you know, don't, don't forget that the fighter, the representation that that fighter has, it's their responsibility to put the best deal together possible. Mm -hmm. What surprised me is the, the length of time they've been able to manage individuals as they've grown. So like Connor was a good example. I always thought Connor would just walk away from the UFC, start up his own promotional arm of, of MMA, you know, and it's very interesting. I'd love to see the ins and outs behind the scenes of how that relationship was managed with Connor. You know, reports of when he boxed Mayweather, they went 50-50 on the purse, mm -hmm. UFC and Connor. That's outrageous. Like, but it, it should was, be more, you're saying, for Connor, right? Of course. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but at the same time, I understand he's in contract and you, you're not allowed to take that right, fight. Right, so right. to do that, that's the deal. It all comes down to, to the deal. But it's... I go back to the beauty of the UFC, which is to join the UFC is a dream. And when it's a dream, ultimately, you're going to get a great deal. And I think a lot of these early deals look great for a, for a fight, MMA fighter. It's only when they become a sizable draw that that changes. Like Francis Ngannou now, you, you'll know better than me. Does he have another fight on his contract? They're so saying he's that, done, but well, he has this champion's clause that right. he has to stick around for a year from this point till the end of uh, 2022 because he's a champion. If he would have lost that fight two weeks right. ago, he would have been a free man. Right. So you got this champion's cause. You also have this thing, if you get injured or you turn down a fight, they'll add six months to your yeah. contract. They'll just add it, keep adding six. They six. might add it through COVID. I mean, there's all kinds of extensions, but ultimately now during that period, the pressure's on the UFC mm -hmm. to go to Francis Ngannou and do a new deal. That, and, and, they'll, and they'll significantly overpay him from where he was at. But it comes down to the, the sort of feeling of the fighter to say, I don't want to, you know, I feel like I've been mis almost mistreated, so mm -hmm. I don't want to be here anymore. But I would, I would be shocked if they didn't do a new deal with mm -hmm. France and Ghana. 
I would say it's an almost certainty that they will, the time it all plays out, you know? So last Friday, the big news about the purse bid, right? Dillian White, Tyson Fury. Were you surprised that Matchroom lost by 10 No, million? because when you've got the lion's share of the bid, and what I mean by that is Tyson Fury was on 80%, which is being disputed, you can manipulate the bid. So what you do is you say to Tyson Fury, look, before I bid, are you happy with... $25 million, because we don't want to lose control of this fight, Tyson. You know, we don't want it on a Eddie Hearn promotion, right. could put it anywhere, blah, blah, blah. So are you happy? And there might be a minimum, a, a number in his contract even for the fight. Yes. Okay, all of a sudden, you know that whatever you bid, you're only paying Tyson Fury $25 million. So the overbid beyond that number is, eight, is just to Dillian White by 20%. So the bid of $41 million was not $41 million. In my, unless they want to come out and prove me wrong. It, and by the way, it's not illegal. It, I've done it before. It's, it's just part of the, the process of a purse bid. So we bid 32 or 33. They bid 41. Um, and probably they bid closer to our number, really. Like, it's very simple maths. Do you know what I mean? We all know what we're doing. We know the exact money to a couple of million bucks that will be generated from that fight. And um, it's not 41 but it's, it's around 30. Do you wish you would have gone a little bit more aggressive? So Not you, really, because we would have lost a lot of money. That would have been a huge disruption, though. Could you imagine yeah, you... Yeah, but he probably wouldn't have taken the fight. I mean, Tyson Fury, who you know, we don't get on all the time, I do have a, a lot of respect for. I mean, you never know what you're going to get, you know. And, uh, yeah, of course, would I have liked to promote the fight? Yeah, of course, I can't, you know, I can't lie, but I'm happy... Sometimes in that situation, you put a number in. It's like buying a house, Ariel. Mm. You know, are you prepared to lose the house? Yeah, I'm at that number. And that's exactly the same for that purse bid. So do you want to win this bid? Yeah, I do. But you've got to make a bid that if you lose, no problem. And that's, that's where we're at. How close were we to getting the Usyk and Fury really fight? I've heard you say that Fury bottled it, that he didn't he, really he want didn't it. He didn't bottle it. He changed the, the goalpost change. You know, I had to go and negotiate with AJ to step aside. And he was he in. Never, no, he never wanted to do. Okay. Then it got to a point where I said to him, look, the money's good. You can have a warm-up fight with a new trainer and you can fight the winner for three times more than you're supposed to get to fight Usyk, right? So logically, this could make sense. But when you've got a lot of money and you're a principles guy like AJ, it don't, you know, he's saying, I have to walk down the street knowing that I've, I've stepped aside. I don't want to step aside. Anyway, cut a long story short. The plan was Fury fights Usyk mm. and AJ fights the winner. Nice and simple. And then all of a sudden, Fury said, I'm not willing to fight Usyk. I want to warm up first. And we're saying, well, hang on. I don't even trust Fury to fight AJ after Usyk. Now I've got to trust Fury to have a warm up, then fight Usyk, then fight AJ. So we were renegotiating the deal, etc. And then Fury just went said, I want to go ahead with a Dylan White fight. So... I'm glad in a way because the whole thing was a bit of a mess mm. and we didn't approach anyone to step aside. We were approached with this model and I was willing to entertain it but it got to a point where it was like if he's not prepared to fight Usyk and then you go on social media you know, and you see uh, Fury who's brilliant, you know, brilliant entertainment. Usyk, you bum, you're an easy fight. You know, I'll get, I'll get the belts back for England and then the next thing you're being told he won't fight Usyk. So it's like it's quite confusing, the whole thing. Um, so now he fights Dillian White. And now he's saying Dillian has gone quiet. Like, do you think this yeah, fight even yeah, happens? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they said to, I saw an article the other day from Keith Hyde. It's like, 
Dillian White has till February 21st to sign the contract. It's like both guys do. That's the condition of the purse bid. Right. As of this morning, we haven't received the contract. Now, that's not unusual, but at the moment, we don't have the contract from the purse bid. They also have 10 days to pay the deposit, which is 4.1 million. They haven't paid the deposit yet. I'm sure they will, but it's like a process that you go through. Someone said to me, you've gone really quiet about this Fury White fight. I'm like, well, I lost the purse bid. It's not my fight. Right. <laughs> I'm not out here to hype the fight up. I'm out here to support Dillian White. So, yeah, I think... But is he going to take it? Dillian? Yeah, yeah for sure. Why like, has he been so quiet? He's not... He's just not come out. I mean, he's reposted a couple of things, but he's just chilled and training. I don't think he wants to play... I think there's a way to deal with Fury. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I think sometimes going on the quiet side, personally, is, is a decent... So that, like, do you really want to get in a slagging match with Tyson Fury and use all that energy? Like, do your work, do your training, and go and try and knock him out. So this is a shot he's been waiting for for a long time. It's not... you know, There's no conversations going on with us now going, oh, should we... Well, look in another direction. There's no other direction. This is the fight. So You've had a lot of Ws recently over the last couple of years. Like, did it hurt the soul to lose that one to those guys because of the rivalry? No. no. no? Because you, it's business. Mm. And you can't... The minute you start acting on ego mm. is the moment you make a cat, catastrophic effort, error that could cost you millions and millions and millions of dollars. And I don't play that game. I back our guys, but to a point where we understand the numbers and we understand the business. And it's not, you know, if you start going in with your dick and next thing you're bidding 10 million over the number because I want to win this, I don't like those guys. And then you finish the show and you look at the, the, the bottom line and you've done five, 10 million dollars. Oh, well done, that's great business, you know. So we have, a, we have a great business, we back our guys. And the fact that we were even there mm. meant that Dillian White received that money because we turned up and they went, shit, Matram are here. You know, if we didn't turn up, they would have bid $5 million, $10 million, because they would have been the only bidder. So a lot of people there who like to get involved, you know, people phone up Dillian Wyatt, oh, we do this, we do this. That comes around to it, two bidders. Right. All these other people that were so interested in the fight, where were they putting their money up? Because they ain't got no money. That's the difference. By the way, I don't know why no one does this, Someone needs to, 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 to televise the person. Oh, no, yeah. It's a fascinating piece of theatre. bodies, you have to deposit 10% of the bid with the bid. Which is you a can great... make a show out of this, like yeah. the Champions League. Oh, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you open well, up like the, the envelope. Yes. The draft is one of the biggest shows. You yes. Know, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know why. The Zone, ESPN Plus, yeah, yeah, someone yeah. needs to televise mm. this because we're just all refreshing. It's weird. It's, it's a horrible process because not in a non-COVID world, everyone flies to Mexico uh -huh. or your representative, you'll go into a room with your envelope, you put the envelope in the middle and you'll sit back and they open them and they read them out. Now you're on Zoom, you've got to send your offer in five minutes before a purse bid, which I don't really like anyway. Right. You know, I think it's, you know, and then you're sitting there on Zoom waiting for them to open up the emails and go through. So in person, it's a lot of fun. Oh, know? it's it's great theater. We're, we're short on time here. You're very busy. I think you told your PR guy, you're like, why am I coming here? Give me 30 minutes. Well, now I mean, I'm enjoying it now. Now so, it's yeah, a good time. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell them we need more time? What's or the you... time now? It's 3 o'clock. They said oh, 3.05. Yeah, we can do another 10 minutes. Yeah? Okay, yeah. great. Um, AJ Usyk. Mm. Does it happen in May? Yeah, I think, again. 100%? Like, yeah, again, we're not, there's nothing else. The only thing that I was looking at, because it was a lot of money on the table, was this other deal, you know. Right. But there's no other fight. Like, uh, again, that's the fight, and that's the fight AJ wanted. You know, he's, he will make changes to his training team. But when I sat down with him last Monday about the step aside, 
He just said, I'll beat Usyk. I said, yeah, but, you know, you haven't started working with your new trainer yet. I said, I'll beat him without a trainer. He's like, he's pumped for that fight. And it's a really tough fight. And by the way, Fury's no mug. He knows how good Usyk is. That's why he didn't want to fight him straight off the bat. He's really good. So it's a tough fight for AJ. I just hope AJ gets the credit for the fights that he takes. Like, how many fighters, honestly, would have just taken the Usyk fight in AJ's position? Or how many would have just vacated the belt and gone, oh no, we're going down another route? He wanted to fight him. And now he's fighting him again, straight off the bat. So May, May time for that fight. Looking to secure the venue, I think, back in the UK. I saw that you had dinner with Devin Haney yeah. last night. Mm. Is that the fight that's going to happen? Devin Haney, George Cambosis? The and... fight. I mean, you've got the whole debacle about, you know, who's undisputed, who's the champion. The only way we can solve that is those two fighting each other. Natural fight. Devin's agreed to go to Australia for that fight into the backyard of, of George Cambosis. Got to make it happen. Love George. Great guy. You know, brilliant win against Tiafimo at right. the Garden. Um, and he wants his night... In, in Australia. And now he he's kind of it. a free agent though now, right? In he's terms with Lou Belli, yeah, he's like a network free agent. Right. Yeah, so. How tricky uh, is it to get that fight now? I mean, there's two fights for him. There's the Lomachenko fight with ESPN yeah. and there's the Haney fight with DAZN. I think they'll think Haney might be more beatable than Lomachenko. Um, and he's got that belt, the one that will answer the questions about Undisputed. So George has no fear. You know, George will fight any of those guys. And hopefully Devin Haney gets the call because then we can have one clear champion in the division. And I think one of the great things about women's boxing is that we're starting to see so many undisputed champions now. How good is it to have one mm -hmm. champion in the division that you can say he's, he's the best in the division? Time frame? May, I think, again, for, yeah. for Haney against Cambosis. Wow. I mean, you know, the, the, the numbers are starting to pick up or have been for COVID in Australia. So it's kind mm. of put April out of the equation. But... You know, I think May time, um, you know, Devin's here last night. He's, he's 23 years old. You know, he's a, he's a, he can really fight. I think this kid's a, a real young superstar, so he's ready. Do you have any interest in Terence Crawford? Yes, because he's a pound-for-pound -pound top fighter. Goes back to the value of a fight, you know. The have you talked to him? Yeah, I've had some chats with his representatives. The, the problem is, is what can we deliver in that weight class for him? You know, it's a weight class historically dominated by PBC. So it's one thing getting Terence Crawford and paying him great money, but the other one is which fight are you going to give him that's actually going to deliver for DAZN? Mm. And we don't have access to a lot of those welterweights that, that would deliver value. Errol Spence, greatest example. And again, it comes back to how much money is Terence Crawford going to generate? Um, amazing fighter. But I just feel that promotionally, they haven't done the job that perhaps could have been done on Terence Crawford to, to make him the draw that he should be. Okay. So do you think that it's worth it for you or you're not interested? Like, are you? Gonna... I'm interested because he's a great fighter. Right. But I, th I, I think we all struggle to deliver the numbers that he would want unless he was right, so sensible. Like, my idea of sensible might be ludicrous right. to, you know, Adrian Broner, right. for example. You know, is a good example of, of you know, but... I, it, that doesn't mean we're always right, but we know the numbers. This is the difference. We know the numbers, but fighters and their representatives don't really care what the numbers is. They've got their own numbers. Mm -hmm. So at this point, you and Canelo, mm. where do you stand? I was with him the other day um, in San Diego. This is the moment now where he'll field all the offers from everybody. Yeah. It might be Charlo from the PBC, 
uh, could be better beer from top rank from us could be Bivol and Golovkin which are two great fights it really comes down to money of course but also what him and Eddie Reynoso fancy you know what the, what they like they've got everything they've got all the money they've got all the legacy they've got all the belts Canelo lives for the challenge you know and it'll just come down to the fight that he likes I think the Golovkin fight is arguably still the biggest in boxing. It's the trilogy for the Undisputed Championship. Bivol is a great fight at 175 if he wants to move up and try and become undisputed at light heavyweight. Charlo is another good fight. Benavidez, like, there's loads of fights, but it just he's, he's earned the right to call the shots. And for me, it's just a dream working with him because, I mean, I, I hate to sound like a fanboy, but he is the coolest guy I've ever met. I mean, he, he genuinely, like the belief aerial right. of this man. You talk to him about a fight, you know, I might have said to him when we did the Callum Smith fight or Billy Joe Saunders fight, you know, Callum's a big, big 168. You know, Billy Joe Saunders, he can move well. You know, it's just like the mindset of a fighter is when, you, when you're around someone like Canelo, you start to realise the importance of confidence and mindset of a fighter. He thinks he's completely unbeatable. And he thinks he can beat Usyk. I mean, I'm, I guess he probably thinks he could beat AJ. Like, right. that's just his mentality. And he's so good. So good. You know, arguably the, the best fighter I've ever seen up close. But even across the generations. I mean, so when I got to work with him, you know, we did Saunders, we did Broke the Record, the indoor attendance, a record in, in Dallas. Like, it was just... It was a dream come true, really. But, you know, you don't, like I said, you don't want to sound too much like a fanboy. Sure, but sure. if we can get his signature for another couple of fights, I'd be over the moon. I, I love uh, the history of combat sports, promotions, promoters. Like, I'm fascinated by this. Uh, and like I said, I hold you in very high regard. Before I let you go, I want to throw a couple of names your way and mm. you tell me what comes to mind, okay? Yeah, I like this guy. Don King. One of the great promoters of all time. I mean, look, the history... The prison sentence, the, you know, the, this is stuff that we, we, we never agree with and is, you know, I'm sure there was plenty happening on the unethical side. But when there was a show, a Don King show in town, you knew about it. Mm. So, and that's the essence of great promoting. You know, you have to be a showman. Sometimes people criticise me, go, it's, all about, it's all about Eddie Hearn, he's up there. So, well, that's my job. Right. I have to be loud, I have to be arrogant, I have to be, you know, go out there and make noise. But Don King was arguably the greatest at doing that, you know, with the flags and yeah, sometimes yeah. the, you know, the, the, the speaker going around. And, you know, unfortunately, the, you know, there were many parts that, that you wouldn't want to replicate. But as a, as a pure promoter, you know, arguably one of, the, one of the greatest of all time. Al Heyman? Um... Clever, obviously. I mean, it still baffles me the the way he can gain. I got another funny story about Al Heyman. So James DeGale, who's our super middleweight, we we uh, represent him. He signed with Al Heyman, and after his fight, when he defended his world title, one of the guys came in the room with a phone and said to James, "Al's on the phone," and James went, "Is he? <laughs> yeah." So he took the phone, went into the toilet, came out, and he was like, oh, Al said, Al said I box really well. I'm like, how'd you even know it was Al? 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? But that's like, right. that's so powerful. Right, right. That, I mean, bear in mind, this guy doesn't speak at press conferences. Yeah, no. He doesn't go to the show. He just sits in his house, does his business. But that reputation of, ow, it's ow, ow, it's very smart. And the guy is obviously super smart right. guy. You know, he's been in music. Um, we're like, you know, I don't think I'm his biggest fan, which is fine. Um, but I do respect him as, you know, as, as a businessman. Um, just Al's problem is he doesn't like promoters. And that's what kills him in the PBC because mm. he doesn't, there is no promoter. You know, he'll use some sort of smaller guys who are good guys as well, but there's no, at the press conference, you need that guy up it's, there. A, yeah. it's a journalist right, asking right. questions. And, and he's afraid to give that power, if you like, to, to one person. Um, but, you know, clearly has a great business in the PBC. Bob Arum? I mean, I have a huge amount of respect for Bob Arum because he's 90 years old. Yeah. I'll put this on record now. If I'm sitting here at 60, shoot me now, <laughs> right? Because I'm out at 50, Yeah. right? Like, this is a terrible business to be in. Like, there's sleepless nights, you're up on different time zones, arguments, people trying to fuck you, like, so, but he clearly loves it. So I have to give him unbelievable respect at 90 mm. that he's still there going to the shows with the passion that he has. But you can't be 90 and understand the audience. Right. That's, that's a big thing. And some of the things that he says about women's boxing the other day, yeah. you know, about Terence Crawford while he's live on air, right, like right. talking about this fighter has no value. Bobby's refreshingly honest, right? But... Unfortunately, you know, it's it's not it's not for now. You know, and my dad's are that same mold. My dad's mm -hmm. seventy four years old. He you know, I listen to him sometimes and think, you know, he's just the world's changed. Mm -hmm. How do you interact with the audience? You need to create an event where the younger generation are excited to attend. I remember once before we finish, I was in I think I've told you this before, on the, I went to Daniel Jacobs was fighting actually against Dimitri Pirog Friday night, Mandalay Bay. Right? And on the Saturday night was Lesnar against Carwin or Darwin okay. or whatever yep. his name Carwin, was. Yeah. That was on the Saturday. Yep. I went on the Friday night. It was half empty. People were like asleep yeah. in the crowd with like a popcorn like this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like T-shirt, whatever. The Saturday night I went to the, the UFC event. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. People were dressed up. They were drinking champagne, vodka, Red Bull. The, the vibe was totally different. You need to be attractive to that younger generation. And that's what we've done in the UK really well. We've created an experience for a night out. It's a night out. Yeah. Bob can't do that. He doesn't understand what young people want in a night out. You know, he may go, oh, shut up, what are you talking about? No, but we know. Because I'm the market. I'm the target market. I'm him. Do you know what I mean? So Bob, like what he's achieved, we did a speech once uh, around the fight. And I was saying, you know, I did... Joshua against Klitschko, 90,000 at Wembley. That was a big moment for me, blah, blah. And then Bob went, yeah, when I did the rumble in the jungle with Ali and Foreman, yes. I was like, <laughs> and, and the thriller in Manila. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's a legend. Right, right, he's right. a legend. And you have to respect him. But it's time, you know. Uh, last one in a word, Frank Warren. What comes never, to Never really met him. Never you know, met again, him. like That's the rivalry between my dad and him. Yeah. Like, again, like Don King, you know, <laughs> There's, there's lots that you have to respect him for. You know, apparently he's a very nice guy socially, but there's a lot that I can't respect him right, for. Right, right. But no one's perfect. Um, I don't, the difference is between those guys, like my dad said to me the other day, oh, if you were around when I was promoting, oh, 
I couldn't stand you. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I guess that's how they look at me. And I don't, I don't even hold it against them. I'd hate me if I was them. Because I was the young kid who came in and turned the system over in the UK. Warren done it once. Yeah. He came in and overturned the old system. And now it's happened to him. And so you got the rivalries with the likes of Leonard Ellerby, you guys going yeah, back Yeah, Leonard, and I mean, but rivalries are the, good, Eric. No, it's you know, good, like, listen. And also, it makes me hungry. Because right. what you talked about earlier about Dana, you know, say, oh, that's what he used to do, probably lost it. I'm hungry. Yeah, no, it because comes Because I ain't letting these people win. That's the difference. And actually, the worst thing they could do is bark back at me or bark at me at all. Because I look at it and I go, right, okay, that's just giving me another spring in my step. You know, the day you sit back on your laurels and say, getting a bit tired, you know, I don't really fancy this anymore, you're done. But these people keep me on my toes because they want to bury me, they want to finish me, and it ain't happening. So there we are. Your guy's going to kill me, but I have to ask, would you ever do MMA? Would you ever get into the MMA world? I've looked at it a few times. I mean, Do I guess, it, come I, on, Eddie, do it. Get <laughs> I, in there. I guess there's Shake lot, things up, I baby. I guess there's a lot of people. It only takes two or three do it. Talent. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, you imagine that you came out and you launched a new MMA company and I signed Francis Ngannou. Let's go. And, I don't know, you, you know more than me. I can see the headline. Eddie Hearn wants to sign Francis Ngannou to his MMA promotion. There you go. Oh, just to say that, I want to speak to my lawyers first. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. I no, think you could shake it, it up. It, you, it's all down to talent. Mm -hmm. You can't, I don't want to operate in MMA at a, at a lower level. If I go into MMA, I'm taking on the UFC. And I don't really want to take on the UFC because they're very good, they're very powerful, and I, I'm, I've got enough on my plate in boxing. Okay. But it's only down to talent. All of a sudden, it can happen very quickly. It's what happened to me in boxing. I signed Carl Froch, Darren Barker, Kell Brook in a week. Next thing, I've got the exclusive contract with Scott. I've got, you know, and, and, I'm, and that, that could be the same with MMA. You never know. Sleep with one eye open. Thank you, sir. Cheers, I appreciate man. it very much. This was a, a huge honor for us to have you, and I know your guy's going to get really mad at me. Joe's going to walk you out. Congrats on all you've Cheers. done, and uh, congrats on getting the fight, Taylor Serrano. And Thanks. say hello to the New York Stock Exchange for us, okay, Will Eddie? Do, mate. God bless. There he is, Eddie Hearn joining us, the head man over at Matchroom Boxing. I kept him a little long. I'm sorry, Fred. I'm sorry. I had to ask him more questions. That was fun, right, guys? Was that fun? Was that fun or what? Were they getting mad at me back there, Joe? Not at all. They weren't getting mad. I could have gone longer if you guys wanted. Did you guys want me to go longer? Yes. Okay. Um, I mean, just, just a, a really interesting... I love talking to promoters. And I love talking about the business. Uh, <laughs> Someone wrote, couldn't wait to leave. He just walked off. Didn't even say goodbye. Bye. That was interesting. Um, by the way, Frank. Yes, sir. Why was there so much talking in my headphones there? I had to turn it down. What was going on? What were you guys talking about? Nothing? I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I think you were hearing the interview come through your headphones. Is that what I was hearing? So I cut your headphones. Come on. I was like, why is there so much activity here in my headphones? Is there a whole conversation back there? That makes total sense. I was hearing the interview in my headphones. Eddie Hearn with the walk-off interview there. Just, I'm out. They're going to the New York Stock Exchange, and I kept him way too long. So in case you're saying that he was rude for walking off, he had places to be. And I know people in the world of boxing like to talk about that he's got his daddy's money and all that. At this point, if you're not giving that guy the credit that he deserves for what he's done in the world of boxing, and uh, I could have asked him a thousand other questions about his father and, you know, 
getting into the sport and the people who didn't accept them early on and shaking things up. It's not easy to be a disruptor. It's not easy to be a guy who's walking into a sport um, that has this kind of old guard leading the way. And so I have a lot of respect for what he does. And and I just think the business of boxing is fascinating right now, especially with these purse bids and uh, everything that's going on. So congrats to him, to MVP, for getting that fight done. April 30th, Madison Square Garden. I... Maybe we'll be there. I don't know. Frank, you going? I know you're a big fan of Amanda Serrano. Frank, going to that fight? Yes. You are going. You don't even know what I'm asking you. Yeah, to the fight in April. You're a big MSG. Serrano fan, yeah. right? How could I miss it? I mean, come on, Frank. All right. Um, that was interesting. By the way, I didn't ask him about the battle of the turtlenecks. Him and, uh, and Jake Paul were both sporting turtlenecks. I don't know if they liked that or didn't like that or even planned it, but maybe next time we'll ask him that. All right, for now, uh, we did our ad read, so let's not waste any time. Thank you to Eddie Hearn. Thank you to DAZN for that. Thank you to their team for setting it up at Matchroom. And uh, let's go to Mr. GC, shall we? What do you think of that? That's good stuff, right? No, I mean, I was as good as it gets. Eddie Hearn, taller than I expected him to be. Very tall bloke, yes. Yeah, great green suit. I mean, really. The suit, the turtleneck, the hair. Everything he talked about with the boxing game, too. Fascinating Fascinating, stuff. right? A fascinating, fascinating. Uh, sport, a fascinating time. And, uh, yeah, he's a great promoter. He's a great yeah. – look, we know oh, what promoters sure. are. Their job is – I love when people say, like, oh, this guy makes it all about him. That's his job. The best promoters and the best promotions have a guy like Eddie Hearn. You're right there with the mic? What's going on? Yeah, it just keeps slouching down. I don't know what's going on with The that. best promotions, the best um, promoters are the ones who stand up there – at the dais and tell you, I know there's Spider-Man, XVB, I know there's this, I know there's Euphoria, I know there's NFL, but on Saturday night, you need to be watching this fight because on Saturday night, it's a, that's why I feel like I'm. I, if I went into MMA as a promoter right now, this is no cap, I would be the best promoter okay. in MMA. No, like this is, I'm not even... You think so? I don't think so. I know so. <laughs> wow. I would run circles around everyone. They don't know what they're doing. They stand up there and it's like, all right, uh, who's got the first question? Like, no, get me excited. Get me emotionally invested in this fight, in this journey, in these stories, in these fighters, in these men, in these, why does this matter? I have a thousand things that I could do on Saturday night, right? I could read a book. I could watch a movie. I could watch Netflix. I could watch, I said Netflix. I could watch Disney Plus. I could watch all these things, right? I could watch a movie, a sports match, uh, a freaking, God knows what. NBA, NFL, baseball, hockey. There's a thousand things. Old movies, new movies, young movies, whatever. Tell me why I should watch. Tell me why I should care. They don't do that. Do that. Do you see that? Uh, I mean, I guess not. You don't I care. Like see, I care about uh, these things. Old school Dana White was the best at it. Old school Dana White. And I wanted to ask him about like Vince McMahon. Like I, I, I love the the science behind promotion. I was going to say you've learned from uh, who is it? Paul Heyman. Oh my God! Yeah, that's who. That's who taught you. Look all at this. you talking about pro wrestling. I'm a diehard now, man. That's... You see, uh, Jedi hit me up with some lines for uh, the the yeah, cage thing. That. Not a cage thing. Elimination chamber. Dog. Elimination chamber. Come yeah. Come on. Yeah. Well, might have to go back to the well, Bro- uh, Brock Lesnar. He's back. Yeah, and he's I, see, I see too. our guy uh, Dallas underscore NY. Yeah, great edits yeah, from yeah, him, man. Edits. He just uh, can't get enough of his photoshops. What do we got for this weekend? Hit us. 
Uh, I got five singles and two parlays. Uh, how hype are you, first of all, four Canadians on the card? I know that's Super what you've hype. been eyeing. Super hype. Yes, very hype. You sound like it, man. <laughs> I mean, did I know that there were four Canadians prior to this moment? Maybe not. Wow. Wow. That's disappointing. I thought you were going to be hyped up. Uh, all right, well. Is this a contender know. series card or? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, wow, tell, us, man. tell us about Zero respect. I, this is a no, sneaky good card, man. There's some good fights listen, on this card. I use sneaky good card. Can you. Great main event. I said it. What's sneaky good about the card? Tell me. Tell, tell, here, here. Exactly what I'll say. Sell me. All right, tell me, do, tell me you said it before to. the show. We've got Shavkat on the card. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's pe- a great prospect. Undefeated. People are pretty hyped about him. People yeah. want to see him. He's undefeated. Rachmanov. Uh, Rachmanov, yeah. You got to. <laughs> Yep, <laughs> I'm learning from you with that. Uh, Denise Bondar, I mean, curtain jerker. I know you're excited about that. Yeah, huge. Wow. <laughs> mean Hakeem, Canadian. You're not excited about that. Mean Hakeem Dawood. Listen, I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get excited, and all you're giving me is you excited about. Like, tell me, sell me on these fights. What are we uh, betting on? What do we got? Let's just get into the bets. I'm, yeah, I'm not. I'm, t- I'm not the hype man. I'm not the promotion <laughs> man. Let's just get into the bets. We'll start with the singles. I'm going. That's with what f- I'm asking for. All right. All right. All right. I'll give you some good stats here with the Philip Rowe fight. Philip Rowe, Jason Witt. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with Philip Rowe. I know some people want to go with Jason Witt because of his wrestling, but I just cannot ignore the fact that Rowe's going to have a ten inch, ten and a half inch reach advantage, five inch height advantage, and he's going to have the striking advantage. I mean, it's undeniable. Top of all of that. Witt has a very susceptible chin. I mean, incredibly susceptible. Matt Semmelsberger, 16-second knockout. Takashi Sato, 48-second knockout. We saw him get wobbled heavily by Brian Barberena. Five of his seven losses have been knocked out. I mean, obviously, Witt, he's going to come in. He's going to try and wrestle Rao. I mean, he can be held down. We saw it in his last fight against uh, Sose. But then when they got in the second round, when they got into the exchanges, rounded up knocking him out, and he got the win that way. Uh, he's also training with Adolfo Vieira and uh, Jacare at Fusion XL. Don't know how much that's going to help him. I mean, he probably will get taken down at some point, but I just don't think Witt is going to control the fight for the entire 15 minutes. And at some point, they're going to have to exchange. And I think with that uh, reach and height advantage, I think he's going to be able to tag him and he's going to be able to get him out of here. All right. Uh, I'm like, gonna see, I, I, like this is what I was asking for. I was, all I was asking for some emotional investment. Now you're now you're gonna have well, the, you're have gonna have a, the prelims on. You're gonna have. I'm gonna, gonna be, be watching. I got Phillip my popcorn. Rome. I'll have my home run in pizza. There you go. Shout out to Tessa. Shout out to Tessa. Uh, yeah, Tessa. I'm waiting for the sponsorship, but I guess, you know, we're waiting on a few of those over here. But uh, yeah. <laughs> second one. I'm gonna... <laughs> that was real inside baseball right there, Kai. I like it. That's spicy right there. Did you hear that? Did anyone hear that? No? All right. CA's not in here right now. Corporate Alex, that's right. Yeah, also no, uh, no love for the Groundhog Day. You know what? I saw it while you yeah. were talking there. It's just a Six lot. Six more weeks of winter. There's a lot. It's so good. What's the last one? The Shadow? Oh, that's Puxatani Phil. Yeah, they're all getting that's yeah, different shots of Phil there. I like it. Obviously the movie. Are, have yeah. you seen the movie? Well before your time. Uh, yeah, I've seen snippets of it. You've not actually when seen it. When it's the on whole like thing. uh yeah, TBS or something, I've seen Come. snippets. Uh all right, let's keep it rolling. I'm going with your boy, Mean Hakeem. Uh I'm gonna take him over Mike Trezano. Uh when do we see Hakeem struggle? It's typically when he's going against grapplers. You know, last time out. Movsar took him down nine times, kind of dominated the fight. Uh, I just don't think he really has that threat here against uh, Trezano. I think this one's going to stay standing. He's only got one takedown in four UFC fights. Uh, and I think Hakeem's going to have a pretty sizable striking advantage in this one. So I think it's probably going to stay on the feet. I think he's probably going to out-volume him. I don't think he's going to knock him out or anything like that. I don't, I don't really see a finish happening in this one. Uh, but I do think he will out-volume him to a decision win. So I will take Mean Hakeem 
Dawodu. Uh, Dawodu. Dawodu. We practiced that before the show, and yeah. I still messed it up. Never um, smiled in his life, by the way. I don't know if that's true. I mean, he that's is legit. He, he is. He is a tremendous guy. Met him. Nice guy. Met him. Met him. But uh, I mean, the mean Hakeem gimmick is is for real. I got deep on his Instagram, and he he starts out every video with, uh, "Yo." It's Mean Hakeem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, I heard that about me a million times yesterday when I was doing some research. Uh, all right, next up, I'm going to go with a prop here. Okay. Rachmanov yes. Harris. I'm going to take over one and a half in this one. Yeah, kind of weird here taking uh, the over in a fight between two finishers. Shaf got 100% finish rate. Uh, but Carlson Harrison is, is nice, man. Uh, I think some people might be underwriting Harris uh, in this one, and they might think Shaf got might just roll. Um, but I just think these guys are... Just super high level. I think it's going to go a long time. I think it might go to the distance, but I'm just going to take the over one and a half here since I'm getting it at minus 120. I think they're both high-level grapplers. I don't think either of them are going to get submitted. And then when it comes to getting knocked out, I mean, they do have knockout power, but we've seen both these guys get rocked in the past. Shavkat especially. Uh, we've seen him in some dangerous positions, but neither of these guys have never been finished. I think one time uh, Harris has been finished between them. So I think both of them last. I think it might go might go to the distance, but... I'm scared to play that, so I'm just going to take the over one and a half at minus 120. All right. Uh, next up, I'm going to lay some juice here with Puna Soriano at Ooh. minus 180. Wow. Over your boy, Nick Maximoff. Yeah. Nick Diaz uh, Fight I'm, Academy. I'm, tell, I'm telling, uh, I'm going to call Nate right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's super game, dude. He obviously, you know, we just mentioned he trains with Nick Diaz uh, at the Nick Diaz Academy. He took that contender series fight at heavyweight, even though he's a middleweight. Uh, but he is still pretty green. He's coming in here only at 24. I was rewatching his Brundage fight, his Cody Brundage fight at UFC 266. Uh, he's not the most technical fighter. You know, can get kind of sloppy when he shoots in for takedowns. Doesn't have the greatest exchanges on the feet. Uh, and Puna, I know he got outstruck in his last fight against Brendan Allen, but I mean, he's got pretty pretty crisp boxing. He's super heavy-handed when it comes to it. Uh, I think he's going to be able to deal with the takedowns and the wrestling of Maximov uh, at some point and be able to make this more of a uh, a striking battle. Uh, and if it doesn't, if it does go to the ground, uh, we haven't gotten to see enough of it with Puna on the ground. We saw it a little bit in the Jamie Pickett fight. He is a D3 All-American wrestler in college, state champion judo, state champion wrestler. I think he can work on the ground better than, uh, better than some people are giving him credit for. Uh, so I think Puna, honestly, is probably going to knock him out in the second round uh, or maybe the third if this one ends up going late. But I think he's going to be able to deal with the rec- wrestling of Maximov. And if it is a striking affair, I think he's going to have the advantage. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and I know right you're now, upset about that. No, one, I just, uh, I mean, especially after the uh, your boy you tried to warn me about in Bellator. The that's right. Um, God, not my brain. Um, DC's got. Oh my God. Wow, he's probably watching right now too. Yeah. Oh my God, Bellator wrestler. Man, Daniel. Oh my God, I can't wow, believe this is Cormier. Now you're gonna be the one getting called out on Twitter. Not Nick Pitchy. Oh my God! What's the name of the dude? Uh Kyle Crutchmer. Kyle Crutchmer. Yeah. Kyle Crutchmer. Yeah. My bad. Sorry, Kyle. Yeah, Sorio Soriano. He's also coming off his first loss. You know, he's training with Eric Nixick. When you're yeah. coming off your first loss, man, like, are you going to improve? Or are you going to make those take those next steps? Or are you going to kind of let it build on itself? I think he's going to improve here. So I think he's going to get the win. So I'm willing to lay a little bit of juice on it. All right. Uh, lastly, the last single that we're going to go with, I am going to take the underdog in the main event. In Jack Hermanson against Sean Strickland. Wow. Uh, yeah. You changed your pick after you saw Jack on the show and he's so likable. Doesn't he look like that I actor? mean, Jack is the man. Isn't he's he like, the coolest guy in the world? It's a rare thing, but it feels like Jack 
like the actor is a worse looking version of Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, but Jack? you see, you see the resemblance. I see what right? you're talking about. Oh yeah. my god! It's like almost like the actor looks like a schlubby version. Yeah. Of Jack, like if Jack had never got into fighting, that would oh, be. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, kind of like the battle of the crazy, like the psychopaths, man. Like I know everyone says how crazy Sean Strickland is. Jack's kind of wild himself. I mean, the whole the whole ice fishing thing, cutting oh, his foot yeah. open. Oh my god, he's crazy. Yeah, he's crazy, but. Personally, I think this thing is going to be a war. I mean, it's two durable guys. They're never going to quit on this fight. Uh, I think it could potentially go five rounds here. I, I'm super excited for it. Strickland, he's off. He's obviously super solid on the feet. He's always throwing combinations. Underrated ground game. Uh, but I do think this is going to be his toughest test that he's faced at middleweight. I know he's undefeated in the UFC at middleweight. He's actually undefeated in his entire career at middleweight, 17-0. and 0. Uh, But I think this is just going to be a new test for him. Uh, he's going against a pure middleweight, high-level grappling, and he's going to be going for takedowns the entire five rounds if it goes that way. I know Jack said he wanted to get him out of there earlier, but, uh, I mean, that's going to be tough against Sean Strickland. Um, I think this fight's going to go long. Uh, I think it's going to be incredibly close, and I actually think if there's going to be a fi- finish, I think it's going to be a Hermanson sub rather than a Strickland knockout. Uh, so in a fight that, in my opinion, is very close, I'll take the dog at plus 195. Um, plus, doesn't really mean anything for this fight. It's kind of an individual uh, case-by-case scenario, but six straight underdogs have cashed in uh, UFC main events. So there's that. I like the pick. I'm actually a little surprised. <laughs> I wanted to ask him. <laughs> I wanted to ask him why. Oh, uh, man, there's, or, just, there's just a lot going on back here. I wanted to ask him why <laughs> and how he felt about being the dog. Listen, when things happen, you're just supposed to pretend like they don't happen. I was it's trying not to, but I got about 19 <laughs> Slack messages. And then I know you didn't hear that stat I just dropped at the end. No, it was a great stat. Great it was stat. a fantastic great stat. stat. I never heard it. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, how about Jack Hermanson, the dog? I mean, he's the man. Yeah, so these are the, these are the five singles that I'm taking. Uh, if we can get the recap up here. Get Philip Rowe, Hakeem Duoda. Um Eventually, we're going to get it up. It's One coming. of these days. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if, I don't no? know if we're going to get it. We're never going to get it? I, I think Maybe you didn't make it. it. No, there it is. There it is. Okay. And this is just a, this is just a mess. There it is. There it is. All right, those are the singles. All right, let's let's run through these two parlays real mm-hmm. quick. Um, all right, parlay number one. I'm going to go with Denise Bondar over Malcolm Gordon. Gordon has an incredibly sketchy chin. Uh, when he gets hit in the fight, it's typically over pretty quickly. Uh, he's going against a guy in Bondar who's incredibly aggressive. He's got a solid ground game. He's active ground and pound. Um, and I think he gets out of gets him out of here. Whether it's a sub or a KO, I, I think Bondar is going to be able to handle him pretty easily here. Um, and then the second leg of it. Uh, is my guy Shavkat Rachmanov. Yes. I do think people are, are overlooking Carlson Harris a little bit, um, but I think Rachmanov is the real deal. Uh, I think this is going to be war. I think it's going to go long. It could be a close close decision. I don't know if uh, Rachmanov is going to be able to finish him. It would be incredibly impressive if he could. If either of these guys get a finish, it's going to be it's going to do wonders for their career. It will be super impressive. But uh, I think Rachmanov is going to be able to handle this. I mean, he's just so well-rounded, whether it's whether it's in the striking or or on the ground. Uh, I think he's going to be able to deal with Harris and be able to get there. So that pays out at plus 102. Uh, I'm going to put a unit on that. Um, I do believe we have a graphic for it if we want to get a if we want to get a nice visualization of it here. There Boom. it is. There it is. There it is. And then the last parlay, let's just run through it real quick. Uh, it is the prop parlay. Uh, I mentioned both these already. Mina Keem, Trezano over one and a half. Hermanson Strickland over one and a half. I think both those are going to go long. That one pays out. Minus 142. I like the second one. I'd be surprised if that one is shorter than one and a half. 
All right, maybe you jinxed it. Yeah, I probably did. It's I'm on sorry. you if you jinxed it. Uh, DraftKings League. Oh yeah, we're just making a hundred people the new standard. That's the standard now. Is uh, I think a hundred for a people. fight night is fair. I think for a pay per view, you can we get go one fifty. Let's go for one fifty next it, week. Is it in, like you could go infinite? You can, can go, go up like, to two hundred. That's the max, max, max. I think for a big for my, for like the league that I created so okay. far. Maybe we'll have to call DraftKings get a get a new cap on it. I think for a big pay per view, you could do more. You could get more. All right, let's go one fifty uh, yeah. next week. Okay, I, we'll I was, do one fifty for pay per views, okay. one hundred for fight nights. Yeah, let's let's do that. All right, let's do that. So I'll, I'll tweet the link out, but you know we we'll get a new DraftKings next week. I also got to do one quick shout out, man. Yeah, I'm scrolling through Reddit. Yeah, just reading like the combat sports thing, and uh, I click on a link, and someone's like, "Oh yeah, I got a new follower on BetMMA Tips." It's like a website for like people to like uh, you know post paid picks or whatever. Um, and I click on the link, dude, and it's just a, this guy is just calling me out. This guy's sidekick KO. He says for you to email him. For what? Um, he wants to be the new guy? I mean, he's, he, like, he breaks down fights. He does a really good job of it. So I, I will plug him. You know, he, you know I, like, I like doing my own research, but then, you know, it's Wait, nice to Wait, the dude talks smack and now you're no, 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 plugging he didn't, him? No, he didn't, talk, he didn't really talk smack. Okay. Uh, he just kind of exposed me on my Bellator going 4-0 and then me following him. Um, and then he put the Kermit the Frog drinking the tea. Uh, yeah, so I, I got embarrassed by that. I mean, look at this. I mean, Dang. it came out of nowhere. Yeah, he called me out pretty hard. Uh, so, yeah, I'd, I figured I'd give him a shot. I like He's, that. That's sort yeah. of like reverse psychology. Call you out. He asked for one too. He asked for one too. That's fine. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he breaks down fights pretty brilliantly. I mean, he's 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 definitely a. a you smart know what I've learned about this world oh, that we're residing in here with the bets? Like everyone's very territorial. They're very they're hostile. Yeah, they're very like, hostile. Geez, uh, what, like you're the only ones. Oh, you go on a three week stretch of good picks, and all of a sudden you think you're freaking. Thomas Brady. That guy's good. That guy's good. I'm not. I'm not starting any wars. I mean, here. Remember Hands that up. other Jabron who was coming at us? He's oh, also you, not a Jabron. He's yeah. not a Jabron. By the way, I don't, how did, no. how, how's how's that whole like betting on you know favorites in Bellator thing working out? Oh well, it's not working out well for me. That that betting on underdogs isn't working out for yeah, me either. Neither. Is uh, no, but yeah, uh, yeah. I got uh, I got exposed pretty hard on Reddit there, so I just had to. All right. I which which Reddit? Uh, the sports book Reddit. Oh, this is a sports book Reddit. I don't go on any of them. I gotta be honest. I mean, yeah. I go, you know, Chang's. But other than that, I don't go. Uh, PF Chang's. Yeah, I don't. I know uh, New York Rick loves the Reddit. He's on there. I think Shaheen loves the Reddit too. But I don't know. I just I can't get into it. Is that bad? Should I not have said that? I Are mean, they gonna come after you might me want now? To refrain from saying which Reddit. Um, like, I, mean, I mean, you could just be scrolling Reddit and then I love. Listen, know. I'm waiting for an MMA Hour or a Helwani Reddit. I want one of those. I mean, can I not get one? And all the content that we pump out here, can we not get a Reddit page? I know. Would be nice. Yeah. That would have that would have been a good place to Yeah. To put it, yeah. Okay, New York yeah. Rick, Rick says shout out to our MMA. Wall Street Bets, he yeah, says. Yeah, MMA is great. Yeah, I, yeah, Wall Street Bets. Wall Street bets. Sportsbook is good. He MMA says, betting is another good one. R slash MMA is a great one. Shout oh, out to yeah, them. Great he one. also says this other one, which I don't even know what it is. Fighter and the Kid. Oh, God, that's the best one there is. Is that a good one? Yeah, right. you haven't been to it? Never I mean, I've it. never been to it, yeah. No, never heard of it. Uh, but I'll check it out. All right, so those are the picks? Those are the picks. God bless. No wrestling picks. They're off this week. No wrestling, no. This no is LFA either. UFC. You got the poster, but no LFA. I think, I'm gonna, I, think I, might, I might make some LFA plays later in the week. Okay. 
All right. I got deep in the weeds on this on this card. Yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. Uh, so that's the UFC uh, prelims at four Eastern on Plus, and then seven Eastern main card. Also on Plus here in America. Four o'clock. Four o'clock. BT Sport in the UK, uh, and then LFA on Friday. Okay. Thank you, sir. God bless. Why does it feel like I can't hear myself anymore, Frankie? Is it because uh, I'm talking too low or what? Yeah. All right. Uh, time. <laughs> Let's get comfortable, my friends. I feel like we're at this at a pretty early time. Alert the masses. Time now for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is time. That's right. I hope there's a lot of Tom Brady questions about the disrespect the that he showed the loyal, himself, Ariel Helwani. gracious, Live supportive Patriot fans. I hope there's a lot of questions about that. A lot of questions and about that. To answer your questions, get out of your seats and on your feet because out of your seats, is, on your Ariel feet. Helwani. Here I am once again. I'm. I, I actually think I screwed it up last time. Here I am once again. I'm falling to pieces can't deny it can't pretend just thought you were the one i said i said torn into pieces last time or maybe did i screw that up is it torn into pieces i don't know i think it's falling to pieces in any event let's answer some questions my friend as you know my friends uh everyone's favorite segment of the week we answer your questions unfiltered honest the only place where you can get the true scoop on what is going on in the world of mixed martial arts is this segment all the other outlets all the other shows they don't tell it like we tell it over here okay so sit back we've got 86 at the moment do i answer all of them do i not we shall see and of course there's some replies that we we don't go with the replies because then we'll be here forever all right starting us off uh we have some breaking news El Cubano is first. Hola, Ariel. Simple and sweet this week, my friend. Yes, the the shorter the better, so we can get to as many as possible. Which of these two scenarios is more likely to happen? Adesanya versus Usman for the middleweight belt, or Usman moving up to fight at light heavyweight? Both narratives are being pushed by Usman's manager, Ali Viva Hilwani. I mean, come on. This is the worst storyline in MMA right now. First of all, Izzy and Usman are friends. They're actual friends. Why are you trying to break them up? Why are you trying to create a rift? Like, I'm the troublemaker. Why are we trying to force these two guys who are good friends who support each other at 170 and 185 to fight each other? That's number one. Number two, they have never said that they are even open to the idea of fighting each other. So why is the promoter slash manager for Usman trying to force feed this narrative that they would fight each other, are open to fighting each other. If the price is right, they'd fight. Why? I don't get that. Thirdly, the idea of Usman at 170 pounds moving up to 205 is absolutely absurd. I mean, here we have Henry Cejudo who can't get a shot at 145 and we're going to give Usman the shot at 205? Come on. All this is nonsense. Don't fall for it. This is, listen, great promotion is great promotion. And so I'll give credit where it's due. As a promoter, you want to create headlines. I'm reminded of one of the all-time great promotional jobs. It's when the UFC went to Montreal 
and Dana White said, GSP is a bigger star in Canada than Wayne Gretzky. Now, ludicrous statement, because everyone knows Wayne Gretzky, everyone grows up with Wayne Gretzky, but it got everyone to write about it. So it was brilliant because everyone wrote about the fact that UFC, I think it was 154 or even 124 was in town. And so, you know, Ali goes out and starts promoting Eagle FC, which, you you know, I'm still trying to figure out what the connection is, but that's another story for a different day. And you say things like this, and that gets people talking. So ultimately, it does the job. That's good promotion. So I'll give credit where it's due. But we could also call, you know, BS on things that are BS. And that's BS. Izzy and Usman are friends. They don't want to fight each other. Why are we talking about this? Usman at 170, pound for pound best in the sport right now, is not going up to 205. UFC's not giving him that shot at 205. To skip 185 and go to 205, 35 pounds over what he fights? What are we talking about here? Aaron, quote, holding, I just, by the way, I just spat all over this. That was, sorry, I didn't mean to, what was I supposed to do? There's like spit on this. It's kind of like the ASMR thing. You ever see those people on, there's actual spit on can my you, computer. Can you not rub the mic? No, but that's what they do, the ASMR. They're like, how are you feeling? No? I thought people liked that. Holding your urine for too long can weaken the bladder muscles over time. This can lead to problems such as incontinence and not being able to fully empty your bladder. Holding your urine for extremely long periods of time can also cause urinary tract infection due to bacteria buildup. This is a quote from Aaron. Is it crazy to think that during a four-hour show, someone else could vamp for five minutes while you run to the bathroom? Maybe you could get an adult diaper sponsor. Wow. I mean, we do yes, have I, a technical difficulties slate that we can use. Do we have it? Can I see it? You called my bluff. Oh. No, I just kind of, I fight through it. You know, these are the sacrifices that I make for this program and for all of you. And this is the dedication. You know, that's why I love when, you know, I post something about wrestling and someone's like, oh, I'm going to unfollow you. Or, oh, you're slipping, bro. Or, oh, I remember when you used to cover MMA. I'm covering more MMA now and talking more about MMA now than I ever have in my entire career. That's no cap. I mean, it's like 12 hours a week. What are you talking about? So, yes, it's a lot, and I appreciate you looking out, Aaron, but uh, we, we get it done. I mean, we've been doing this since 2009, okay? And when I first came back, I was like, yeah, I mean, woof. And honestly, I mean, it's really supposed to be like a two-hour show, if I'm being honest, but love the fans, you know, love the fans. Roosevelt. Hey, Ariel, can you FaceTime McAfee on air and squash this so-called beef? Seems like you're working yourself into a shoot. Loved you on PMS. If it's a work, get it out of here and go back to how things were. This is not, guys, this is not on me. Every chance I get, out of character, breaking kayfabe, I give McAfee props. Every chance. I don't know what's up with, you want me to, I'll call him right now. Let's see, he's called me before on air. Let's see, let's see if he picks up. If he doesn't pick up, then we know, is he on air right now? If he doesn't pick up, we know that this is, uh, here we go. Just put us down here for a second if you can. If he doesn't pick up, we know it's a shoot. If he does pick up, we know it's a work. I, I thought it was, a, you know, I thought it was a, uh, I thought we were buds. But then I had a couple signs here that didn't have me 270, didn't have me Super Bowl. Now it's not picking up. Now I'm kind of starting to think it's a shoot. Uh, Patrick, we're live on the air. I got a question about you on my show, okay? 
This is a question from Roosevelt. Good to see you, bud. Your hair looks great. Just like it was great seeing you the other day. Yeah, and I, I heard you talk smack about me on the show. I was a little bit, I was a little bit surprised about that. Roosevelt said this. Hey, Ariel. This is what Roosevelt's saying, Patrick. Hey, Ariel, can you FaceTime McAfee on air and squash this so-called beef? Seems like you're working yourself into a shoot. Loved you on PMS. If it's a work, get it out of here and go back to how things were. So did, we, did I work myself into a shoot? Roosevelt is very disappointed in this. Troy is writing here. Trey is writing. What, what's, what's wrong with us? Can we, can we fix this? What's happening? Just like I told you at the Royal Rumble, this is a one-way street of heat coming from you to me. I've been too busy. It is 100% my fault for the miscommunication. But you, you do appear to always want some sort of beef with us. We have no beef. We didn't talk any trash on you the other day. We complimented you. That's all we. Ever I got do. tweets that people said that oh, you know, Helwani was backstage. He was big timing us. He was causing a ruckus. I have only been complimentary over the years. I've always had your back. When my previous employer tried to ban me from coming on your show, I said, "Guys, if you do that, I'm out of here." And lo and behold, I left because of you. I literally said, I'm out of here because of you. That's how loyal I've been to your program. No 270. And that's, and that's why we're such big fans of yours over here, you know? I mean, we, we do have some stuff going on. You know, I do handle all my own business. So I, I do believe that, you know, in the potential crosshairs of miscommunication, you found yourself 100% my fault. No, but I, the people are saying it. They're saying that I worked myself into a shoot, and I just wanted to clear it up once and for all. So are we... Are we, you know, we love you. did you pick Dana over us? I mean, just say, if you say, if you say it, then I'll be okay with it. Did you pick Dana over us? Is that what happened? No, no, no. Listen, Dana has become a great friend of the show. Wow. I would never pick sides in any battle between two people. And I, we are big Ariel Helwani fans over here. Okay, so there's, there's the no. one pushing the narrative of any beef. You, you, you. There's no beef about the redness or about, you know, being cut out of the year-end video or all. I mean, I just see, I just been seeing a lot of trends. Listen, Foxy did say that that was 100% his fault, and that is something that we wait till you see you in the next year. Oh, the next year? I haven't even been on. I mean, no text about the Bills, no nothing. Hey, bud, let's, you know, I mean, I think you still don't think I'm a real fan, but that's okay. Um, I see you tried to give me the cold shoulder backstage at the Rumble. You're like, what is he doing here? Get him out. But listen, I, I just want to say... I just want to say, uh, I love you. You've been very kind to me. I have immense respect, and every time I do an interview about my career, I say the blueprint, the leader, the gold standard. No, 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 you don't have to do all that. We love you. I too. say it. We I say you. it. I'm sorry, but I say it. I just want to let you know. No, you know we love you too, though. It, it, I would, I would like to apologize for being, you know, absent in communication. Once again, there are many excuses to make, like you know, negotiations and having a daily show. A lot going like, on. Josh Allen and Poyer and them coming on. I know. The bills exactly. So. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen on me, 100%. I have a note here on the thing. It says, remember Ariel Hawani is electrifying on air. Wow. On me. I mean, you did put me on that spot after Rogers, you know, said Dr. Joe. I mean, you put me in the money spot. And that's what I try to tell people. I'm like, there's no beef. There's literally, every time I'm on the show, I get asked about you, no beef. I mean, would it have been nice if you kind of said to Josh, hey, I got my guy Ariel. You, you know, he's kind of like your biggest fan. Shout out. Something, you know, just a quick little mention. But I, I, that's the thing. I should have thought of you. I know. I know. Like these are the things. Like I should be thinking of you 
And I, for whatever reason I have it, I'm going to change that. I'm going to change that completely. Well, you're killing it. I'm very happy for you. I don't mean to call you on the spot. Well, you know, we're all trying. We're all trying to fall in your footsteps. You're there at the Rumble. I see you from afar. I'm sitting in back of a guy who's wearing a Patrick McAfee jersey, for goodness sake. I can't escape you. You're dancing on the freaking thing when Shinsuke is coming out. I mean, I think, you know, the end of the Rumble was a little bit, you know, if I'm being honest, we could kind of see it coming a mile away. But we're not here to talk about that. I'm really excited. Are you going to be at the Super Bowl? Yeah, you going out the radio row? You gonna be out there? Nah, we're not big enough for that. We just talk MMA, bro. I mean, we're not big. We can't even get a Dana White interview like you, you know. Well, I think that's because uh, I don't know if that's because of the size of your shit. Patrick, I love you. You see, so can we tell the world once and for all? There's no beef. He's just been really busy, and and as your show continues to grow, you get big names, and you forget about the people that kind of put you guys on the spot. But that's just the way business works sometimes, and I I'm okay with that. I can live with that. There's you doing that thing. That's what I'm saying. There is no, there's only been one way that there's beef, and that's straight from you. Okay. I was feeling a little weird. We even did a video backstage. You didn't post it. I was like, oh, gosh. I mean, I'm like, geez. I mean, I worked myself into a shoot. It's like circa 1997, Brett and Vince. I'll, I'll leave you to it. Much love. Tell the whole, the whole crew I say hello. I miss them all. Ariel says hello, even though, you know, he spent a good, 30% 30% of this conversation acting as if we said bad things. Well, I got tweets. I got tweets. We never said anything bad about you. We never said anything bad about you. All right, all right. Thanks, Patrick. There's some crew out in the middle of Indiana trying to do our thing. We apologize. We miss you over here. Okay, well, I miss you too, all right? Okay, take care. There he is, Patrick McAfee, everyone, joining us live on the air there for that breaking news. There's no beef. I called him. We just, you know, we worked ourselves out of a shoot, okay? There's no beef. He says there's no beef. Do you believe him, Frank? Do you believe there's no beef after hearing that? It's genuine. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess only time will tell, right? I guess only time will tell. Um, Dave from North Bay. Ariel, what do you foresee will cause the extinction of humanity? What? Dave from North Bay? What do you foresee will cause the extinction of humanity? Do you want to handle that one back there, Frank? I think silly questions. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good answer. Crispin. uh, Hey, Ariel. Any word on a 272 co-main event? Also, what sells more pay-per-views? Covington versus Masvidal or Nate versus Dustin? Take care. Ooh, that's a good one. 272 coming event, nothing. I've heard some talks about some stuff, but nothing really that we can actually talk about right now. Um, Covington, Masvidal, or Nate Dustin? Wow. I'm going to go. I think Nate Dustin. What do you think, GC? Covington, Masvidal, Nate Dustin. What sells more pay-per-views? I think Nate Dustin. Yeah, I think Nate Dustin too. Uh, Tanner. Hello, Ariel. I've been covering MMA combat sports for a site as a side gig for almost a year now. And yesterday, I completed my very first fighter interview. Wow, that's exciting. I was also approved for press credentials for LFA 123 on Friday. So Friday, I'll be attending my first MMA event. <laughs> Go get him, Tanner. Any suggestions on covering? Ooh, how about this hot take from New York Rick? New York Rick, you want hot takes? Come in studio on Wednesdays, all right? Dustin Covington sells the most. Hmm, Not a bad take. I disagree, though. Any suggestions on covering an event live? I'm freaking psyched to be going and have this opportunity, but also nervous at the same time. Don't be nervous. You're the biggest name that's covering this event. Show up, dress nicely, jacket, shirt, maybe tie, 
Nice pants, nice shoes. Be professional. Don't be taking pictures. Don't show up in a fighter t-shirt. Just be professional. Be a pro. Don't show up like a jabron. Ask questions. Make your presence felt. Sit there. Report. Act like a pro. You'll do great. Uh, HD. Will there be a co-main event announced for 272? Again with the 272 co-main event. Nothing yet. Uh, Lewis, my man knows good afternoon, Lord H. Good afternoon. To preface my question, Lewis always comes with a good question, so I'm excited about this. I think you have an excellent read on people, their emotions or agenda. Ooh, thanks. Like Patrick, right? There was definite heat there. Definite. If you cast your mind back to the credential days with the fighter scrums and interviews, by the way, I'm still credentialed. I don't know what you're talking about. Do you recall any standout moments where fighters gave off energy that was then matched and translated into their performance on fight night? Both sides of the coin, any fighter that was nervous and then could not get out of their first gear come fight night. Yeah, there's one that comes to mind, Ronda Rousey against Amanda Nunes. Remember she didn't do any media? She didn't even want to be in front of us at the the official weigh-ins and then you saw the performance. Or any that exuded confidence but then walked the talk. Yeah, Alexander Gustafson against John Jones, 165. I was like, man, this guy knows something that we don't. And, you know, he didn't win the fight. But golly, I mean, did he, did he impress all of us? Did he shock all of us? Yes. Hopefully not too heavy a question as we likely approach hour four of the show. Much love. Hope you're part of the Taylor Serrano broadcast. How great would that be? I mean, you need someone in there to come in and say, look, I'm Ariel Shilwani. I'm going to shill for all of you as to why this is historic. History. Her story. Taylor Serrano. First time in the 140-year history of Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous arena. The Mecca. Never before. You think about all the great fights. You think about all the fighters. You think about all the legends. All the pugilism. All the fighting. All the cage fighting. All the events. You think about names like Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. You think about names like Evander Holyfield. You think about names like Tito Trinidad and Oscar De La Hoya. You think about all those great names over the years, the legends that have walked through those doors on Broadway. You think about Conor McGregor. You think about Daniel Cormier. You think about WrestleMania. You think about the New York Knickerbockers. You think about the New York Rangers. You think about Billy Joel. You think about the Pope. You think about Marilyn Monroe and John F. Kennedy Jr. Never before. In the history of the world's most famous arena, the Mecca, have we had an event that at the very top of the bill, the marquee, the headline, at the very top stood two women. Never before in the history. I, I, I even wonder in the history of pro wrestling at Madison Square Garden. I wonder. I don't know about that one. Never before. And here you have the seven weight division champion, the pride of not only Puerto Rico, but the pride of Brooklyn. The sometime MMA fighter, the full-time boxer, Amanda Serrano, who is going all the way up to 135 pounds, the newest member of the Jake Paul Mafia, going up against the patron saint of Ireland, going up against the Olympic gold medalist, going up against the pound-for-pound queen, going up against the undisputed lightweight champion. That's 135 pounds going up against the face of women's boxing, Katie Taylor. One night only, April 30th, Madison Square Garden, the Mecca, the world's most famous arena, never before have two women headlined 
a combat sports event, not just a boxing event, not just a kickboxing event, not a wrestling event, not an MMA event. Never before has this happened, and it's the biggest fight on top of that in women's boxing history. Number one pound for pound versus number three pound for pound. You're telling me I can't sell a fight? You're telling me you're not running to buy your tickets right now? You're telling me that you don't want to witness history? I'll run circles around all of them. And that's a fact, Jack. And that's a fact. April 30th. Coincidentally, my son's 10th birthday. That's how big of a deal this is. Can't wait. Can't freaking wait. Killershaw. Hello, Ariel. Happy Wednesday. I'm at the airport waiting to be scanned for my trip to your city. Lord help us. I added that part. No questions today as I'm slightly high in emotions and energy drinks, but wanted to get a couple of thoughts in. Today is National Girls and Women in Sports Day. How apropos with the big press conference. So shout out to everyone who broke barriers as we get set to witness the greatest female boxing match in New York main event, April 30th. Today is also National Ukulele Day, so I'm hopeful my goat, the bullet, will someday play for us on the MAR. I have a ukulele, an ukulele. I need to get back to that. You were amazing at the Royal Rumble. Enjoyed every bit of it and hoping you do this more often. It's amazing. Have a great rest of the week. Wow. How about Killershaw? Does he want something from me? All of a sudden, he's taking a huge face turn on all of us. Respect. Safe travels. God bless. Logan. Hey, Ariel. Hope your wife is doing better. Oh, that's very nice of you. It is hurting a lot. And she's afraid that it's, um, that it's infected. It's really gnarly in the middle of her palm. Right hand, too. Loves to play tennis, can't play tennis. I've been following you and your work for a couple of years now. I've heard you talk about P.F. Chang's and I've tried to look up what the context is and I can't find anything. I just like to eat it. That's it. I just like to eat it. Did GC see the $20 bet turn into over 500000 off of the two playoff games last weekend? That guy has to make it on the wall of fame. Much love, he'll want it for life. Yeah, how about that? Did you see that? The guy who used the $20 credit? You yeah, see yeah, I did. I actually had it in uh, I no had a shout big out? hitters thing. No, I had it I had it on Monday and I just completely, I think we were, were we rushed or something? I don't know. All right. I did see it though. Incredible. Unbelievable. Oh my God. The dude used like the free sign up $20 credit, right? Yeah. And he guessed the exact score of the AFC and NFC championship games. It was like 20 to win like 580,000. Crazy. Insane, okay. um, Kareem. Hi, Ariel. Thoughts on Frank Lampard being the new manager of Everton and the signings of Van de Beek and Dele? Well, I got to say, I'm a huge fan of Frank Lampard, not only for his work uh, with Chelsea, of course, back in the day, not only for his work on the English national team, three lines. By the way, massive match tonight, Canada versus El Salvador. If a few things happen, Canada could clinch its first World Cup appearance since 1986, my friends. And if you think I'm insufferable, just wait until they make it to the actual World Cup in Qatar. I will be extremely insufferable. Now, funny story for you. A couple years ago, maybe five or six, we used to go to a beach in Connecticut in Greenwich, but then they stopped letting visitors in. It was a whole thing, and it was really a bummer because it was, I think it was called Greenwich Point Park or something like that. Very cool, right? Greenwich, Mean Street Posse, McMahon, Steph, Shane O'Mac, hope he's doing okay, all that stuff. And I'm on the beach with my kids. Not a lot of people there, kids, wife. And who do I see on the beach? Frankie Lamps. Frank Lampard was on the beach. Remember, had a cup of coffee with NYCFC. 
And uh, I actually took a, a picture with him, which I don't normally do. But I was like, wow, Frank Lampard on the beach. And so Frankie and I took a picture together. So ever since then, he was very lovely. Uh, I've been a supporter of his. And uh, I hope he does well. Go Everton, go. Good morning, Ariel from Ben W. What do you know about Zabit supposedly returning on February 28th? You know who the opponent might be. Nothing. Every week. Check it off the box. Zabit question. We'll see. Naresh. Namaste, Ariel. Namaste. The Rick's Pick segment after the Jake Paul interview this week was amazing. Well, thank you. Question. Do you agree with Joe Rogan on his opinion that Paulo Costa has been mentally shattered after Izzy dominated him? Did he say that? I'm not sure. But, I mean, these things happen. You lose a big fight. Sometimes I think we, we, we look past that sometimes and we diminish the pain mentally, physically that these men and women feel after these big fights. Sometimes you're never the same. So if he did, I mean, only Paulo can say whether or not that's true, but it's not the craziest thing. Have you had experiences where you questioned yourself as a journalist, journalist slash MMA personality apart from the Dana stuff? Name your top three favorite sports movies in order. Same question to Rick and GC if they haven't left and gone home yet. Yeah. Well, Rick isn't here. Uh, I'll get back to the other question. Top three favorite sports movies. Number one, maybe my favorite movie of all time is uh, Rudy. I love Rudy. Rudy's amazing. Have you seen that, Frank? Oh, yeah. I mean, I just actually showed my middle son Rudy, and it was a couple weeks ago. And no joke, first scene when they're playing football in the snow like first scene, I'm talking 60 seconds into the movie, I'm already crying. I mean, I will average eight to 10 cries per viewing. Tremendous film. Uh, you're five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing, and not a speck of athletic ability in your body. And you just hung around with the best football team in the land. And on top of that, you got an education from one of the best schools in the country. In this day and age, you ain't got nothing to prove to nobody. Remember that? That was a great line. That was a great line. Um, that's number one. Number two, God, now it gets tough. Sandlot is up there. I love the Sandlot. Seen the Sandlot? Oh, yeah. Um, number three, God. There was a basketball movie back in the day that I loved called Heaven is a Playground. I'm not sure if I'm going to give that the nod. Mighty Ducks was great. I was going to say. Yeah, Mighty Ducks is up there. I feel like I'm forgetting one. What comes to mind for you? Um, Bend it like Beckham. No, come on. That was a joke. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anthem is a good one. Is that is that what it's called? The Olympic <clears throat> hockey one? Goon? Anthem. Goon is a good one. <clears throat> I never even heard of Anthem. Is that the one about like the 1980 Olympic team? Miracle. Is that what you're talking about? Say that one more time. Miracle. Miracle. Yeah, I don't yeah. know where I got Anthem. Yeah, what the wow. hell? Uh, oh, Hoop Dreams. Hoop Dreams is great. Rocky, of course. I mean, there's a lot of great... Uh, there's Raging Bull... What about Days of Thunder? Nah. Not a big fan. Do you rate Caddyshack very high? Yeah, but, I mean, anything that Marie's in is just yeah. amazing. Yeah. Oh, um, White Man Can't Jump. That's a great one. That's a good one. Slapshot. You ever see Slapshot? Haven't heard of it. Come on. I used to love Slapshot. Is it a hockey one? Yeah. Yeah, I should watch it. Friday Night Lights? That's a show, right? No. <sighs> Sometimes I feel like you're the cultured one on the team, and then you say things like this. How about Any Given Sunday? Any Given Sunday was okay. My name is Willie. Willie Beeman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hoosiers? 
Have you seen Hoosiers? Never saw it. You never saw Hoosiers? I know it's iconic. Just wow. never got around to it. All right. North Dallas 40? No, but Airbud. Airbud never saw it. Uh, the Wrestler. That was amazing. Mickey Rourke. Have you seen that? Come on. You have no, to. No, but see. here comes the boom with Kevin James. Yeah, it's all right. I actually just watched it with my kids recently. Is Big Lebowski a sports movie? Yes. True story. Never seen Big Lebowski. You should. You ha- Okay. Yeah. Titanic tonight, followed then, by Big Lebowski. Yeah. And then ask for forgiveness or something. I don't know. Yeah. Blue Chips. Oh, Blue Chips is up there for me. Please tell me you've seen Blue Chips. No? Bruised with Halle Berry. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Halle Berry. Wouldn't come on the show painful um all right back to the question oh there was another one here have you had experiences where you question yourself as a journalist mm, i mean i'm sure there have been sometimes i mean honestly the the one mistake was i'll never forget it was the fox thing i was like yo i don't feel comfortable with this and i remember talking to someone i won't say their name they're like no 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 you should do this and that's the one i wish i could do over by the way uh today february 2nd <clears throat> is actually a really big day for me uh it's a day that i'll never forget February 2nd, 2021, um, really like changed my life. And it was really a couple of days before that. I don't know why I just thought of this now, but it changed my life because I was asked to cover Bucks Pacers in Milwaukee on February 3rd for ESPN. And it was going to be my first like extended trip, first plane ride since the pandemic, all that stuff. And I just, I said yes. But like my mind said yes, but my heart just couldn't think about going. That's actually why I reached out to a therapist because I was very, 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 very nervous about leaving and was feeling guilty about leaving and all this stuff. And I, I there was a massive snowstorm on January 31st and February 1st of last year. And I was praying that they would cancel either my flight, cancel the game. I was praying. Unfortunately, they didn't. And I had to go alone. The broadcasters did the game from home. And I had what felt like a panic attack at the airport. Uh, I went through security and I left. I was My mind was just so not there and I felt so uncomfortable. I left my suit at the security and I'm sitting at the gate now 30 minutes later, 45 minutes later, I'm like, I don't have my suit. I can't even think straight. My mind is all clouded. And I run back and I'm like huffing and puffing and I'm super nervous and I can't find the suit. And I'm like, this is a disaster. And I just want to go back home. And luckily I found it. I don't even remember how I found it because like my memory is just all foggy from that day. And I just remember like crashing afterwards. And I remember I had to, not only did I have to go to Milwaukee, there were no direct flights. So I flew to Chicago, rented a car, and then drove to Milwaukee. And this is now at like 11.30 at night. So I'm already uncomfortable. I'm already feeling all the kinds of nerves and anxiety. And I had to freaking go rent a car, drive an hour and a half or whatever it is to Milwaukee. And it's just a trip that I'll never forget. I'll, I'll never forget how happy I was to go back home. Um, I was sitting in an empty arena, 100 feet away from the court, interviewing Giannis after the game, like on a headset, he can't even see me. And I was like, what am I doing here? I, I like five minutes collective airtime. And I was appreciative. And I, for the most part, just enjoyed it. But I'll never forget that changed my, my mindset, my life. And just told me like, I need to start talking to someone. I need to start getting better. I need, and so this day, I'll never forget this day. It's like etched in my brain. February 3rd is etched in my brain because that date I was dreading for so long. 
And then this day at the airport, forgetting my suit and just like not knowing what was going on. And should I just leave? I thought about just leaving. I thought about just literally getting back into my car and leaving and going home. Um, and so I don't know why I just told that story, but that was a, cra- I, was, I remember getting the suit, going back to sit down and just like breathing. It's just like not feeling like I couldn't breathe. And I was just like so overcome with anxiety. Um, crazy time. So if you're feeling a certain way, I highly recommend you talk to someone. Now I feel a thousand times better, um, but it's 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 very important. Um, Alton, hey Ariel, two quick questions for me. Are there any rumors of more European shows this year? I mean, there's Bellator going to Dublin next month, but I've heard some rumor. I mean, they were just going to go to Brazil. I don't know. I don't expect a ton out of the uh, the states. But I've heard some talk, nothing huge. How tough is it supporting three of the most depressing teams in the Bills, Knicks, and Everton? Okay, well, Expos is what I grew up with. When you go into each season with so much hope. Yeah, it sucks. And he asks me, who do I think will win a championship first? The Bills. I mean, how about the Knicks? Last year, they're four seed. And, you know, I think that all of a sudden, you know, brighter days are ahead. And now we're like on the outside looking in. Outside looking in, we're going back to the lottery. This can't be happening. I still believe they'll make the playoffs. Okay, now I got this long message from Nick. Do I read this? Dear Ariel, my name is Nick. I'm a corporate attorney in New York City at a major law firm. I've been a supporter of your work and a fan of MMA for 10 plus years. After watching your interviews with Randy Couture and Francis Ngannou, I was compelled to write you this message. I'm writing because I've closely been following the fighter pay issue between the UFC and the fighters, especially Francis. I believe I can leverage resources at my firm to fight for this cause and actually get something done, but it will take some brainstorming to figure out an appropriate solution. What is this? A pitch? If you're interested in collaborating, I mean, I ain't interested in no collaboration. I just talk about these things. I'm not actually like doing it. It's not on me to do this, but I appreciate it. His email's there if anyone wants to reach out. Uh, Hey, Ariel, as a proud Canadian, much like yourself, I was wondering what your thoughts were on the peaceful protests taking place in Ottawa for the last week. Most of the mainstream coverage is grasping to find anything to take the shine off of what these great people are fighting for. As we all know, undesirables tend to glob onto movements like this. I pray that people don't make these protesters guilty by association. Can you ever see a world where mainstream media reports on the news with the same integrity as you do with whatever story you are reporting on? I hope everything remains peaceful across Canada as concerned Canadians stand up against mandates in Canada. I'm not an anti, not an anti-vaccine protest. This is only regarding mandates and restrictions. I mean, a very tough question to answer on this forum. And I believe everyone... Listen, I believe you should... I am vaccinated. I believe in it. I believe in your ability to make your own decision. I believe in everyone respecting each other. I don't think this should break us. I think that's the one thing that people don't talk about enough with the pandemic is is the rift that this has created. Like I think back to when I would cover MMA events <clears throat> back in the day, right? For 10 years, 11 years, I'm standing next to people. I don't know who's vaccinated, you know, who got their flu shot, who got their this shot, that like we never even thought of these things. And so I hope we get to a point very soon where these things are just not a thing anymore. You get it if you want it. You don't if you don't. And God bless, we're all living in harmony. That's what I miss. Um, I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what. Those scumbags walking around with swastikas and, and Nazi flags and doing all that nonsense, you can go. you could go to hell. F that. That's not... 
Canada. And I'll tell you what, people trying to like get Terry Fox's statue, like Terry Fox is a freaking Canadian god, a legend. Leave Terry Fox out of this and leave the swastika out of this and leave Nazi out of this and leave all that. And I agree, there are people who are probably ruining other people's um, message, stance, whatever, with this nonsense. There is, I don't know why every time there seems to be an issue, that freaking symbol seems to pop up. Get the F out of here with that. Get, I mean, and no one, no one makes a big deal about anti-Semitism. No one makes a big deal about swastikas. No one, no one makes a big deal enough about that stuff. That, I mean, the Holocaust wasn't that long ago. And so that, there's no place in Canada for that. I know what Canada is all about. I know that Canada brings cultures and religions and people from all over the world and they live in harmony. That's not Canada. That's not the Canada I know. That's not the Canada that I love. And so I support anyone who is doing things the right way, sensibly, for good reasons. The other stuff. And, and as far as the media is concerned, I agree with you, Mark. I can't believe that as sports media, we're, we're required to be unbiased. We're required to tell it like it is. We're required to be down the middle. And then in the world of actual politics and news and the important stuff, it's just accepted that everyone can have an agenda. That's the thing that never made any sense to me. How is that possible? Could you imagine if you tuned into like a sports network and it's like, oh yeah, we know that these guys are anti-NFL or anti-Yankees or anti-this. Like what? I mean, of course people have their saying, there's columnists and there's pundits and all that stuff. This idea that like we're just going to go to the outlet that tells us what we want to hear, go to the outlet that's playing. I mean, don't get me started on all of this. It's crazy. News reporting is totally whacked. Totally whacked. And, and I'll just say like all this stuff with Joe Rogan, you guys know how I feel about Joe Rogan. You know how I feel about him. I don't feel, I feel like he's done me dirty. I think he's being done dirty right now. If I'm being honest, it's true. Like the guy does his show he has people on. Does he have enough people on the other side? Maybe not enough, but he's. I've seen him have Sanjay Gupta and these people. Like, can everyone just chill out? And when I did the, when I did the video about Gina Carano, remember I, I made it very clear, which she didn't understand, which no one understood. I don't believe in cancel culture. I don't believe in any of this. I don't believe in this rush to end people's lives if they do or say something that you don't agree with. I believe in education. I believe in people being smart. I believe in people maybe rectifying mistakes. And I thought that the post she did was insensitive towards Jewish people, but I never wanted her to lose her job. I never wanted her to be quote unquote canceled. I don't believe in that crap. Now you do things that, you know, you offend people, you disgrace people, you spit on people's face, you know, not literally, but, you know, figuratively. Yeah, you, there should be repercussions. But this idea to like rush to, 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 to hurt people, to hurt their livelihood, like I'm not down with that. I'm not down with that. People make mistakes, help them, educate them, fix them. And I know, you know, Rogan and I don't align on many things, but I can't believe we live in a world where he's like the most powerful man in media. It's wild to me. I don't know. I don't get offended by stuff as much as other people. And I feel like there's just rush to be offended. Not just to be offended, but to like end people's lives. It's crazy. I don't know. Just don't listen to it. I don't know. There's enough places where you can get what you want to hear. Anyway, that's a bit of a tangent. Uh, Ahmad, hello, Ariel. It's your Saudi Arabian friend here. With reports of Sahudo returning, which weight class do you think 
has the biggest chance of beating the current possibly new champ. 125 is other figure Moreno. <clears throat> Would he fight Figgy if he kept it in the... I think they're going to go with the fourth fight. I don't think he's going to make 125. I don't. And 135, Jan Aljo. I mean, I think mm, 145 is tough. Probably has the best chance in his natural weight class, which I think is 135, but I think he can't make 125. Jack, hey, Ariel. Any idea if Chael still works for ESPN? Haven't seen anything with him for a while and was wondering if they let him go after the hotel incident. I do not believe they let him go. Uh, I think we'll, we'll, you know, now that it's all cleared up, I think we'll see him back. Hi, Ariel. For, uh, this is from Ref. For the first time in a long time, uh, the question I have is pertaining to the London card and not last week's card, but I was wondering why the UFC is so fixated on heavyweight main events instead of the lower weight classes. And I think many others would have much rather have Hook or Allen as the main event in five rounds rather than Aspinall Volkov. Yeah, I think it's a bigger fight with two bigger personalities, but who really cares? <clears throat> I get it from a cardio standpoint. You want to see the best fight for five rounds, but you're getting both fights. Don't complain. Dak, uh, Henry Cejudo in the USADA pool. Is this for real? Apparently he told someone I saw that it's not true. So, I mean, can we get an end to that storyline? On and on every week. Is he in? Is he out? And why, is it, why does he just address it once and for all? <clears throat> oh, golly. Are you in or are you out? <clears throat> Um, first time poster, this is from pound for pound, long time follower of your work, mad respect for you do despite people being mad or a porter actually doing their job to the best of their abilities. Talking about the greatest diss tracks, how could you leave off Pusha T's story of Adidon? No, you're a Drake fan, but call it down the line. Sorry, can't, I'm biased. Why do more UFC fighters not realize <clears throat> The way to a paycheck is to become Chael Jorge McGregor W character. They have given the blueprint, but fighters seem slow. Because it's got to be natural. It's got to be natural. If it's not natural, then you you look like a fool. What up, my dude, Olajuwon Dream? I've seen that Ioannia on Jacek has been training in Florida. Do you think we see your first half of 2022? Or have you heard any rumblings about a potential matchup for her? Nothing yet. I'd like to see her versus Zhang too. <clears throat> Curious as to what's going on with her. Keep up the great work. I'd like to see the Zhang Tu fight. Haven't heard though. Thanks for the shout out of Clinch Literary Literary Magazine. Did I have trouble with that last week too? Grant Young. Uh, that really meant a lot to us. Here's my question. What's your favorite and least favorite punctuation to use when writing? I fancy myself an M-man and find the semicolon to be a bit of an arrogant prick. Couldn't agree more. Hate the semicolon. Annoys me. Love the Oxford comma, by the way. Love the Oxford comma. You know that song? Who gives an F about an Oxford comma? You know that song, Frank? No, but I do like the Oxford comma. Come on. You know that song. <clears throat> oh, you're right. It? Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Oxford comma. How do I not remember? Oh, Vampire Weekend. Right. Who gives an F about an Oxford comma? <laughs> um, hey, Ariel. Dork in the park. You're the man. Thank you. No question this week, but I wanted to use your voice to say that the fans still care about Rampage. Thank you. I remember an interview with him where he briefly mentioned feeling forgotten. It's not true, Rampage. You're the man and you'll always be a legend. Thanks, Ariel. Viva Hiawani. Hi, Ariel from Al. Apologies for the pointless question, but I've always wondered this. In all my years of watching MMA, 
I've never seen anybody sneeze mid-fight. Wow. <clears throat> uh, yeah. I don't think I have either. The Big Bad Podcast says, Ariel, this is not a question, but I've become a massive fan of the show over the last six months, which is why I wanted to give you the scoop first. There's a fighter who has yet to be signed to the UFC who I guarantee you will become a gigantic star in either the 135 or 145 division within three years. Let me introduce you to Craig the Stallion Feissner, who fights out of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Craig trains out of the same gym as Terrence McKinney. All right. Respect. Mustard face. Ariel Habibi. Why do you think people are overlooking the lack of reach advantage that Jones, 84 to 84 and a half inches, would have against Ngannou, 83? Yeah. Let's not forget John Jones' last losses. I assume that people forget how long Ngannou's arms are. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that he's going to have to deal with if he moves up to heavyweight. And yes, they are bigger and longer there. Wow. P.S. Sean O'Malley and Daniel Cormier have the same height and reach. Your thoughts. That's crazy. Is that true? Sean O'Malley. That is crazy, brother. Brother, that is crazy. 5'11", 135. Uh, wait. I don't know where the reach is. But yeah, that is crazy. That is nuts. Josh Gold, I know fans complain when you have the WWE guys in the show, but I love it as I'm a huge fan of both. Thank you. Any other wrestlers come to mind that you want to have on the program that have not appeared as of yet? I mean, there's a ton. Um, I love MJF. But I actually think it's better for him to not do out-of-character interviews because he's so good in character. You know Punk's my guy. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know. You know, Punk, I don't know what happened. Um, I love Edge. He's doing great. We had Edge and Christian on many, many years ago on the program. <clears throat> Anyone else? Almost? Oh, great question here from Jamal. Peanut butter, chunky or smooth? Great question. Love them both. Uh, love smooth for a smoothie. I'm a huge peanut butter in the smoothie fan. Love chunky in a sandwich. But I mean, there's nothing that gets me more excited than a good peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I mean, good bread, nice fluffy bread. Uh, big fan of the Elvis Presley. You know the Elvis Presley, Frank? I do. I like the story even more. Yeah, that he used to love those sandwiches? Is no, that... like he actually like was telling a, an exec from a label about them. And he was like, oh, that sounds interesting. He's like, you know what? And this is like three in the morning. They charter a private jet and they actually fly him over to the place that he would get them from. Oh, no, I didn't know yeah, that it's, part. Yeah, it's a crazy story. It's like just to prove a point of how delicious it was. He's like, you know, I got you. And they go get in a plane and go check it out and like in the middle of the night. Wow. I didn't know that part. Wow, someone wrote, when Ariel forgets to press chronological order for on the nose. I thought I did press it. Anyway, um, what do you like, chunky or smooth? I'm smooth. Yeah. I like chunky in a sense. God, I feel like I could go for a good peanut butter and jelly right now. It is good when you put it on uh, the grill with the bananas. God, I need to do that for my but kids. what jelly is your go-to? So this is actually a huge, you know, I don't have a lot of point of contentions with my wife. She's a big fan of raspberry jelly, always buying the raspberry. I'm like, who wants the tarty raspberry jelly? I don't want it. I want strawberry jelly. It's a lot more sweet. So I'm a big strawberry jelly fan. You know, sometimes you want to get crazy and you throw in a blueberry, fine. 
really, it's strawberry, then it's mixed berries, then raspberry, then blueberry. That's my pound for pound ranking for, and it's always, it's got to be the French one. What is the French one again? You know the French one? The four berries one? No, no, no. Like the, this one right here. The, the bon maman. You know the bon maman? Yes. That's the best. By the way, I heard a great story. I don't know if it's true, but the the town where they produced that jelly was a town that saved a lot of Jews in the Holocaust. Uh, and there was a person at a supermarket with an old lady, and she's like, I need that jelly. I need that jelly. It's the only jelly. I just say, why? And she said that that town saved her life uh, way back in the day. So I hope that's true. Why is there no MMA fighting merch from Nick? I would buy a mug and a shirt without blinking. I don't know. Why don't we have any merch? Frank, do you know? We're going to do that soon. Corporate Alex, we should do a, a merch thing. We, I also think we should do MMA or NFTs. I'm just going to throw that out there. Right? <clears throat> wow. Hot take from Judd. Uh, smooth peanut butter enjoyers have the same energy as green texters. Wow. That's big. Uh, Jay. Hey, Ariel. Do you think Pena versus Nunez? Can I just say I love these questions? You know, you see other guys, they get spammed, they get trolls. It's all, it's, I feel like it's all great. Uh, hey, Ariel, do you think uh, Pena versus Nunez headlines the June pay-per-view? Possibly. Yeah, I reported last week that the frontrunners to Coach Tough are Pena and Nunez. <clears throat> In my opinion, Pena versus Nunez too needs to be on top more than Colby Jorge. Sure. Ooh, big update here from, thank you, thank you, <clears throat> from the boss himself, Brian says he, he wants merch, that we're going we're gonna to do our best to make it happen, that would be good. Uh, Bakri, salut de Montréal, is your work for BT Sport going to consist only of covering WWE or will you eventually cover MMA for them? <clears throat> For now, it just looks like WWE may be a little boxing. They got a great MMA slash UFC team. I do a lot of MMA stuff for other people. So I, kind of, I actually kind of like that. It's nice. It's neat. I go there. There's no conflicts. It's nice. I'm not trying to piss anyone off. All right. David. Hey, Ariel. Do you feel as though Anderson gets a little too much hate for the positive tests? If I'm not mistaken, he's only got positives after the horrible injury. And in my opinion, uh, saying, well, since he did it now, he's always done it is a bad take. Yeah, that's that's... You can make a case that's unfair. Some have tested positive, some haven't. <clears throat> Alexander, New York Rick is incorrect. Wow. How about this? Can we get a uh, breaking news? He's rarely incorrect. Crypto, this is from Alexander. Crypto and NFTs are both built on top of blockchain technology. So you were right on Monday. Thank you. They're not the same thing, but they most certainly are under the same umbrella. And while crypto isn't inherently a scam, it has very little real utility other than for scamming people. There is a great documentary that came out recently called Line Goes Up that is two hours of in-depth analysis on the technological, social, and financial implications of crypto and NFTs that I highly recommend that you watch. Ariel, if you would like to hear some critical analysis about crypto from people without a vested interest, like New York Rick, please take some time to watch this clip. <clears throat> wow, uh, New York Rick responds, tell this dunce, I never said it wasn't built on the blockchain and that they simply weren't the same. Wow. Again, 
would be nice if he was here to actually say this. Wow, crypto nerd from New York Rick. I mean, that seems a little aggressive. Alexander's just stating his case, and I think that what he said made a lot of sense. Chris, what's up, Ariel? Longtime listener. I was recently talking with my wife, and we came to the conclusion that I've probably listened to you talk quite a bit more than I've listened to my wife over the past 12 years. Kind of funny, kind of sad. I think it's fantastic. If she made content as great as you, things could change. Quick question. What technical difficulty has haunted you the most over the history of your show career? Is there an instance that stands out to you where you thought you might lose it on the air? Oh, in the early days, there were a ton of them. Whatever happened when the recent call history for Skype was put on the screen? Oh, I forgot about that one. Any blowback? Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, I could talk about this one. We had an episode, Frank, uh, where The Rock came on on the ESPN days, and I had The Freaking Rock. The Rock writes me a, a, a tweet, and I shoot my shot in real time, and I say, hey, I got a show. You want to come on? And he says, yes. And so he comes on that Monday, The Rock. Dwayne Johnson, the most famous man in America. He's on my show first to start the show. We are starting the broadcast with 25,000 live viewers. Starting, okay? Big numbers. Next guest is Rose Namajunas. Excuse me. Now we would have, I'm sorry for that. It was, it was killing me inside. Now we have something where the guests are on via FaceTime and someone moved the mouse this is how, like, moves the mouse. And Rose's phone number gets shown on the screen. And I, my, I just died. I just died. And then she keeps getting calls, calls, calls. Now, you have to understand, Rose doesn't love to do media. She's a gentle soul. She doesn't want to be bothered talking to people like me. And she still came on. And it was a great lineup. I mean, I had, I had freaking Nick Diaz on that show. We had Rose. I think we had Stipe on. Anyway, and I was just mortified. I was absolutely, we had to stop the stream Stand down. I mean, I was mortified. I think back to the early days of this show. There was one episode, actually, we had uh, Rogan on. I think we were streaming on Ustream, and the internet was so bad that people couldn't watch it. It was horrible. We also had this one episode. The first episode under the SB Nation umbrella, we were at this, like, control room studio. It looked like WWF Livewire. John Jones came in studio, and the connection was horrible. So those are some where I was just, I remember sweating profusely. Now, knock on wood, I mean, look at that, crystal clear. How about Eddie Hearn kind of giving, like thinking that we were small time and then realizing, wow, they don't do anything like this in the world of boxing. That felt good. Hey, Ariel from Kamloops, Viz. Great to see Paul Daly on. Isn't he a dominance fighter? Yes. Are things lighting up on their side? No. But let me tell you, I mean, there's some people who just, understand how ridiculous it is to be used as pawns in this deal. I got a beef, supposedly, with the boss man. God bless. You don't have to come on. I don't want you on. But how does that, or why should that affect Lance Palmer? Why should that affect Paul Daly? Why should that affect Kayla Harrison? Why should that affect uh, Court? It shouldn't. It's ridiculous. What did Eddie Hearn say sitting there? What did Eddie Hearn say? Did you guys hear what Eddie Hearn said? I work for the fighter. I work for the fighter. That's the promoter talking. I work for the fighter. I hope you guys listen to that. And as you can see, we're doing just fine over here. 
but this is from people who are trying to hurt us. This is from people who have tried to hurt me, my career, who have tried to do things behind my back to sabotage my career. And as the great Elton John once said, what did he say, Frank? I, I don't know what you're getting at. I'm still standing better than I ever did. Uh, looking like a true survivor. Looking like a little kid. All day. Every day. Until I decide. No mas. Random question. I remember in your interviews from back in the day, you were quite a shoe savant. What are your favorite pair of kicks? I got some right here. Oh, see those? No. How exactly do I show that on the podcast? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I love the SBs. I always love the Miss Pac-Mans. Those are my favorite. I like the De La Souls. Um, hey, Ariel. I feel like ever since you had Sean Strickland on the MAR, his social media has taken off. Oh, you're welcome. He's controversial to say the least. I try to separate fighter from person, but it's difficult. Has your opinion of Strickland changed? I, I'd like to think Sean is a good guy and... I don't really get offended too much. You know, again, he's talking about like being a neo-Nazi. If he can change, we can all change. Or if we can change, he can change. And so I wish him the best. Actually, we were DMing a little bit. I think he liked my interview. Was it with Nixick? Yeah, because he trains there now. Sarah, hi. I hope you're doing well today. I was wondering if you had any advice for a friend of mine wanting to pursue sports writing. His name is Tanner, and you can use some words of encouragement you may have to share. Thank you. Well, uh, it's, it's similar to what I say to many people. It's look around, read a bunch of things, soak it all in, digest it all, read what everyone's doing, look at what the quote-unquote competition is doing, what the people of yesteryear have done, read it all, take it all in, immerse yourself in it, and then start to develop your own voice, develop your own style, um, your own candor, and work at it, like it reps, right? What do they say about quarterbacks? What do they say about pitchers? Reps, 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 reps. The more thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of hours, you got to keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. Why do you think I do this show for so long? Because I need to keep getting better and better and better and better. Be unique, be different. Look at what other people are doing, but find your own lane. Be professional, work hard. And when you think you're working hard, work harder than that. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And the thing is, never feel sorry for yourself. Look, it took me years to start to feel like I was finally realizing my dreams. And I still don't feel like I've realized my dreams. Keep at it, keep at it. And if you hit a wall and if someone tells you you're not good enough and if someone tells you that you won't amount to anything or that we don't want you, don't lick your wounds, don't feel bad for yourself. Say, all right, I will show you that you are wrong and use that as motivation. Use that as the engine to propel you because there are jobs out there for all of us and there have never been more opportunities with the advent of social media and the internet and all that stuff. So use those things to your advantage. Reach out to people if you want to be an interviewer. Reach out to fighters and just keep at it. Keep at it. Be professional. Be courteous. Be thankful. Be grateful. Make people want to talk to you. Make people want to be around you. Keep working hard and uh, good things will happen. Ian, hi, Ariel. I'm going to be visiting Montreal later. Besides Orange Julep, which you must go to, I'm saying, what are some of the other restaurants you recommend? Oh, my. Um, it's been a while since I've been to Montreal, and, uh, and especially the restaurant scene. My friend owns a restaurant called uh, Notre Boeuf de Grasse, which I like very much. He also owns a restaurant called uh, Pigeon, which I highly recommend. Um, julep. Man. 
I'm blanking here because it's been so long. Uh, Pizza Napolitana is fantastic. Uh, it's been so long. Snowden Deli, you got to go to the Snowden Deli. It's a Montreal institution. Great matzo ball soup there. Great party sandwiches. Um, yeah, those are a few. Uh, La Banquise has the best uh, poutine uh, from Jordan. Do you like Sean Strickland's psycho gimmick? I mean, if it's a gimmick, yeah, it's fine. If it's real, I don't like it. Pay the fighters. Why does New York Rick keep applying? Oh, this is interesting. Why does New York Rick keep applying the Hobbesian, everyone's a narcissist point of view? He argued that the reasons why Jake Paul is an advocate didn't ultimately matter. It does. It's diluting the impact significantly. Instead of comment sections filled with discussion about fighter pay and benefits, it's littered with Ricks claiming to know Jake's internal motivations. I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. Everyone is trying to decipher his motivations. Like, guys, why don't we just wait and see? Why don't we just take it for what it is right now? Everything that he has said he's going to do, he's going to do, or he's done. Why do we all have to be like, nah, he has no, eh, he's not going to do, eh, he's just a grifter. Do you feel this opposition is damaging the potential impact of Jake's movement? No. I think the damaging part of his movement is the fact that it's going to be supremely hard to get UFC fighters to agree to this while under contract. P.S. Tell GC good luck this weekend in War Eagle. Uh, all right. Askren, you shall receive. If Izzy beats Whitaker and Yuri beats Glover, do you think we get to see Izzy finally move up and fight Yuri? No, I hope not. If Izzy moves up and gets the strap from Yuri, does he try to defend? No, I, I don't want to see that happen. Uh, Nim. What's up, Nim? Uh, hey, Ariel, really enjoyed Monday's episode, especially Jake Paul. Thanks. I think the guy has an authentic purpose around this. He can make money anywhere, but I think this fight for fighter rights is real as he's seen the blood, sweat, and tears that goes into becoming a fighter personally. Assuming you agree, I do. What has to transpire this year for him to be considered by consensus authentic in his intentions? P.S. He used the line from my AMA segment last week about treating fighters as independent contractors or employees to benefit not the worst of both. So, Jake, I'm happy to take on being your staff writer. I have a standing offer from Dylan Dennis, but I'm not hopeful as he owes me $2,000 for liking a tweet from six months ago. Well said. Uh, a lot has to happen. And uh, it's going to be, t like I said, it's going to be tough to get the fighters to sign up, to agree, to band together. I don't want to say it's impossible, but given what they have done and how they have been reluctant to join any type of association or movement, it's going to be an uphill battle. And especially because initially they don't trust him. They don't seem to trust his motives. He's He has a lot of work to do in terms of getting them to believe that he is sincere. Ariel, pick your, this is from Iman, uh, pick your dream three-man commentary booth. Man. Moore Ronaldo, Daniel Cormier. <clears throat> Tough one. Ronaldo, Daniel Cormier, Dominic Cruz. But the UFC has great, like Anik is tremendous. Don't, don't, don't make this into like he's amazing. I just think Moro's the greatest combat sports announcer of all time. You said that you thought Brick and Ronda didn't need, or Brock and Ronda, he, he wrote Brick, didn't need to win the Rumbles as they didn't need the push. Who would you have picked to win both Rumbles if you had your way? That's a great question. Um, I think AJ Styles would have been fun. AJ Styles, Biggie could have used it. There weren't. A I mean, the problem is there's just not a, good, a lot of good options. There's not a lot of good options right now. 
but I know for a fact those two didn't need to be propelled that way. They could have easily showed up on Raw and said, hey, Roman, you screwed me. Hey, uh, Becky, I want you. And that's that. This is from TST. Crypto and NFTs are not the same. Crypto is money. NFT is a product. Okay. That's a good explanation. Uh, women, I mean, my new best friend, Liv Morgan. Why couldn't she win? She just had a, a, a thing with uh, Becky, did a good job. Again, we're trying to propel someone who needs the push, right? You need the push. Ronda doesn't need no push. And it's very believable that she comes back three years later and says, I want this fight. Brock certainly doesn't need the push. Felt like a waste. Question for Nostradamus. We know UFC missed a golden opportunity by not having 209 in Cali with Diaz Brothers. Do you think there's any chance Gamebred would still be relevant enough to headline UFC 305 in Miami? Golly. 305. That's in a, I mean, what are we at? 271 here? Tough. To headline it? That's, I mean, 2024, that's in two years. Eh, maybe. But it's in a while. Uh, okay, a couple more. Matt in Montreal. Let's say Jan beats Sterling. What do you think of the chances of him getting feisty and going up to 145? I hope not. Stay at 135. Rami, quick shout out to my friend Carter for surprising me with a Heelwani shirt the other day. Wow. Short and sweet this go around. This drip has been immaculate lately. What are your biggest tips to keeping... Oh, my drip? The drip. Oh, the drip has been immaculate lately. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. What are your biggest tips to keeping your suit and shoe game top notch? I don't think it's that great, to be honest. Uh, I don't know. Just try to keep it simple. I like plaid, as you guys know. I like colors. I don't try to make it too crazy, too much about me. Um, but, you know, just try to be as neat and clean as possible and don't be boring. Uh, but I appreciate that. Thank you. Terrence, good afternoon, Ariel. 2023 Royal Rumble winner. Wow. Thank you. Do you think ESPN's involvement with UFC gives the free range to do what they want? For example, ESPN is the worldwide leader in sports. And they speak freely about other sports. But since they are partnered with UFC, they limit what broadcaster journalists have to say. My man, you are opening up a massive can of worms. The difference between the relationship between the ESPN entity and the UFC is that there's like a real business relationship there in that they're in the pay-per-view business as well. NFL, of course, it's a massive moneymaker, and they've invested so much in that. But Monday Night Football is on free television. Not only do they have a big deal with UFC, but they're also trying to sell pay-per-views, sell the product to you. And so that makes it a little bit different. And yeah, I mean, I'll just tell it like it is. I, I, I was told not to talk about that stuff, and it was very difficult for me. I mean, and that's probably why I talk about it so much now. Sometimes I've equated myself to someone who's been in a, like a long relationship, and then all of a sudden it, you know, it ends and then they become like very promiscuous. That's how I kind of feel towards all of you. And that's probably just because I was told to shut up so many times, not in those words, in a nicer way. But I was, there, if you only knew the list of things I couldn't talk about, it was very frustrating. And I felt like I was not being true to myself nor to you. Second, you stated Rhonda doesn't like you because of the allegations against her now husband being brought up. Is that why you don't bring up the changes or charges against fighters such as Jake Paul, Connor, John Jones, and others? No, I don't think that's true. I, I mean, I've talked about all of those people. And I've talked to Jake Paul about that stuff. I hear people talk about some. I've talked to Jake about that. Go look into the archives. I have talked to him. But I'm, I'm going to keep bringing it up every time. Nothing happened afterwards. Um, if there were new stuff, I would, I would ask about it. Uh, and John, I haven't talked to since his latest thing. Jordan, uh, what's up, Ariel? Can you confirm or at least hint that UFC 273 is going to be in Jacksonville? That's the latest that I heard. 
Uh, Danny, Olaria, with murmurs of Sugar Sean fighting in July, does that point to a potential return of the Notorious? I think it's too early to say. Too early to say. And it's too early to say what's going on with uh, Nathan, too. Since you have been going backstage at these WWE events from Will, I wonder if you've been able to meet Vince McMahon yet. No, none of them. I've never met uh, Vince. I've never met Shane. I've never met Stephanie. Never met Linda. Would love to, but never have. Kevin, here are the top five diss tracks of all time. The story of Adidon. Am I pronouncing that correctly? I hope so. Ether, hit him up, number one. No Vaseline takeover. Back-to-back by Drake is weak. Come on. I learned the game from William Wesley. You can never check me. Back-to-back when I did it, but did it, did it, did it. Good morning, Ariel. It's your boy Rahman back in your life. Wanted to thank you for your perspective on the Jake Paul situation last week. Over to the MMA side as we proceed towards this Islam Benil matchup. What are your thoughts on fighters fighting under the same manager, especially when it's a matchup within the top five? Yeah, I mean, it's going to have to happen. And it's a testament to the management team if you have two top five guys. So I'm happy that they make those fights. The management part should be irrelevant. Make the best fights. Favorite segment of the week. Three quick questions from Patrick. Do you think ESPN Plus will ever offer a package that will include all of the UFC pay-per-views? Probably not. Maybe like a massive package, but not like you have on the Peacock Network, as Patrick uh, mentions. What happened to Robert Roberts Pearson? No more animations. For now, no more animations. Um, we'll see what happens in the very near future. But for now, a bit of a break. I love Roberts. He did a huge, huge solid for me in DC early on. Got him paid, got him a part of the deal. Um, and then he came over here and was a huge part of the relaunch. Um, I love that guy. And we'll work with him very soon again. So just stay tuned. Uh, that is my my plea. As a fellow germaphobe, would love to know your routine when you check into a hotel and get into your room. So, I, well, I mean, the, 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 the journey to the room is an interesting one because it involves a lot of hand sanitization. And, uh, you know, I try to be as... Every time I touch something, hand, hand, hand. And I know I'm a crazy person. <clears throat> and please clip this off for Jake Shields if you can. And um, when I get to the room, I actually, I'm trying not to be crazy about wiping. I'll wipe like certain parts down, but I'm not like cleaning the whole damn room. Because I also believe that I don't want to drive myself crazy and that wouldn't be smart. So I'm trying to be as smart about it as possible. But I'm, you know, I'll be honest. Like you asked the guys I was with, like I'm not going out for dinners and maybe that's not smart. I don't know. But look, I'm doing what I have to do, right? I'm do- I hope you're all proud of me. Eddie Hernan studio, uh, face-to-face interviews. I mean, I'm doing what I have to do. I'm not turning down anything. I'm just when I don't have to work, I'm trying to be smart. That's all. Do you think if Henry was to come back, do you foresee him getting a lesser version of the Francis situation? No. Totally different. Alec, top of the morning, Lord Ariel. I know when you find out, you'll probably report it, but I need any inside info you have on any possible new headliners for Columbus. Nothing yet, man. I'm sorry. It might be the Kaikar France fight. What are the chances, right? Their first like f- big fight night in an, uh, in a stadium or arena in America, and that happens. Hey, Ariel, in your opinion, which fighter in their prime would be considered the most athletic in MMA? For me, it's Yo Romero, Michael Chandler. You know, those are two great ones. GSP. But you Romero's a beast. Hi, Ariel. It's a, I'm a relatively newer MMA fan. Find the business behind it incredibly interesting. Could you explain the Ali Act, why it is in an MMA? They just haven't adopted it. And there's a lot there. And Randy, listen to the Randy interview. They lobbied against it. You know, boxing's been around for a century, MMA 30 years. 
Do I think it could change sometime soon? Sure, I hope so. Class action suit is a whole other issue, but it'd be very cool to see someone like John Fitch or Nate Quarry on the show to talk about. I've had them on before. I have. But if there's something new, I'd be happy to. Are you surprised the UFC has kept its fight nights in-house? No, I'm not surprised because they make a ton of money and now they're trying to expand it. That ain't going away anytime soon. They make a ton of money. They don't have to travel. They don't have to have all those expenses. I mean, it's a godsend for them. Good morning, Ariel. What do you think of the possibility of John Jones and Stipe fighting? I think there's a possibility. I do. Israel, good morning from Idaho. How would you describe your time last week at the Royal Rumble? I loved it. I must say, that may have been the best Randy Orton interview I've ever seen him do. Thank you. Completely open and honest, and his kids knew who you were. Amazing. P.S. I thought you were going to go full heel Wani on MVP. Nah, we're just having fun. Also, new besties with Liv Morgan? That's right. Ha ha, love it. Thank you as always. It's great. I, I feel the love. I'm enjoying it. A bit of a break. Hey, Ariel, I don't know if you have answered this in the past, but what was the fight that made you an MMA fan? There was no real fight that made me into an MMA fan, to be honest. Um, I, I remember watching the first UFC and it, it was, it was, it wasn't live, but it was shortly thereafter because my grandparents had a, a box where you could get the pay-per-views over and over again. The fight that made me really want to do this for a living. Now I had been doing the radio shows in school, but the fight that I was like, I am going to do this was GSP and uh, Matt Hughes watching that fight, UFC 56. And uh, it was it was amazing in Montreal at the bar. People exploded. I was like, wow, I want to be a part of this. Nico Suave, ça va, Monsieur Hilwani? Ça va. Why doesn't Ali want his fighters talking to you? Could it have something to do with the 10-7 you dropped on him in October of 2018? It's, he claims it's because he called. This is what happened. We're going through this back and forth on, on uh, Twitter. And it stemmed from me telling Al that I thought he fought Habib really tough. Um, and then he was like, you're crazy. And then he gets Habib to tweet. And I remember him calling me on a Sunday afternoon and be like, oh, this is great. The back and forth is great. You know, keep it up. The UFC is loving it. Keep it up. Keep it up. And I remember telling him, if you want me to go back and forth with you, I'm happy to go back and forth. But I just want to let you know, like, I'm not going to let you disrespect me or insult me. So I will, if you insult me, I'm insulting you. That's just how this works. Oh, yeah, brother, this is great. Day goes by, another day goes by, this is great. Oh, yeah, 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 go back and forth, back and forth. I went to go play basketball, and my team won a trophy. We won the championship. And I remember posting a picture of me holding the trophy next to my buddies. And he retweeted and called it a bum team. And I was like, eh, you know, make fun of me, cool. Don't be talking about my friends. And so I wrote something back about like, hey, at least I don't pay these guys to hang out with me and say that I can hang with them and all this stuff. And then I get a freaking long text message in the middle of the night. Don't you call me again. You crossed the line. I was like, really? That cr that's what crossed the line? That's why three years later, you won't talk to me and you try to sabotage my career and call my boss and get me fired. That's the reason why? That's what happened? Or is it because maybe you told someone that you would try to hurt me and not get your guys to talk to me? Or is that what happened? Or maybe it's because you were trying to bait me into doing something they could use as an excuse and then maybe you know, point back to that as to why the guy's going to, I can assure you, you saying bum team and me replying ain't the reason, Bubba. And I don't know why you guys ask me about this all the time. Like, ugh. I've told the stories a million times and there's other stuff that you don't know about, which I don't feel like talking about, which I don't feel like happening, but I'll <laughs> rest assured, 
One of us plays dirty and the other one doesn't. And it ain't me sitting here and opening my soul for eight hours a day in this channel or on, you know, eight hours a week. I told you, I tell you everything. And the amount of times that dude used to call me when Connor's talking about this and that about his personal, calling me, giving me information, uh, uh, showing me documents to back up things like, dude, I don't want any part of this. Calling me, World Series fighting, calling me, calling me. Call my wife used to say, why does this guy call you so much? And I try to be nice and respectful to everyone. And now I'm the bad guy. And I'm the one that you can't have your fighters come on. Now I'm the guy who is, is the scumbag. I'm, get out of here with this nonsense. My life is infinitely better not getting those calls. I can assure you of that. It ain't worth it. And now, of course, he's probably going to run to someone who works for this website and say that this and that, like he's done nine times since I've gotten here. Get out of here with this nonsense. You have an issue with me, keep it between you and I, all right? Don't get your fighters involved. Don't get anyone that I work with involved. Keep it between you and I. Don't play dirty. Don't say something to my face and then go run and tell the UFC when I say something back. But that's the way it is. Don't run to DC and try to disparage me to him. Don't run to my friends like Chael and try to disparage. That's the way it is. I keep it 100, right down the middle, right here, face to face. I'll say whatever I say to your face that I'll say on this show that I'll say to anyone else. That's the way I keep it. Why you guys get me all worked up about this? Hey, Ariel, your BT Sport interview with Randy Orton was probably my favorite one yet. Not only was it a rare from Randy, but I was surprised how honest and introspective he was. What an evolution. Thank you. My question is, what is your expectation going into the interviews with the wrestling personalities? I, I, I want no kayfabe. I would prefer no kayfabe. Uh, I had one with Sasha Banks that was not enjoyable because she kept the kayfabe, and I just don't think that's fun. So when you're open like Randy, to me, that's a lot more fun. So that's what I would like. I, I, I didn't enjoy the Sasha Banks one. Hey, Ariel, a great interview this week with Jake Paul. Thank you. Okay, just two more here. Hello, Ariel. Moving forward, can we have a reaction cam of GC during live events? That's up to him. Oh, Dallas. He loves GC watching wrestling. Appreciate all the content that you put out and everything you do for the fans. Okay, one more. Let me try to get it. Go. There's a lot here. I'm sorry. I can't get to all of them. No. What do we got? What do we got? Columbus, nothing. <clears throat> no. Uh, here's a question from Harry about the world tours. Do you think there'll ever be a time where they do this again? I would love if they did it again. Here's one from Zach. Last one. My question this week is not fight related. I was curious, when you are not watching MMA or New York sports, what do you enjoy watching? Do you have a favorite TV show or a movie you find yourself always going back to? This week's handicapped hot take for you. John Jones will never be a UFC champion again. Solid one. I wish I had uh, an escape. I'm enjoying, you know, my friend John Pollock inspired me with his reading. And so I've enjoyed reading a lot. I'm reading Charles Oakley's new book, uh, The Last Enforcer. Shout out to Charles, my man. There might be some Charles content coming soon. Uh, I'm reading a book about Wayne Gretzky. I kind of balance around. Uh, written by Stephen Brunt. Uh, Gretzky's Tears, it's called. I just read Blood in the Garden by Chris Herring, which is fantastic. 
I read Three Ring Circus by Jeff Perlman. I like sports books, but I'm getting into, I'm trying to read other stuff too. Oh, I just bought Mark Ratner's book, by the way, which I can't wait to read. Uh, I bought Metahuman by Deepak Chopra, because that's the, the Liv Morgan book club. Um, so I've got like five books now that I'm kind of going back and forth. And so I'm enjoying that. But I hear everyone talking about Euphoria and this and that, uh, Succession. And, uh, you know, I just watched Saved by the Bell, the new one, of course, on Peacock. That's pretty much it. I wish I watched more, but I don't right now. Actually, I don't really wish I watched more, but, you know, it's just hard. At night, I'm tired. I do enjoy, by the way, I enjoy Wednesday nights. Wednesdays are my new favorite night of the week because, you know, it's a bit of a break from booking the guests and all that. I like watching Dynamite on Wednesdays. Uh, that's a fun way to wind down. Um, but other than that, I mean, who has the time? Who has the time? Boxing, MMA, NBA, NFL. I tell you, if Major League Baseball keeps this lockout going, I mean, golly, what a disaster that would be. Thank you very much, everyone, for the questions. I love you all. I'm sorry for going long. We're out of time. Frank, you can hit my music. I think we accomplished a lot. I mean, we had Patrick on. We answered some questions. We shot from the hip. We made it happen. Ooh, look at this. Tweet from Melissa. Matzo ball soup. Golly, that looks good. Shout out to Melissa. That looks amazing. Oh, God. I love you guys. I love all of you. I love doing this show. I, I love this segment. I love wrapping up the week with this segment because I feel like, you know, we can tell it like it is. We can do our thing. Why does it say on the bottom of the YouTube video, started streaming 90? Oh, now I just refreshed it. Anyway, uh, we are out of time. Thank you all. I hope you enjoyed it. I love to think of like someone doing the dishes and listening to me or someone walking their dog and it's dark outside and they're listening to me. And I love that companionship that we have. I love that connection that we have. And I love that we continue to build that bond. And I love in a world where you have a million different options to watch or listen to that you continue to choose us. So thank you very much to all our guests this week. Thank you very much uh, today to Jack Hermanson. Good luck to him on... Saturday. Thank you very much to Ally Quinta. Love talking to Rage Now. Thank you very much to him. All the best. Thank you to Benson Henderson and his family for joining us as well. And thank you to Eddie Hearn and his team for coming in studio. How great was that? I could have gone another two hours. We'll save that for another time. Thank you to DraftKings. Thank you to the team. Back next week, same time and place. Until then, I say, I'm out of here. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code THEMMAHOUR. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets 
Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash mma.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.